Hello, everybody, and welcome to Turn to Page, Season 2, Book 8, The Legion of the Dead. Grail Quest, hold on. I almost had it. That was almost good. And yet, it's our finale of Grail Quest outro. Oops. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> the Legion of the Dead. I don't know. It, this one does kind of feel like it has stepped up the notch a little bit, you know? Stepped up the notch? Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's... To taking it up a rung David taking it up a step well I guess that one works too I think I picked the only combination of those two those two phrases that doesn't work <laughs> it, it happens uh but yeah it's the final of the Grail quest uh books it's been a it's been a journey it's been a wild time it has been I'm going to deeply miss many of these characters yeah I there's something about having like the eight book series that the characters do actually stay between even in the books where it's like our equipment didn't actually follow us or this or that or the other there were always like some characters and like you know merlin's always there and we'll mm -hmm. always have EJ merlin. oftentimes yes. the poetic fiend is always there yep. necessarily not encountered though yeah oh the entire town of Blagwitz and Blogwitz. They were yeah. only in one single part of one single book, and yet they live in my heart indelibly forever. It's true. A hundred percent. But yeah, I don't know. We're getting we're getting right to the end here. I do wonder. I I I posited the question like, did they know this was the finale? Did they know this was the eighth and final book? Uh you mentioned there's reason to believe there possibly like possibly was. And, uh, yes, which I wanna... surmise mainly from the uh, title page we're about to get into. Yeah, do you want to tell us what <clears throat> it is? The Death of Merlin. Oh, oh dear, uh, please listen. Can you hear me? In your head, I mean. While you're reading this, can you hear the words in your head? Can you hear my voice? Oh, I'm new at this, and I don't really know if I'm casting the spell right. I'm here, in the book. Trapped between the pages, sort of. I'm also somewhere else, of course. I live in Avalon. My name is Cody. I'm a sorcerer's apprentice. The sorcerer that I'm apprenticed to is the wizard Merlin. Or rather, was the wizard Merlin? He's dead now. No, don't laugh! It's sad! Very sad! The whole realm is in mourning. Well, most of it. They say he fell out of a tree while fogging apples. Killed outright and not a day over 99. Young soul. Then the body just disappeared in a puff of smoke. A wizard to the last. All they found under the tree was a small cube of plum jelly. Very sad. So King Arthur has called me to call you. By the holy beard of St. Stephen. He said in his bluff way. You'll just have to do the job, Cody. We need Pip more desperately than ever before. He said. And without Merlin, you're the only one who can cast the net spell, Cody. So here I am. And there you are. And I'm just not quite sure how to do it. We'd better hurry, though. The Legion of the Dead? Well, they're marching on Avalon. Better not stand on ceremony if the Legion of the Dead is marching on Avalon. If you know the rules of Grail Quest, turn to one. If not, go to three. Wait, what? Whoa. Okay. Interesting. Uh, also worth noting, I don't know if it'll become relevant or not uh, fast, but we did get that armor of 
plus five res like the five resist dragon skin armor in that last book. You remember? Yeah, I did. I did. I wonder if they're ever going to reference that at all. <laughs> I don't know if they'll reference it, but it said that you have this armor. You can't use it in this book, and you can use it in the next. So I don't care what the book says. We have it, and it's on. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. no other reality makes sense to me. Especially if they know this is the final book. It just would make no sense. Anyways. Exactly. A weird noise in your ears, similar in many respects to a swarm of bees, each one playing a tambourine and piccolo. The walls of the room in which you're sitting begin to shimmer, then dissolve. The floor convulses like a tidal wave. Outside your window, tall buildings begin to collapse into rubble. A thunderstorm breaks overhead. You go blind, deaf, mute, and very dizzy, which is not the best way to be at the start of an adventure. Voices gibber in your left ear. Would you rather be boiled alive or roasted? Would you rather starve or bleed to death? Are you going to vote Labour or Conservative? Wow, the Blogwarts and Blagwarts crew, really, they, they've stepped it up. Uh, <laughs> to your honor, your body begins to melt. To your horror, <laughs> it's my honor to melt. Your body begins to melt. Hands, feet, ears, other bits of you fall off with gentle plop. The universe rotates and you topple into black unconsciousness. You revive in a different place in time. Not to mention a totally different body. More sturdy, though, possibly. Not quite so good-looking than the one you left. Around you are now familiar accoutrement of one of Merlin's habitations. Before you, nervously toying with a crystal ball, is a fair-haired young woman of about 13. Who are you? You demand, already beginning to feel the adventure blood coursing in your veins. Cody! She says, in the voice of Cody. I told you that, cloth ears! Now, collect your gear and get going! You're a magnet for them now, you know. A magnet for who? You ask. Or what? Them! Exclaims Cody darkly. She hands you a short sword and an ornate scabbard. Take your sword. You'll need it. Hey, who are you calling it? Complains Excalibur Jr. EJ for short. Your world famous talking sword. She ignores him. Oh, please do hurry! She tells you a little desperately. All right, all right. You tell her, a little put out by her panic, her attitude, and her total failure to give you any information at all. Where am I going to find my equipment? At section two! She yells, pushing you towards the door. <laughs> it doesn't even say to go to page two, but yeah, I guess <laughs> at section two. I mean, sure. No time for uh, better for a switch up than the final book. You stagger into a second room, piled high with weapons and equipment. Almost all of it is broken, and much of the remainder pure junk. Cody slammed the door behind you, and it sounds as if she's in the process of locking and barring the door. Whoa, hey, hey, wait just a minute! You call furiously, but a voice from your side says calmly, Eh, just leave it be. She's a bit, uh, upset about Merlin and the whole crisis. Leave her be?! You echo, not at all pleased to note that EJ is just as thick as ever. Leave her be! She's locking us in, you moron! Uh, there's another door right over there. Points out your moronic sword, nodding to the far wall. It leads outside. I've already been fully briefed. If you'll just pick up whatever equipment you need, then I'll tell you all about it when we leave. Grumpily, you examine the equipment. Of the massive stuff here, the only things left unbroken and in remotely useful shape are the many things that follow. Duh. Huh. Huh. <laughs> you want to take it? 
We'll we'll jump back to that at the end of this. Uh, oh no, wait, never mind. They're about to reference them. Okay. Uh, we have the artificial aardvark, the axe, the apple pie, the book, the bolus. We have a cup, tin, painted white, a crown, tin, painted gold, a draft board, an erector set, an easel, a finger stool, a glass rod, a hacksaw, an iron bar, a jumping bean, which is Mexican, a jelly baby, which is British, a koala bear, which is stuffed, and leather gauntlets, miniature mounted portrait of King Arthur, a one pound bag of nails, one tin of orange paint, a pear shaped paperweight, a quantum caterpillar, a rope, which is a 50 foot coil of that, a saw, a tripwire, which is almost invisible, a vorpal safety pin, a full water skin, a full wine skin, a full whiskey skin, a xylophone, <laughs> and a primitive zip fastener. Of course. Huh. These look really odd. You remark as much to yourself as anybody else? It seems like routine enough equipment to me, says EJ. Don't forget, you can only carry six items, otherwise you can't fight properly. I remember, I remember... Now, despite my great memory, <laughs> what's an artificial aardvark? It's sort of a clockwork anteater, says EJ. You really should remember that. You had one once. It's the cause of like 80 levels. You know, in the ghastly kingdom of dead, I think. What about a quantum caterpillar? You ask. Search me, EJ shrugs. On adventures like this, you just take whatever you fancy and hope it comes in useful. So select your six items, list them, and toddle off to page four, where you might just be lucky enough to find out what this is all about. Or you might not. So, six items. Oh, boy. Mm. A divisible by two number. Ooh, good old I'll take class three. You'll and, take three. Uh, yeah, good old classic draft pick. Absolutely. I will fall on the first sword. Or second? I'll fall on the sword. I'll go first, but I'll fall on the sword. My pick is artificial aardvark. Very, very fair. Um, In case we need another 20 levels. Quantum Caterpillar. Seems fair. Uh, hmm. Let's... I feel like we always need rope, but... Mm -hmm. What is it? Rope and nails? Is that what we would take? Because we always, like... Oh, God. Yeah, it's it's otherwise spikes. Usually nails it's... are typically treated differently to spikes. Yeah. One would think. Zip fastener? I don't... I don't know. I guess I don't. Primitive. I guess I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know. I do know it's primitive. <laughs> I suppose. I'll 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 say rope, as well. I'll, I'll take some. You know. Cool, cool. Fifty foot coil. I like the uh, pragmatic choice here, so I will follow suit with a similarly pragmatic choice. Um, I was already looking at either the iron bar, or the axe. Hmm. The saw, probably less so. Like, it feels like saw with go with nails, and it's like you construct a boat or whatever, something like that. Yeah, like in the past. But also, xylophone. Yeah. Could, like, when are they going to do a culmination of, of callbacks of the xylophone makes a specific kind of monster that I cannot remember the name of quite angry? Possibly at this point, maybe. Yeah, I, I wouldn't um, be shocked if, if xylophone had a use. I'm going to go with the axe. I'm going to go with a xylophone. <laughs> All right. And I'd already mentally picked the last one that I wanted to go for. Uh, and that is going to be the jumping bean. Yeah. Yeah. Mexican I, jumping bean. I can see it. I can see all these. The Like, the amount of times the book has been like, you need this very weird specific thing because this is a very weird specific creature. It's like, mm -hmm. uh, it's 
it, it could literally all of this could be completely useful completely in, just as useful as the others but we do exactly. know that almost every book has required a rope for what it's worth so it'd be weird to, if, but i am like huh, i am confused because usually it comes with rope and then there's a different thing that spikes but we'll see we'll see mm -hmm. let's toddle off to page four Although one encouraging possibility is that sometimes when we have prepared rope and spikes, it has only asked for rope. It's also asked for rope and spikes at different times, but like crawling out of a pit sometimes is just, do you have a rope? It's true. It's true. I see uh, in bold on the page above us that we do have Pip's combined first and second spellbooks. Ooh. And they just decided not to tell them about, <laughs> tell us about them if we already knew. Yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe maybe it'll say right here. Who knows? Maybe it will, but uh, is it possible that before we start this, we want to consider casting spells? Oh, I mean, we could. Yeah, Firefinger, Fireball, etc. Sure, yeah. Cool, cool. I'm going to go for casting Firefinger. Could you tell me how many times you have to roll until you cast Fireball? Two. Hell yeah. So we're going to be losing 9 HP. We rolled a bad amount of HP. Um, unfortunately, we rolled uh, 6 by 4 as the start of this. We had the 13 extra max HP from our carryover adventures. But that leaves us currently with 9 less than this. 28. 13 max HP. What was max level? Uh, 20. 20? <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. Interesting. So we've, I mean, we've done the books, but like, I mean, okay. And that's considered, maybe they were thinking the books would go on longer. <laughs> Possibly. But yeah. also remember when it said, uh, you get an EXP. For yeah, exactly. Puzzles. You get an EXP for, yeah, exactly. All of the enemies you fight and the puzzles you solve. But, but we don't, man, I, how do I know it's a puzzle? <laughs> yeah, if it's all so easy to me, I don't know. It's I just don't even know what's a puzzle. Am I right? <laughs> To me, right. this is a straightforward sentence. <laughs> you put the solution in the... I'm so sick and the... twisted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sick and twisted. You put the solution in the question, you goof. Oh, wait, it's not? Oh. We've got our 10 charges of Firefinger. We've got our 2 charges of Fireball. We're losing 9 HP. And on to page 4. All right. What now? You ask, feeling a little overburdened and a lot confused. Uh, through the door. EJ tells you. He points. That, that one. The, the one leading outside. She'll have locked in by the other one by now. Still brutally bewildered, you open the exit door, slam it shut, shoot home the bolts, and stand shivering and sweating, your back pressed against it. Good grief! You exclaim. That's not Avalon! No, it isn't, is it? Remarks EJ cheerfully. It's horrible! You gasp. It's the most horrible place I've ever seen! Yeah, isn't it? Says EJ cheerfully. It's really quite awful. There's some sort of thing just outside the door? There usually is. EJ tells you. It just tries to eat anything that comes through. But that's us! You exclaim. EJ nods wisely. Well worked out. You pull him from his scabbard and begin to do... to withdraw the bolts prior to opening the door again. This had better be worthwhile. You mutter grimly as you leap through the portal and meet the thing outside, which comes equipped with some 20 life points and the sort of fangs which give it a plus three on every damage scored against you. If the thing eats you, 
it'll spit your bones to page 14. If you survive, you can take a look around on page 10. I do want to mention one thing that I just remembered right now that mm. you probably picked up on as well in the intro, the fact that Merlin turned into plum jelly. Mm-hmm. Who was the wizard that did that? The one in book number... Was it book number six or seven? If if you're talking about the uh, the lich, no, it must have been book the, six because he was. It was not the he was in a cupboard or like he was in that section where he had like six doors. Door number one, two, three, four, five, six in a row. He was in one of those, right? And I don't think that was yes. the last book. That was the book prior. That so. that was the book prior. Yes, that that was the uh, the incorrect person that was otherwise uh, told had committed the crime. I cannot remember his name. I can't remember his name, but he was like a oh he's a bad wizard, but he actually wasn't really. So I do what, but I don't know. It's worth noting that we both mm -hmm. surely caught that. Anyways, uh, initiative six. Good luck. Five. Dang. <laughs> good morning. Here's an eleven. Uh, so. That is going to be three damage. Eight minus five now, yes. We're down on 25 HP. We're looking a little worse for where EJ comes out of the house directly behind us, trailing us, in fact, allowing us to hide EJ's blade from the thing's sight until we suddenly quickly strike across its chest for uh, a total of nine damage back in the direction of the thing. Oh. All right, that is going to be a six which is not damage it's a hit but not damage not damage yet we are too beefy Ooh. however with a seven we're capable of uh swinging the sword immediately back in the other direction we we the first slashes across the chest and then while the sword is in the air we manage to swap the grip and stab back in the other direction and Ooh. the thing whatever it happens to be Mama doesn't mia. manage to survive that we find out it's merlin <laughs> that's oh shoot <laughs> well i mean technically technically we have knocked it out yeah, i just automated true. the next step of taking it out if we'd like we can mentally keep track of the possibility that this is knocked out when we go to 10 i say let's say it's knocked out on page 10 let's do it you've brutally murdered the fitna <laughs> <laughs> this place doesn't have pong at first you thought it was the body of the thing which began oh. to rot at <laughs> fearsome rate of knots the moment you knocked it out yeah but a moment's investigation quickly convinces you the whole area is polluted with a pervasive stench of brimstone and that's not the worst of it you're standing on a barren rocky plain overhead billowous red clouds royal and tumble in a sunless sky around you plant life is confined to a few leprous lichens clinging to rocks and the odd sprig of aconite on the flat ground Looking ready to poison the unwary gazer, a scattering of fumaroles. Wow, you are hit me, book. Belch green and white smoke from Stygian depths, creating a choking pall which hangs across the desolate landscape like a toxic fog. Behind you, sheer black granite cliffs soar upwards to infinity and beyond, it seems. Where's the door? You ask in a sudden panic, for there's no sign at all of a door through which you've entered in this unnerving place. It doesn't really exist here. EJ tells you. At least, not the way it does on the other side. It's it's strictly one way. Or rather, not strictly one way at all. You can pass through it either way. You can only open it, though, from the other side. How do we get back? You ask. That's a good question. EJ tells you. 
Maybe you'd better tell me what this is all about. You sigh, which EJ will be delighted to do on page six. It all started, EJ begins comfortably. When Merlin killed himself eating poisoned plums. Hey, just a minute, you put in. I thought he killed himself falling out an apple tree. Eh, something like that. EJ shrugs. Point is, he's dead. Not how he did it. Now, having died, this left Avalon without the magical protection of his wizard laureate. That was Cody, of course, but she's only an apprentice. And frankly, the other wizards scattered around the realm don't really have Merlin's experience. Anyway, to cut a long story short, about a week after Merlin died, uh... Drowned, sorry. He drowned, apparently, at this point. Huh? A group of the king's workmen <laughs> doing quiet spots or repairs on Hadrian's Wall noticed something quite terrifying. Uh, marching down from the north was a horrid army of rotten skeletons and corpses. <gasps> the Legion of the Dead. You breathe. The Legion of the Dead. EJ confirms. It's always being considered a myth, but then what does a sword know? The workmen ran, of course, and so we don't know what the Legion did next. But we do know it didn't come south, because all the workmen had time to run all the way to London, and the king had time to send south north. The upshot was MI5 reported back eventually. What? <laughs> MI5 reported back Apparently that existed. MI5 reported back eventually that the Legion was tramping through the length and breadth of Scotland, raising villages, burning, pillaging, and greatly just disturbing the island games. Nothing can really compete against them. It's extremely difficult to kill a corpse, you understand. But they were also hard to find. They kept appearing and disappearing. The last news is they were definitely marching south in the general direction of Avalon. Naturally, E.J. went on, the decision was made to call for you. Pip the Wicked Wizard Slayer, Dragon Basher, Gateway Closer, Void. Yes, yes. You interrupt this litany of titles. Oh, please go on. Hey, look, you get the point. You being the only one likely enough to survive against the Legion of the Dead. E.J. says cheerfully, so Cody prepared a net spell and a magical doorway to save traveling time, and here we are. Here we are where? Scotland, says EJ. You look around at the brimstone landscape beneath the roiling sky. This is Scotland? Unless Cody got it wrong. EJ nods. And I'm expected to tackle the entire Legion of the Dead single-handed? Oh, no, 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 says EJ. You got me! With a groan, you sit on a nearby rock and bury your head in your hands. After a minute of it or so, EJ says hesitantly, I almost don't want to tell you, but that's not the worst of it. <sighs> Pip, Merlin's leading the Legion. How did you ever get in a mess like this? And more to the point, how are you ever going to get yourself out? There's a map of your immediate environment on page 8, which may help you make up your mind on what to do next. So got him. It absolutely does. As we see in the northeastern direction, there is something. That's it. That's all we needed to know. Oh, that's true. And in that northeastern direction is a uh, rock formation. Mm. Of which we have done many a teleporting at. So, 17 it is. 17, sorry. I think we have to read 8 first. Oh, wait. Oh, you're right. Oh, I just want to go northeast. 
Now that you seem to be stuck in this miserable place, you look around properly, and while it's no more appealing, a few features that you have not really noticed before draw themselves to your attention. The cliffs behind you to the west seem to run north and south forever, entirely blocking your route in that direction. Eastward is a gloomy hole in the hillside which will take you to a cavern entrance. Beyond it, further east, is a weird rock formation, twisted lava spires reaching upwards like lost souls. To the north, glowing slightly and creating much of that stench pervades the whole wilderness, is what appears to be a brimstone lake. South lies a broad, slow river, tinged yellow and red. Well, just to the north of the river, you can make out what seems to be the peaks of black tents, forming some sort of encampment. Perhaps, fortunately, the Legion of the Dead is nowhere in sight. And then here it tells us about the locations that we see. The Brimstone mm -hmm. Lake, the Cavern Entrance, the Weird Rock Formation, Towering Cliffs, the Yurt Encampment, and the River. So, now we go to the Rock now, Formation on 17? We could. However, if huh. we... So... We are currently on the leftmost part of this map, which means that to the northeast of us exist the Brimstone Lake, You're and right. to the direct east is the cavern entrance, and then northeast east is our weird rock formation. You're right. Because we're weirdly, the you are here, it's not in the middle of the map, it's actually in the middle of the left side of the map. So you're right. The Brimstone Lake is in the top center, which means that it is the thing that's northeast. Huh. All right. Yeah. I'm down. Let's head there on page five. It's a long trudge from where you were to where you're going, and not made any easier by loose shale, rock, and the occasional tangle of thorn half-hidden in crevices beneath your feet. Uh, you, uh, you sure we're going in the right direction? Asks EJ. Shut up! You remark politely, having had enough of EJ's chatter for the time being. As your destination draws closer, you find it increasingly difficult to breathe until by the time you reach the shores of the Brimstone Lake, you are not merely sweating like a proverbial pig, but wheezing like the proverbial bellows and sick as the proverbial parrot. If things were bad before, they are a great deal worse now. The lake bubbles and oozes, sending up puffs of the foulest smelling smoke and encasing the whole area in a blanket of foul heat, which is almost overwhelming. If this is the result of the industrial pollution, it's the time it's time the king has passed a few hard laws. Out on the surface of the lake, reflecting the dull glow of the brimstone, is a small metallic rowboat. Chained to the oars is the most beautiful young woman you've ever seen. Ahoy! Ahoy, beautiful young woman! You call, coughing a bit. Ahoy, small but sturdy and quite devilishly handsome person. She calls back. Have you come to rescue me? I, I, I don't know. I want to point out, the book said that Pip is less handsome than we are, and this beautiful mm. young woman just called Pip quite devilish, like quite devilishly handsome. So by proxy, rats. Very kind of you, beautiful young woman. We're looking good. Uh, I don't know. You mutter. Have we? Have we? EJ. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Uh, might as well. Mumbles EJ, who is notoriously cynical about beautiful young women chained up in adventures. I mean, you know, the boat might come in handy. He sniffs. But, uh, I'd watch her. Take a small step towards the lake edge and decide not to chance swimming. Ahoy, beautiful young woman. Uh, can you sort of row over this way a bit? My faithful sword and I will protect you from an attack from any quarter. You look around bravely. The immediate surroundings are so vile that not even a maggot would come near you. What a good idea. The maiden calls and begins to pull for shore. I don't like this. EJ whispers. It's uh, too, uh, easy. I know. You whisper back. Be ready for anything. 
I hope it isn't spiders, mutters EJ. I hate spiders. The rowboat beaches and the beautiful young woman stands up. Just use your sword to break these chains, she says sweetly. And then I will be free. Well, what are you going to do? You can cut her chains on page 9 or be a real pig and refuse on page 7. Huh. Look, I I like going in with naivete and allowing the other person to betray me, but that's the second pig reference in this chapter and like I'm just I'm 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 on my my Cersei and and uh see I saw the the Odyssey. I don't want to get turned into a pig for rescuing this lady. Yeah. Let's I, let's try it out though, because I don't want to refuse. I kind of do after that. Hmm. All right. Wait. What do you think? Cut her. Cut her free. Be nice until proven otherwise. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> mm, no. Let's 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 refuse. I. That's okay. the second pig reference. It just seems. Yeah. It feels. But also, EJ is usually wrong. <laughs> it feels like, on average. EJ, well, eh, EJ's usually, like, wrong immediately, but it turns out to eventually be kind of right, I guess. Yeah. So, cut her chains on nine, or be a pig and refuse on seven. Let's do it. I don't think I will. You tell her carefully. At least, not just yet. Oh, how absolutely putrid of you! She wails, and to your horror, she leaps from the boat to sink beneath the surface of the lake. For a moment, you stare after her open-mouthed, unable to comprehend what has just happened. Mad thoughts of rescue chase themselves around your head, but another look at the lake quickly dissuades you from any of that nonsense. At least we got the boat, says EJ philosophically, as indeed you have. What's more, it's cunningly made to fold up sufficiently small to pop into your backpack. Better take it and go before any more beautiful young women in, you know, uh, caps, proper noun, up here to do something ghastly. Twelve will take you to the... Oh, well, it's as simple as that. We just, we have a boat. We got a boat now. It's easy. We should not save people more often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're at the Brimstone Lake and therefore uh, Northeast is not a thing we can do. So Unfortunately. We're Rock Formation? The other interpretation the of Northeast? The closest to Northeast we have. The other option, I mean... Since we don't have that at this point, there, we could also be like, well, what, which of these locales would be made easier with a boat? I mean, the river, <laughs> river, be the river for that one. Uh, so, although another would be, which of these locations do we imagine is likely to be self-contained? And I think the cavern entrance and the river are less likely to be self-contained. To the rock formation we go. Let's do it. Even at a distance, the rock formation looked weird. Close up, it looks even more weird still. Obviously, there was a seepage of lava here at one time, since that's the only way rocks could get into such grotesque and twisted shapes. But the odd thing is, all the shapes look like people. Soldiers, mostly. Caught, frozen, petrified in the act of suffering. As if some ancient army was wiped out here in a sudden, inexplicable cataclysm. As you draw closer, you are taken by feeling that the grotesque shapes are actually watching you. They can't be, of course, but... The feeling's very strong. And as you draw closer, you're almost imagining that you hear something. Like a very quiet muttering. All in your head, of course, but you need to decide now whether you want to risk examining the formation up close on 11, try and find out what lies to the east of it on 15, or pick a different destination from the map. Hmm. I mean, we do like east, so this actually is a choice. 
It's tough. We like we East do. and we like examining everything. So this is a direct competition of two strong core philosophies. Given that, uh, let let me introduce possibly the only wrong answer here. Given that we are missing twelve HP, what if we what if we uh, had a nap first? Because we're missing almost a third of our HP at this point. And if we wanted to examine this formation up close, I imagine they're about to break out and attack. Sure. All right. Roll and see if you get a five or a six. I did get a five. Incredible. So we just get the heal for free, and that okay. is four. <laughs> 7 HP. That's Yay. good enough for me. So now we, you, you think with that we can safely examine that was the difference maker? Yeah, yeah, because I imagine that going east afterwards is still going to be available. On to 11 we go. You move closer and the muttering sound grows louder. Not your imagination then, but quite obviously some freak effect of the wind cutting through the weird shapes. You reach one of them, a rock contorted into a form similar to that of a giant dwarf. Or possibly a dwarven giant? Armed with a sword and shield, it grins at you evilly, but since this is impossible, you conclude that what you saw must have been a trick of the light. Nonetheless, are you prepared to touch one of these shapes on page 13? If not, you can uh, always just try to go to the formation on east on 15, or go back to the map. Uh, I mean, this feels like a sign to me, but... It it definitely feels like a uh, a you would have to fight them. Let's maybe we can like I'm gonna maybe put a little star bite. Maybe what if we come back if it proves sounds good to me that we have another option there, and we go to fifteen, and then we think about coming back. All right, beyond the rock formation, the barren plain stretches eastward, but not very far. A vast chasm cuts across like a saber scar on the face of a giant, too wide to jump, and as far as you can tell, almost incredibly deep. Behind you to the west lies the weird rock formation. From this angle, you notice it forms th forms a rough ring with a very narrow opening giving entrance to the center. If you want to keep going east, you have to take a closer look at that. You'll have to take a closer look at the chasm on 19. Should you decide to instead see what's in the center of the rock formation... Which will involve squeezing through that narrow opening. You may do so on page 24. If you want to find out what... You could touch the rocks on 13. Oh, wait. Mm. Oh, or if you prefer to find out what touching the rocks involves before squeezing anywhere, you can try your luck on page 13. Is that the... That's not the page that... Oh, that's the page uh, we'd go yes. if we examine yeah. and then touch. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Okay, so 19, 24, 13. Oh, boy. Still more than happy to take a look at the eastern area. Having a closer look at the chasm on 19. Yeah, I guess we could just go to 19 and we just come back. It's not in this, It doesn't sound like it's a point of no return. You bravely, you walk bravely to the edge of the chasm and look down. It drops away sheer for about 17 miles. A wave of vertigo seizes you and you totter. You step forward one foot over the sheer drop. Your arms spinning like windmills you turn place both feet firmly on the ground again then begin to fall backwards with a gargantuan effort you correct your balance and fall forward gratefully on your knees at once the edge of the chasm begins to crumble and fall away you slide backwards towards the abyss your hand clutches at a small sprig of aconite and you slide your and your slide stops you hang from the sprig over the edge of the cliff. The roots of the aconite begin to tear away from the earth and snap free totally so you can plunge perhaps six inches before clutching a rocky spur with both hands and hanging on for dear life. I hate this sort of thing. 
mutters EJ, drawing the belt of his scabbard a little more tightly around your waist. A high wind springs up, rocking you alarmingly. Desperately, you scramble upwards, your anxious fingers gouging bits of the solid rock. Just when it seems your aching arms will no longer hold you, you swing your legs upward and gain purchase with your right knee. You scramble forward, collapse onto your face, spread eagled near the edge, thankfully on firm ground at last. While you're waiting for your heartbeat to settle, you feel a small tug around your ankle. You discover... Turn to discover a huge tentacle has emerged from the chasm and is winding itself around your leg. This is not your lucky day, Pip. You're under the attack of a chasm kraken, a sort of gigantic land octopus, mercifully rare, which lurks in chasms like this, waiting for somebody like you. This chasm kraken has 25 life points and will drag you over the edge to your death on an 11 or 12, as well as normal combat damage. If you survive, go to 25. Oh boy. Uh, on an 11 or 12, you say? That's not cool. Well, rolling for our initiative. Three on Pip. Two on Chasm Kraken. All right. We need to discuss the possibility of utility in firing two fire fingers one turn after the other and just being done. I'm in. Excellent. Fire finger! Ah! <laughs> that is a... Ooh, that's a nine. But <sighs> it's not damage, for what it's worth. This thing exactly. almost it's can't. not damage. Well, actually, it was he... really down to whether or not it rolls yeah. an 11 or 12, which is why I'm so keen to fire finger. I guess no, technically it can't do damage because if it did damage, it would just do an instant kill instead. So, yes, exactly. Due to the damage reduction of our jacket, we either instantly die on this fight or we don't. Yep. On to page 25. Seventh point of experience for our current level. You stagger around in circles for a bit, teetering perilously near the edge of the precipice, but not wanting to start that falling over business again. You pull yourself together and sit down to take stock. The only good news is about the rare chasm kraken is that it eats absolutely anything, however ghastly. I mean, it tried to eat you, didn't it? This means there are usually some interesting things to be found in the stomach if you manage to kill one. Shrugging off EJ's protest, you haul the corpse of the Kraken over the edge of the cliff and hack it open with a few swift slashes. Sure enough, the stomach contains a variety of indigestible odds and ends. Odds and sods, including a polished ivory cube, which gives off the unmistakable aura of magic. That cube is real fine, Pip. Each of its six sides will restore a double dice roll of life points, although you can only use each side once, stowed away quickly. Unless you want to use it now, of course. And make up your mind where you want to go next. Crossing the chasm east is impossible, but you can try your luck at squeezing through the gap of the rock formation on 24. Test out what happened. Okay, or we could touch the rocks on... Okay, so it's the same options mm. as the, the prior page. It is indeed. Also, mechanically, that dice is exactly the same as two health potions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's not like... It'd be one thing if it was like you have to roll a die, and if it's a... You know, you can only get it for a one, a two, a three, a four, a five, a six... Mm -hmm. uh, it seems strange that it even is a die in the first place, but yeah, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, 24, squeeze through the gap. That seems the most likely here. Cautiously, you begin to squeeze your way into the curious rock formation, but not cautiously enough, perhaps. Roll two dice and deduct two from your score, then divide the answer by two and round up to the nearest whole number. Yes, I realize this is complicated, but adventuring is never easy. The end result is the number of weird shapes you touched in trying to squeeze through, and each one you touch is now launching itself upon you with deadly intent. Each has 10 life points, which isn't bad, but it also has the power to kill you outright on a throw of 11 or 12. 
which is if you live to tell the tale and tell it on page 29. This is a lot already, man. That's brutal. Mm-hmm. They're really leaning into that death ometer mechanic. I rolled a... Wait, do we roll two dice or one? It's two for the initial here. Roll two dice and then deduct two. Divide the answer by two and then round up to the nearest hole. I got a four. Excellent. So that's two, then divide by two, then roll round. That's one, baby. Wait, roll two dice, deduct two. Okay, to two, divide by two. Yep, yep, that's one. (laughs) Okay. All right. One rounds up to a very near hole number of one. Yeah, that's pretty. Perhaps. It's complicated. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, I guess we roll initiative then. That's Mm. a four. That's a two. They'll go first. Don't instant kill us, please. I have news. <gasps> That's a five. It's Reveal like, the it's worst like nothing. guy first. Oh, oh perfect. Uh, five. Wait, four. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> five With a four, plus... it's not even possible. All right. So if we hit with EJ, we already knock him out. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy to hit rather than go for the fire finger, but I'm also entertaining alternative opinions. I'm not things to push over well this uh not only would knock it unconscious but just knocks it straight dead i'm gonna say that the uh the shape attempted to attack ej at the blade and ej just stood his ground and the shape split on either side of him it's uh turn that son of a gun into spaghettios or mm-hmm. alphabet soup linguini linguini uh rigatoni Hey, that's my best friend, Rigatoni. <laughs> Works down at the docks. I love that guy. So we have lived to tell the tale, and that is going to be on page uh, page 29. 29. 29. You're through by George. As British adventurers are wont to say. You've made it into the center of that weird rock formation. The curious rock shapes are all around you now, writhing and squirming, but they can't get at you. You stand now in an open space at the center of which rises a closed gateway with an ornamental wrought iron over the top spelling out the single word, Hades. Hades, you found the gate to hell! And a very peculiar gate at that. You can circle all the way around it, and the back is exactly the same as the front, including the wrought iron notice. But are you prepared to go through on 37? If not, your only option is to squeeze back through the rock formation on 32, which is noteworthy as it's a different page. Hmm. However, do we want to return or do we want to just forge forward down the line? I want to go to hell. And see if, let's do it. I want to go to hell. I'll see you there. Hey. Heart thumping, you push to the massive gate, which creaks alarmingly before it swings open with an ominous clang. Despite the fact that you're able to walk all the way around it a moment ago, a scene through the gate is no longer the weird rock formation that surrounds you, but somewhere else. You take a deep breath and steady your thumping heart, placing your hand firmly on EJ's hilt and step. Look here, Pip. You really want to walk straight into Hades? Most people spend their lives trying to avoid it, you know. If you're absolutely determined, you can take the final step on 50-45. Well, if not, you can quickly slam the gate shut and squeeze back into the rock formation on 32, the same as before. It's basically just saying, do you really? you really want to? And at this point, <laughs> yeah, I want to go to hell. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, I really, really want to. I want to. I want to. I really, 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 really want to go to hell. (laughs) If you want to be my lover, you got to go to hell. (laughs) You open your eyes. Friendship lasts forever. You should go to hell. (laughs) 
Uh, it just alternates lines yeah. between the Spice Girls and Hades singing. Yeah. <laughs> now here's okay. Here's a story from Hey to D's. <laughs> you wanna? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You open your eyes before you is a rickety wooden signpost with just two arms. That pointing north is inscribed with a single word, Hades. That pointing south is inscribed with the other single word, Scotland. You glance north in the time it, in time to see a mysterious gateway through which you just pass, shimmering slightly, and then disappearing completely. You look back and the signpost, which was on its last legs anyway, crumbles into wood chippings. You shake your head to clear it, utterly bewildered by the thought that you seem to have actually been in Hades before you stepped through the gate. Then look around before you to find out if Scotland, if this really is Scotland, might be any better. Something you may or may not discover on page 36. Behind you, to the north, lies a broad river, mist rising from it to obscure the terrain on the other side. A boat which might be used across it is sec oh, securely moored on the southern shore. Southwards lie two heather-covered hills with a valley running south between them. To the east is a dense forest, while westward is a high cliff which would seem to bar the way completely. If maritime interests run strongly in your family, you may use the boat to cross the river north on 47. If you prefer to look at the forest, you can go east to 41. Climbing either of the two hills will involve a trip to 50. You may inspect the cliff to the west more closely on 54 or cut through the valley on 59. I think we found a whole new section. Did we speed run? I believe we may have speed ran our way out of that first one. I speed I've got ran my way to hell. Hell yeah. Literally. I do have to note, though, we're not able to use the boat to cross the river north, as uh, maritime interests do not run in my family. They don't care for the sea, let alone the ocean. A puddle? Maybe. Mm. But it's still scary. Yeah. I like water. So, I guess between the two of us, we have the option to do whatever we want. Fair point. Well made. I mean, do we, though? As in, in the east lies a forest. Yeah. Where, where's the where are we is there a nor is there a northeast from us so kind of we we're in the valley so we've got to be 36 because 36 is marked both on the map as well as the map yes. page oh i see so which I is in smack dab in the center there's the hill to the direct yeah. east forest to the east beyond that and slightly north so i think you're right let's do it 41 for the forest okay You've reached a pine forest, very old, very dense, and very, very still. Like a giant brooding on what to do with his next individual who walks into his clutches. There's no real paths here. Certainly no roads. But you can see what appears to be a woodsman's trail, sort of narrow clearing of the way leading eastwards into the heart of the forest, and also leading to the obvious question of whether or not you should take this trail into this ominous silence on 48, or return to your map on 36 and just pick a different option. I why? I mean, like, I mean, for data, we just have to, right? Exactly. Got to pursue. This is not an easy trail to follow. The going underfoot is rutted. The way it narrows and twisting, and the visibility is strictly limited. Perhaps what's worse, the forest is no longer silent, but filled with odd sounds, which help you remember what a pack of timber wolves can do to a solitary traveler. But despite the increasing nervousness, you persevere and bravely so until the trail, such as it is, splits abruptly into three, allowing you to turn north, south, east, or make your way west out of the forest and go back to 36 and pick something else. So 42, Delightful. 52, 
East is 62. I'll let you happily note those down before we go to 62 because it's Eastern. It's true. We also have a North. We have got them both. 62. Mm -hmm. Just as you are beginning to wonder if the forest goes on forever, the trail you're following breaks suddenly into a huge clearing, in the center of which looms a dark and ancient castle. You stop, abruptly wary, because dark and ancient castles tend to be dangerous places, and this one, hidden as it is in the depths of a forest, looks as it could be more dangerous than the most. One thing, though, it does seem to be uninhabited. Does, does seem to be uninhabited. It's not simply that there's no sign of guards or the battlements or activity around the drawbridge or the park cullis, but the moat has dried up, and apart from the tiny trail you just followed, there's no roads or paths out of the forest. In short, it has the look of a castle long abandoned. All the same, do you want to risk approaching close to the castle on 57 or prefer to backtrack to 48 and pick something there? Oh, now we should probably turn around. No, lose sense. No, lose sense. No, lose sense. One lonely one right way. Oh, wrong callback. Wrong callback. <laughs> uh, a distinct feeling of apprehension grips you as you walk towards the castle. Not since you visited the wizard Anselm in his dark lair. And you can hardly remember how long ago that was. It was two months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's easy. <laughs> Eight weeks. Eight weeks. <laughs> Have you come across a building so ominous and disturbing? The whole place somehow manages to look like a human head, and a very ugly one at that. The main entrance is the mouth, so that you walk closer, you get the distinct impression you're about to be swallowed by something horrible. Never mind. Perhaps you'll give it indigestion. With the moat dried up, you can approach the castle directly in the mouth. Sorry, uh, entrance on 65, or you can skirt around the back and find another way in on 69. <laughs> and there's still some time to call the whole thing off. Backtrack to 48 and pick a completely different destination. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> well, well, well. I mean, it still kind of makes sense to still take the direct <laughs> approach. There's, there's no reason to, to be spooked out by getting et by this building. It's true. It is funny that we go around back on 69, though. So, this is a tough choice. <laughs> Honestly, for the, for the comedy value of that, I am more than willing to do it. Let's do it. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> the castle looks a lot worse from the back than it does from the front. And it doesn't look too hot from the front, either. As you circle, you can see it's really no more than a facade with the rear walls caved into heaps of rat-infested rubble. From this vantage point, the entire ruined interior is open to you and... empty. While there seems no point now in entering this ruined shell, you may still do so on page 80. Alternatively, of course, you can complete the circle and go into the front entrance on 65, or just call the whole thing up and go home on 58. Um, I mean... We've got to go to 80, right? I would assume. Possible. You step inside the castle, carefully picking your way across the rubble heaps, but not quite carefully enough, since the ground beneath your feet gives way abruptly, sending you crashing down into the Stygian depths. At the cost of 10 life points. If it kills you, go to 14. Otherwise, pick yourself up and look around on 87. There wasn't a secret door mechanic, was there? No, not for this one. This is not the most appealing place you've ever found yourself, Pip. It's dark and smells of damp and must and rot and ancient pain. <laughs> You're in a stone-walled corridor with a stone-flagged floor, much of it covered with mold, fungus, and a repulsively leprous moss. The only light comes from the hole in the ceiling where you fell from. You can climb back out of that hole. If you have any sense at all. And reconsider your options on page 57. But if you insist on exploring the small subterranean nightmare. And risking some loathsome diseases, your mother would be the first to tell you. The right thing to do would be to turn to 93. 
no retreat no I, retreat i looking i i'm looking at my graph that i have my branching path graph i just want to note that there's just like for the first time i just have a straight line basically because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like do you want to go forward or quit and we just <laughs> yes 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 we've encountered yes, the yes. uh the the go big or go home conundrum before it's true we know how to do oh my we've been met with another map but at least a very simplified map we're working with good maps now it's true we are working with good maps but it also has me think like are we getting like are we just hard proceeding are we hard proceeding yeah are you like i think yeah i think we're speed running i think we're on low percent we might be on low percent right now i mean i just i mean hey now that you know where you are sort of Although that doesn't make it a nicer place. Looks as though this was the dungeon block beneath the castle at one time. Use the map to explore it, but work properly. You can't, for example, jump direct from your present position to 102 without going first to 98. Yeah, yeah, this is irrelevant for the listeners. Mm. Uh, Which means that we have to the south a cross junction at 96, and we have to the north a set of stairs leading to a room on 98. Yar. 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 Uh, okay. Sorry, I was getting my MS Paint. I just not had to paste three maps into my MS Paint so quickly before. So good, so good. I've pulled it up on the side as well, so I have future reference. So uh, the only room that requires us to go into something else first, it would be 98. However, I am curious, since Plum Jelly Man lives, lived behind a door of which there were many mm-hmm. options... And of which there four- were not just many options. Sorry, I because I was thinking this already. 114 has six entrances that look like they are cells. That is exactly the circumstance in which we found him last time. Yeah, so I kind of that's the only other one that you have to traverse through two places to get to it. And it mm-hmm. has me very curious for those two reasons. So 96, which is also the reverse of 69A. Are you down? What the heck? You've I I scrolled one too far and I'm confused by what I see. You have reached a sort of crossroads in the dungeon corridors, which branches branches leading off north, south, west, and east, all of them dark, fungoid, smelly, and distinctly unappealing. Kersplang! A T-shaped pit trap opened up at your feet, causing you to jump back in alarm. Cautiously you look over the edge. What a vicious trap! In the pit below, stakes rise upwards, mildewed and fungoid and quite certainly poisonous by now. How fortunate you did not go right in. However, if you don't do something about this trap, you're gonna you're not going to get much further except via the dreaded fourteen. Hurriedly you look around for something to block the trap. The only thing handy is a curiously shaped slab, which will not block the opening as it is, but might be cut to rearrange to block it. Whoa, 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 whoa. you're not thinking of using me to cut that thing, are you? EJ asks suddenly, his mind reading improving by the day. You are, aren't you? Well, yes. You admit. But only one little cut. I should be able to do it with only one cut. All right. EJ agrees grumpily. But only one cut. Otherwise, I'm on strike and you gotta fight all the rest of the monsters in this adventure with your bare hands. This could be tricky, Pip. 
If you look at the diagrams you know, overleaf, you'll see a diagram A, the curiously shaped slab, and the diagram B, the shape of the hole you have to fill in order to seal the pit. Trace diagram A on a separate sheet of paper and cut it out carefully. Decide where to make your one cut, which will allow you to rearrange the pieces uh, to match the hole. If you manage to succeed with one cut, you can proceed safely to... 108, 114, 119, 98. If you need more than one cut, you can still proceed, but EJ will be on strike for the rest of the entire adventure, and you have to, <laughs> to fight everybody with bare hands. A fate worse than death, although death should not be very long delayed. If you can't figure out it all, you'll have a couple weeks where you'll starve to death, and just wait a couple weeks and go to page 14. Okay. Hmm interesting so it's it's two general shapes and they need to look like a t-shaped pit will not block the opening as is but might be cut and rearranged to block it hmm. okay so the the slab it's like a it's like a rectangle but with like a v cut out of the top so like mm -hmm. like a crown like a cartoon crown that's missing the third pointy tip in the middle uh yep. and diagram b is it's a t it's a thick it's a thick t you need to rearrange them to match the hole the hole itself is i it's not that i don't know how to solve this i also don't know how to solve this but i don't even know what they want me to do <laughs> they want us to cut it once so that we can just rearrange them like a puzzle to look like what uh, the t he wants us to cut out A and fit it into B. Right. Oh, boy. Try, I'm just trying to visually do it because I don't want to have to... I don't oh, know. I know how to do it. Okay, great. Uh, so you make your one cut along the bottom of diagram A, effectively turning that crown into two equal triangles, uh, equal right-hand triangles, that is, uh, oh. and then one thick bar. Then you simply move the triangles down into position and they block the pit trap for B. It's one singular Perfect. cut as long as you do it in the right area. Perfect. You're right. I got there too at the same time. <laughs> so we can go where we want with EJ in hand. Mm-hmm. We can indeed do 108, 114, 119, or 98. 98 is... Not going to be where we go. Uh, 114 so 114 was the dungeons. Yes, yes. Let's do it. You stand in a north-south passage off which no fewer than six stout doors, each with a small barred window set in, in at head height. A quick investigation of these windows shows a cell beyond in darkness, so that you have no way of knowing whether or not they are occupied. The doors, however, are easy enough to open from the side, so that you can soon find out. For convenience, the label, the northmost cell A, next down B, so on, up to F. To open each door, proceed as follows. A goes to, and then it lists all of the doors and the different pages you got to turn to to go to them. It does indeed. I will note that if I recall correctly, the wizard was in the fifth chamber, which would be E. But I suspect we probably should just go through each of these, as I imagine they're quite small. I would imagine so. I'm writing this stuff down. Cool, cool, cool. I will head to 131 in the interim. Okay, 131. Here we go. You withdraw the bolt and fling the door wide, but before you can enter, it slams shut again. Frowning, you check the bolt and fling the door open wide, it slams shut again. You open it more carefully this time, examining the hinges and the lintel for... Lintel? Lintel? Lintel. Mm -hmm. I've, I've eaten that. 
for Hidden Springs. More of a couscous guy. Uh, you not really the same thing. Anyways, you look at a finger and hold it up to test the wind direction in case there's any hidden drafts. Satisfy the door slamming was nothing but a coincidence. You fling it wide and it slams shut. Look here, Pip. Are you going to spend the entire adventure opening the door and waiting for it to slam shut again? If so, turn to 149. Otherwise, go back and pick another thing. Yes. Right? How many times? How many times they offer us? Go back. They're not doing it! You take a deep breath and fling the door open again. At once, it slams back shut. Another try on 179? Yeah. I mean, until it says, all right, you stop. It slams shut again. This is infuriating. Do you want to try again on 193? Yes. You concentrate hard and open the... Wait, then open it again. For a moment, you think you've done it, and then the door slams shut. You can stop this nonsense once and for all on 114, or you can absolutely insist on trying again on 149. <laughs> I mean, until Which it I'm, says I'm no. I'm certainly happy to try. Yeah, exactly. Until it says no. You take a deep breath and fling the door open. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's stuck in an loop. infinite loop. We found the loop. We found the loop. Okay. But that means it has been completely marked off. So 136 exactly. is the next door. 136. You withdraw the bolt and fling open the cell door. Ah! A striped creature looking for all the world like a cross between a tiger and an orangutan hurls itself towards you in a passable imitation of an express train, clawed hands outstretched and lips drawn back to reveal the sharpest fangs you've ever seen. And you have seen some sharp fangs in your day, believe me. Point is, do you plan to embrace this... Uh, what? Orang... Orangia tiger? There we go. <laughs> Look, like a long-lost brother on 161 or fight it mindlessly on 166. Let it betray us. 161, 166. Betray me on 161 it was, right? Mm-hmm. What a dumb decision! Nobody embraces an orangia tiger and gets away with it. The brute is now ripping your head off and... Well, no, it's not. Wait. It's purring. How strange. Usually these things will tear you limb from limb as quick as they look at you. But this one's definitely purring. Cautiously, you stroke its striped head without, however, having your fingers bitten off. The monster twists and twists to have its ears tickled. What a handsome fellow! You murmur patronizingly. What a beautiful boy you are then! Brrr. Who's pretty? Brrr. Are you gonna come home with old Pip then? Brrr. Looks as though you've gotten yourself a new pet, Pip, and a pretty lethal one at that. Orangutan tigers are totally unpredictable. This one should be eating your liver by now. But you can be fairly well sure he'll stick with you till death do you part. He will not fight to your orders, but a throw of ten or better at the start of a hassle indicates he'll join in on his own accord. He has 30 life points, hits for on a, wait, hits on a four and does plus three damage. He's also quite hard to hit because of incredible speed. So that you should add one, wait, add one to the figure of an opponent usually needing to hit something. Now take this purring loon to 114, give him a saucer of milk, and decide what you want to do next. I mean, this is great. Mm-hmm. It never works out we that only well. have to roll a 10 plus at the start of combat. So that's like, I'm going to say an independent roll that we do. Just like, is he joining this fight? Yeah. Uh, and for the sake of rules, if he joins a fight that we're in, uh, he should probably just attack after us. Probably, yeah. Uh, 141 is the next door. No, wait, hang on. 
He's also quite hard to hit because of his incredible speed. So that means, wait, he's fighting in our place then. If he's being targeted? Yeah, I guess so. You shoot back the bolts and fling open the door to the cell, which is empty. What sort of idiot would carefully bolt the door to an empty cell? But there's no doubt it's empty and tapping the walls doesn't even get you a secret door. So you better return back to 114. And there's no secret door mechanic. Yes. No secret door mechanic. 147 is the next door. You withdraw the bolts and fling open the door to reveal an empty cell. Why would anyone want to bolt an empty cell? Why indeed? Maybe you should search to find out on 175 or would you prefer not to waste your valuable time? Nope. 175? I do not want to use my valuable time wisely. Nope. You wasted your valuable time. It's still empty. <laughs> okay. That's great. <laughs> you got me. Yeah, got me. 153 is door number five. Mm-hmm. The one that I suspect, if it is the older wizard, would be here. It's true. You slide back the bolts and fling open the door. What kept you? A quavering voice demands from the darkness inside. You imagine that I have time around here all day while you mess about adventuring? A little old lady steps out tastefully dressed in tweeds and a shawl carrying a gamp. You were supposed to get here first, you know. First, right at the start to be exact, not halfway through. I was a beautiful young princess when this all started out, you know. All ready to have my father award me half of the kingdom to the adventurer who rescued me. And look at the mess you've made of things. She pokes you painfully with the ferule of the gamp. Yes, those th Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love a gamp with a good ferule. Castle's fallen to ruin. Dungeon hasn't been cleaned in years. She stomps off, to, off up the corridor, still muttering to herself. Hey, wait a minute. You call, having finally gotten yourself together. It's too late. The little old lady is gone, leaving you to return to 114 and select a different option. Okay. 160? Hey, 160. Let's see if there's anything in these dungeons. You slide back the bolts and fling the cell door open. Splash! A wall of water almost bowls you over as a wave comes crashing out of the cell to form a wide pool on the passage floor. A bit damp in there, isn't it? Remarks EJ. A massive frog some five feet high hops out of the cell and bounds off to freedom with not so much as a backwards glance. Luckily, you didn't have to fight that brute, which looks as though it could have swallowed you whole. There is, however, one small problem. Which your mother may have actually mentioned to you at one time. The danger of catching a, your death death of cold. Return to 114, select another option, but for the next three sections, visit it, throw a dive, you score a three. In any of those throws, you'll develop a real streamer for the next ten sections. This weakens you so much that you'll need to deduct two from any damage you might score during a fight. Huh. Okay, okay. Score a three in any of these throws you develop for the next... Gotcha. I rolled a one for the first section, for what it's worth. Excellent. So that would be for returning to 114. Uh, and then we have to go through things, which means uh, we one, then have 96. to go to 96, uh, which would be our second roll. That is a three. Is it a three or above or above a three? Wait. It's it's a three exactly. So we have now called a cold for the no, next wait. ten. If you sections. score above three, it says if you score above three. Above three. You're right. Well, apologetic. Yeah, it's got to be three uh, above three. I I looked at it and I was like, it's weird that they say exactly three, but I didn't question it enough to look again. Yep, we still got one more. Uh, okay. 
Well, it oh. certainly feels like the the least, uh, the the or rather the most self-contained here would be going north to the stairs on 98, leading to 102 as a room. It's true, but I am also curious about the speed runitude of going to a different floor on 119. Very, very true. Let's try 119. Let's let's try it and get rocked when I'm wrong. There's daylight at the top of these stairs, no doubt about it. Even here at the bottom, you can see daylight, but you can also see that the stairs themselves are in a very poor state of repair and might well be dangerous. Are you going to climb out of them on 139 or go back home on 93? I mean... Uh, could you do me another roll of a cold check, please? Oh, God. <laughs> Six. Hmm, that's unfortunate. For the next ten <laughs> sections, we have negative two damage. All right. One... So, should we go to 139? Just mm -hmm. run this to its course. Bravely. Stupidly? You leap onto the rickety steps while simultaneously throwing two dice. Any score above five and you climb the stairs successfully, five or below, you crash right through at the cost of seven life points. And you can continue going until you get it right. I got a nine. That'll work. Let's climb these stairs successfully. To 168. Daylight. And the air has never tasted so fresh. You've emerged from the remains of an entrance now almost completely overgrown and hidden by brush and shrub, some distance from the castle. In around 57, exactly, where you can turn now and decide your next move. Which we... Uh, have we not been? Uh, yeah, 57 would be the, uh, the entrance to the skull-shaped area. We could try and enter directly through the mouth. We could also try and go a different location inside, or we could just be like, cool, we got an orangutan, let's peace out. I think we should go to 108 in the basement, because it looks like it leads mm -hmm. to a new area. Yeah. So, how do we intend to get to the basement from this point, then? I mean, the same way that we got there before, I guess. That will cost us 10 HP. Hmm. That's fine by me. Unless you want to try and figure it out. Or wait, no, can't, it's, wait, it's, it's all can't good. we... Can't we go back? Can't we like theoretically go back down the stairs? Uh, for the for the hidden entrance. Yeah. Theoretically. Theoretically, just or like mechanically, maybe we roll for the stairs. Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Five, which is already good enough, I think, and at three, so that's that's an already eight. enough. Yeah. All right. So then we're back down on one nineteen, which means we do have to go to ninety six again, which I don't think there was a check. That was the puzzle. There's not. However, negative two damage section one, two, three. We have spent half of our negative two damage charges already. Yeah, the the after blank amount of sections is not that scary. Yeah, usually. Exactly. You actually you go through a staggering amount of sections if you stop and think about it. Alright. So next is one oh eight. I will take the next charge off. You've entered a fairly large chamber, 30 by 30 at least, with a passageway leading out to the northwestward and a huge pit in the middle of the floor, covered with a grill of iron bars. You may examine that barred pit more closely on 127, or go northwest on 135, or go back due east, which we have already been. I love a good examination. It's true. I do think that there's a monster in there, but I am also okay with that. There's a hair on my pen? Come on. There's a hair on my hair? pen. Yep. Congrats, you're getting older. Wait a Take this back to the kitchen. <laughs> uh, okay, so examining the pit on 127. You approach the pit and look down carefully. In the Stygian depths of the pit below are four emaciated old men looking up at once and begin to call to you excitedly. All right, all right, I'll get you out. 
You call back? No, you won't. A voice whispers in your ear. You jump up in alarm from your kneeling position, but you're not under attack. In fact, there's no indication of anyone with you in the chamber. It's a tongue spell. EJ remarks from his scabbard. I used to see Merlin using them. You can always tell by the Oxford accent. What's a tongue spell? You ask curiously. It's uh, a message magically left by somebody. You get them on chest saying keep off when someone touches the lock, that sort of thing. I expect you'll get the whole message if you try and open the grill. Great chest ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> try, never mind. Alright, you reach down and try to open the grill. I'm afraid it won't open until we know who is guilty. The voice says in its Oxford accent. How do we figure that out? You ask, wondering incidentally, who would pick, who would lock up the four men knowing three of them were innocent? Ask them, says the voice. Their names are Albert, Ben, Barney, and Marmaduke. Will they tell me? I expect they'll lie through their teeth, says the voice. From below you, Albert shouts. Ben did it! Ben chirps in at once. Oh no, Marmaduke did it! Barney sniffs sorrowfully. I didn't do it, he says. Marmaduke says firmly. You know, Ben lied when he said I did it. Yeah. I thought so, says the voice of the tongue spell. Only one of those statements was true. Still, that should allow you to sort out which one did it. Possibly, if you think Ben did it, turned it, it says all the pages. Or you can also just leave them be and go back to the map on 93. Uh, okay. So, let's see. Albert says Ben. Ben says Marmaduke. Barney says he didn't do it. Marmaduke says Ben lied when he said I did it. And I have the hints. Mm -hmm. So, then the, the easiest way to work this out is assume one person is true and then see if it works out logically. So, if Albert is correct and Ben did it, then Ben can be lying by saying Marmaduke did it. However, then Barney can't be lying because Barney would have done it if Barney was lying. So Albert can't be telling the truth. Ben says Marmaduke did it. Uh, and if that was true, then Albert would be lying saying Ben does it. But Barney would also be lying saying I didn't do it, which means he would have done it. Inconsistency. Barney says I didn't do it. If he's telling the truth... Then it's e uh, then could Albert be lying about Ben? Yes. Could Ben be lying about Marmaduke? Yes. Could Marmaduke uh, correctly be saying that Ben lied? No. Because otherwise they're also telling the truth. Final person, Marmaduke. If Marmaduke's telling the truth and says Ben lied when he said I did it, then that all this needs to be is saying that, that Ben is incorrect. So that person is saying yes. The other person lying is Barney. Ben is also lying. And Albert is also lying. All of those are capable of being lies if Marmaduke is telling the truth. Which would mean that Barney did it. As he's lying about not having done it. I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I, I follow. 157, Barney, the moiterer. Mm-hmm. You reach down and tug at once the grill comes away, leaving the pit open. Well done, remarks the Oxford accent admiringly. Do you know, 
you're the first adventurer to get that right in more than 15 years. Way to go, Raps. <laughs> Cheer the four old codgers in the pit, wasting no time in climbing out. Three scamper off, but the fourth, who introduces himself as Albert, stops briefly beside you. The lads and me took a bit of a collection a couple years ago as a sort of reward, like, you know, forever who might rescue us. I'll be holding on to it ever since, afraid it's not much, but it's the best we could do. He hands you something wrapped in an absolutely filthy germ-ridden handkerchief. It's yours now, he says proudly before zipping off after his cellmates. By the look of the hanky, he could be giving you a dose of malaria, but if you want to risk the germs, turn to 183, or you could just leave after that. I don't know. I could go for some malaria. I can, I'm, yeah. Good grief. There's a giant germ inside the hanky about the size of a rat. Looks like something that's escaped from an electron microscope. It's frankly good few years since you saw anything so menacingly. The germ looks up at you and salutes. What are your orders? It asks crips, crisply. Orders? You echo. Say the word and I'll leap on anyone you name, making them so sick and feeble, any damage they would normally do to you is halved. What a useful germ. The only thing is... Uh, the mutters the germ darkly. Some people have a natural immunity, so you've got to roll two dice at the start of an encounter to determine the state of play. Score anything above a six, and I'll have him. Incidentally, I can't be killed or even cured since penicillin hasn't been invented yet, so you've got me for the rest of the adventure. What the giant germ didn't mention is there's a small chance... Score two when you're making the check roll. ...that you catch the illness instead of the opponent, in which case you'll only do half damage in the fight. So wrap up the ghastly thing in the filthy hanky and pick a new destination on 93. So, hang on. Is this something we can use every fight? Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. I will mention, you said on a 6 or above, it is 8 or above. Oh, apologies. Yes, yes. Just, uh, just I, I didn't even write hate, so my brain yeah, was just I, auto I figured as much completing. that was more just for the audience that it's... It is OP, but it's not as OP as... 6 or above, it's mm -hmm. like... It's, on average, you roll above that. Uh, so, back we go to page 136, I guess. Continue down the path. Sounds good to me. I think no, 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 not I, 136. I, I, it can't be 136. 108, yeah. and then 108 has a different direction. 135. I just Ah, that's how it happened. I figured it out. I made a... Oops. The passage runs northwest for several hundred yards before ending abruptly in a heap of rubble which can search on 159 or go back home. No way. 159, I'm already there. Mm-hmm. Messy job, that. You're so covered in mortar dust that you look like a mobile statue. And not a lot to show for your pains either, except for a small purse of 20 silver pieces worth in total about two gold unless... Hey, wait a minute. One of these silver pieces is a bit peculiar. It looks absolutely ordinary, but every time you toss it, it always comes down as tails. Which means you shouldn't have too much trouble winning the next time you gamble on the toss of a coin. Stow away your coin and backtrack to 108. All right, which gives us completion of our cold damage oh, yeah. reduction. And we didn't even have to fight. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then should we go... Should we go we healed after encountering the germ. Oh my god. Should we go up to 98 and complete this section? I, I like it because then I can at least mark off mentally this entirely. Yeah. Eight. Rickety stairs descend downwards. Or ascend upwards, depending on which end of them you're at. The real point being to get from one end of the stairs to the other is risky. 
Unless you're prepared to go back the way you came, you'll need to throw in two dice, six or better. You'll navigate the stairs safely. Less than that, and you take a double dice roll of life points. Uh, should I? Shoot. Please do. I got a six. Is it six? It's six or better. Six we did or it. Better. That keeps happening. That's scary. So then we continue can get... the way you were going on the map. So that means one oh two. What one oh two? Yes. Yeah. Luckily, this is a ruined castle, or you would have stumbled into something very unpleasant indeed. The iron-bound door is at the bottom of the steps hangs open, a little askew on its hinges, revealing the remnants of a full-scale torture chamber. You recognize it instantly, having... Unfortunately. ...seen this sort of thing before in your adventures. There's thumbscrews, and there... There are the thumbscrews, and there the rack. There's the Iron Maiden, the brazier, now unlit and cold... Most of the instruments have either rusted or rotted, indicating it is a long time since the chamber was used. The skeleton of some poor unfortunate still hangs in the fetters of one wall. You step inside and look around, well aware, hardened, well aware, hardened adventure that you are, that clues and useful objects may be discovered in the most unlikely places. I wouldn't hang around if I were you, a rough voice remarks behind you. You spin around, your hand dropping to the hilts of your sword. There's no one about. Where are you? You call. Ah, right in front of you, Marsh. Hanging up on this wretched wall like some sort of picture. It's the skeleton. You leap back in alarm. Keep away from me. You warn it gravely. Oh, don't be daft, says the skeleton. What am I going to do to you with me hands and feet fettered and me muscles in the snake therein? No, I was just giving you a piece of friendly advice, that's all. This place is haunted. Haunted? Yes, haunted. The Haunted Torture Chamber. Good name for a bad book, that. You get offside before the spooks appear. What about you? Oh, though, don't bother me much anymore. You get philosophical about a lot of things, and then your body rots down to the bones. Beside which, the chains won't hold me much longer. A few more hundred years, and they'll have rusted right through, and I can rattle them off to the missus and kids. What's left of them? I wouldn't think of it, you cry. I'll cut you down with my trusty sword. And for once, EJ doesn't even protest, having obviously been very moved by the Skelton story. If you want to cut me down, the spooks will get you for sure! The skeleton shrugs. What are you going to do about this mess? You can try cutting down the skeleton on 122, or cut down your risk by backtracking. I mean, sure, right? Yeah, what's... Right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with the having to fight a couple spooks. To 122 we go. With one bounder at the skeleton's side... One slash, you've severed the fetters and shattered the change. Chain? Chain. Ouch. Ouch, mutters EJ, who is never very happy about cutting through metal, even if it is rusty. At once, a horrifying wailing assails your ears. I told you, didn't I? Says the skeleton. The blasted place is swarming with ghosts. He may be right. Roll two dice to determine how many ghosts have appeared in the haunted torture chamber. Each one has ten life points, will frighten you badly, but has no actual damage on a throw of six or better. But on a throw of eleven or twelve, you die. <laughs> oh. My. God. How many of them do we have to fight? Oh. I mean, it's not that bad, but five still feels like too many to fight. Mm. Um. Mm. Um. 
I guess should we throw a roll for our pet? <laughs> yeah, why not? Let's see if uh, let's see if the orangutan will get involved. That's a four. No, he won't. Thanks, bud. Is there a spell we should utilize to cut down our risk of being instant killed? So, great question. Um, the one that would immediately come to mind would be uh, repeater, pi r squared. The repeater, exactly, pi yeah. r squared for short. Um, none of the rest of these are especially good at area of effect. It is, yeah, it's interesting there's been no spell that's like, do damage to anything you're in a fight with. Mm-hmm. A little bit. I guess it'd be OP. Um, so it'd be pi r repeater or nothing, I think. What do you feel? Five of them um, in, in five, I mean, it's not even necessarily five because it could be more because we could miss. I, here's, here's my thinking. Okay. We roll for initiative. If yes. they have the initiative and attack first, we don't pie R. If we have the initiative, we do. Okay. I roll. That's a five. That's a four. Damn. So no, you think? New. All right. That is a six. We're good. Excellent. So ghosts. Can we knock out a ghost? They have 10 life points. It says you knock out an enemy when they get to five, but also some enemies have five life points. So there has to be a house rule of some kind. Sorry, say again? Do we knock out ghosts or are ghosts a thing that can't be knocked out? I think we knock them out. I think it's never been explained to us that anyone is exempt from the rule, including us. Exactly. Except for, uh, that, or rather this wasn't explained, uh, but it, it, uh, it starts health. to get exactly yeah if something has five health or one health like is it unconscious does it arrive <laughs> like that um i'm more than happy with anything that has more than five health can be knocked out by getting it to five health in that, which case that's how rolling for it. ej yeah exactly rolling for ej is straight up at least five damage if i do the four plus and that knocks one down which i think is probably the right thing to do so i'm just going to follow through oh I have great news. We didn't roll a two or a three. Yay. And as a result, the first ghost vanishes into a wisp. This one was a three, and then it doesn't even matter, but another three. Unfortunately, Snake Eyes, EJ, uh, is so oh, impressed no. with himself that he takes a little time to gloat rather than strike again. I rolled the first numbers of three, so it's irrelevant. It was an eight. Please. EJ gathers his wherewithal a bit and swings back the other direction against another ghost and turns it into a, a, a brief blur before it fades. I rolled a five and a two. We're good. Perfect. Excellent. A four means that EJ connects with another one of them. That is 11 experience total at this point and an unremarkable death for the third ghost. Oh no. That's a five and a five. Which is scary, but just the uh, same as a six. <laughs> the exact highest you can roll without killing us. Yeah. Hey, hey, I Ooh, resent to the fact that I would be killing us. I am sure. us. No, I, I'm not. The highest that could be rolled without us dying as a result. Yeah. We have an eight, which allows EJ to... Yet again, EJ doesn't even make direct contact with the ghost at this point. Instead, we hold him out and whirl him around, and the ghost just gets sucked into the vacuum. Ooh, I've rolled a one. And let's see <gasps> if this next one, let's see. Two. <laughs> nope. Didn't roll high enough to make that an 11 or 12 from a one. Uh, 
we contextually uh, this this uh, scene is is flavored by the result that EJ here has rolled. Uh, EJ briefly looks up at us and says, "Whoa, whoa, whoa boss, I got a real good idea. You're just gonna have to trust me. Smack me against the stone." What? You don't like that? Smack me against the stone. We don't have time. We smack EJ against the stone and the blade shatters. We're briefly panicked for a moment until we see that in the hand, instead of holding EJ's corporeal form, we are now holding the spiritual weapon of EJ, a ghost of a sword, which is able to make full contact with this final (laughs) ghost and in doing so eviscerates ectoplasm from it. That is a full 12 for the final ghost down. Uh, The blade then reassembles itself, stuck together by the uh, ectoplasm that was previously coated on it in order to put it back to its full tangible form. Ah, that was pretty cool, right? I probably can't do that again. <laughs> oh, I have. I can only do that uh, once per for, for adventure. I have, only have the energy <laughs> to uh, ooh, uh, <laughs> survive the fight. I can do that once per adventure, and I'm only going to explain that to you here in our last adventure. Yes. Uh, if you survive the fight, turn to 142, which is what a 140 do. Yeah, by George! exclaims the skeleton, betraying British origins. That was some fight. You weren't much help. You muttered dourly. No, admits the skeleton. But I will be from now on. You may or may not be delighted to learn the skeleton will now rattle along with you as your grim companion until he's killed in a fight or the adventure ends. He has a healthy 30 life points despite <laughs> despite his bones. Hits successfully on a 5 or better and does plus 2 damage with a torturer's mace he's picked up. If he loses life points, you can heal him exactly as you might heal yourself, and he'll accept your orders about when to fight and how long to stay in. Now, if you go off on your map to 93, your new companion will rattle along just behind your left shoulder like a reminder of doom. So, we've cleared the ba- the basement, the whole... We've absolutely cleared the basement. We got a bunch of friends. We got a skeleton. We got a germ. We got an orangutan. Yeah, wait. Yeah, we have three summons, basically. That's crazy. Yep. <laughs> uh... So the only logical thing would be to proceed out the stairs back to 57, which would require a double dice roll of 5 plus in order to do successfully. I got an 11. Uh, Great news. That is the best time to roll an 11 immediately after the previous one would have killed us. That is true. (laughs) (laughs) We have plot armor. Um, Okay, so don't we need to do two rolls? Uh, we might do. I, I, because we have to go up the stairs from 98, and then if we need to leave through 119, we have to roll again. Right, give us another then. Nine, perfect. All right, so 119 takes us to what 57, if I recall correctly. Okay, so we have 139 takes us to 56. 56, sorry, that's a completely different place. Why does it say 56? Wait, hold on. 119, did we go to the wrong page before? 119, 119, go to, if you're going to climb out, go to 139. And then you climb successfully, you go to 168. Gotcha, there we go. Which leads to 57, yeah. Yep. All right, 57. All right. Should we try the front just to make sure? 
Yeah, exactly. We can either leave this area or we can just test the front to see if it's, you know, oh, there's a sub-basement open. Do you want to jump down? Like, you know, an obvious loop. Yeah. The drawbridge, moss-covered and rotting here and there, straddles an empty moat. The portcullis is down, but broken, so that it will not impede your progress when you reach it. You step out onto the drawbridge, cautiously skirting the worst of the rotting areas, and move forward, still experiencing that disturbing feeling of walking into a giant's mouth. As you do so, a small sound attracts your attention, and you glance downward to find that the moat is now filled with water. Another second, you realize the drawbridge that you now stand on is sound again. Constructed of new timbers, and the portcullis no longer broken, has been raised, and the guards are standing. You step back, and it all disappears, leaving the castle in the same rotting ruin as you approached. A forward step, and it appears again, a total illusion of the castle in its prime. Back, gone, forward, reappears. A guard who has been watching this unmilitarily to step sniffs. All right, then. Are you coming in or are you just stand there all day, twitching and vanishing? A good question. You may commit yourself to entering this weird, weird illusory castle on 76 or skirt around back to 69 or backtrack to 48. I mean, I do assume we'll fall into the water, but I'm down to know for sure. Let's give it a go. 76. You step bravely forward at all. Wait, at once all noise is a bustle. People of every description are moving in and out of the castle, farmers with carts laden with produce, washerwomen carrying baskets of linen, peddlers with trays of gaudy rubbish, piemen smelling of dough and gravy, merchants leading horses pulling carts, swaggering military men exchanging exaggerated stories about dragons killed and maidens rescued, dressed nobles. Oh, looks like you decided to join us then, nods the n guard who spoke to you before. Go in then. Excuse me, you say politely since courtesy does not cost. Where exactly am I? At the castle of Regnum Piscator. The guard says civilly enough. The Regnum Piscator? You echo. The Fisher King. Translate the, translates the guard. You'll be quite safe here. Since it doesn't actually exist, you can't get killed in it. Which sounds like quite good news, really, as you walk past the open portcullis through an entrance that no longer looks very much like an open mouth and into... and into 86, actually. Okay. Ah. Uh. Ah! It is a map of a castle. Interesting. Map. Oh, right. So this is like the metaphysical domain that lies on top the physical domain. The physical domain being the shattered castle. Yeah. All right. Do you want to explore the castle at this now? Or save I... for a morrow? Mmm. Mmm. A morrow sounds a good idea to me. Alright. A morrow we will do. It is a morrow's eve in Grail Quest. We've done it. Uh, we're in a castle. We're at a castle. A big old stinking castle. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Seems to be a dream space. Metaphysically mapped upon reality, this was the front entrance of what was otherwise shown to us as a crumbling castle when we entered from the rear. Mm -hmm. It's like a it's like a Chuck E. Cheese when you go as a kid versus an adult. Yeah, exactly. You see all of the things <laughs> on like, the ground that are sticky. Boy. And it's like, oh boy, I don't want to touch almost anything here. But as a kid, your reckless abandon wanders the entire store, store, restaurant, and... I mean, Eventually, you start creating the messes that the adults see. Yeah. <laughs> this place is gross. And I still want to go. Anyways, okay, so we probably just go through the front door to 92. 
Yes, so the drawbridge will take us directly into 92, although I will make sure to open up a secondary copy of this over on the other side so that we still have the map available. You've entered a broad, open, cobbled courtyard, so full of horses, ponies, donkeys, carts, and people that it looks like Glastonbury Market on a fair day. In fact, there's actually a peddler selling cunning little clockwork monkeys, which seem to be able to climb up nearly anything. Bolted wooden half doors are set into the eastern western walls, eastern and western walls. Well, let's, I mean, it's a quest, let's be. Of the courtyard with a single door appearing between two sets of double doors in the northern wall. The east and west doors both lead to 97. It's, it tells us where all the doors go to, but then also we can backtrack to 48. Or you can even buy buy a clockwork monkey on 104 if you have the cash. Unfortunately, we don't have enough money to buy one, but yeah. maybe, maybe we could give him 10 silver pieces. Uh, the So there yeah. were the 10 silver pieces that were worth two gold coins, which is uh, typically an extremely low amount in this world. I didn't even write it down. I was like, that's so minimal. Yeah. I mean, I think we should go and then figure out what we need to have to buy it. I like it. Let's do it. Because right. we would only have to, like, maybe he's why spikes don't exist. Maybe you just tie the rope around the clockwork monkey and let yeah. him climb to the top. Yeah. Yeah. 104. Excuse me, sir. You put in politely. How much for the clockwork monkey? How much you got? Asks the peddler. By his eye, he looks you up and down. Uh, not a great deal. You lie. A few groats is all that stands between me and a pauper's grave. Uh, me too, says the peddler. Which is why we have to charge a thousand golden pieces for each of these monkeys. A grand in gold for a grody monkey? And not even a real one at that. You expect a couple of gorillas for a thousand gold pieces. Still, if you ha are prepared to pay it and you have it, go to 124. If you haven't and aren't, go to 86. Okay. Mm, unfortunately, uh, we're missing 998 gold pieces for that. Okay. Well, I guess we should go to 86 because we don't have the money. Interestingly enough, yeah, that's a page that's that's not 92. We've been to 86. Huh. 86 if is the you map. you haven't and aren't, go to 86. Wait, right? 86 is the map? Isn't I thought 60-something was the map. 80, what's, you know what? Well, whatever 86 right, is. I couldn't find it on the page I was looking. Yeah, it's 86. <laughs> 86 is the map. Yep. So we would just immediately lead back into 92. So let's head back to 92 and take one of the alternative paths. Okay. There's the doors east and west. Both lead to 97. I suppose let's... Two birds, one scone? Yeah, exactly. It seems like some sort of stables, maybe? Yeah. We found a fancy sword in the stables before. That's true. Horse manure! No, don't look like that. Nobody was being rude. It's just that you're in the castle stables and the place pongs to high heaven. Uh, you gonna, what, chat up a horse? Asks CJ. Be daft! You tell him severely. Tell him severely. Headed back to the map and to pick a new destination. All right, well, we marked mm -hmm. it off nice and quick. So we've got 113, which would proceed through the double doors deeper into the castle. We've also got 107 or 101 as alternatives. 101 is completely self-contained and we can't reach it from anywhere else. I like it. In uh, terms of not messing, missing, or not having to backtrack as much, we might as well. It's a hay store for food for the horses, probably. You can search on 116 or head to the map on 86. 
I mean, I remind you that we did find a sword. Uh, no, this fancy shield. Mm-hmm. We found a fancy shield in the hay of a, of a stables. So I'm, I'm ready to fondle around this area and find something useful. Yeah. Fond around and fall in love. Sacred blue, Pip. So I was As French adventurers, so. Is it is there a D in Sacre Blue? Uh no, there is not. This is this is someone who mishears French adventurers I and love then it. reports it as Sacred Blue. Which <laughs> Sacred Blue just sounds like the name of a stand in JoJo. Yeah, that or it's like a it's it's a a ship in F Zero. Mm. Yeah. Sacred Blue Pip, as French adventurers I want to remark. It never pays to waste time searching thoroughly, does it? What? There's lots of hay here, but nothing else. Of course it pays. We found I remind you, Book, that we found a fancy like the shield of a hero that's one shot a, a hydra in hay. Yep. In uh, what of course it always pays. What do you We anyway. discovered the ability to summon a buff genie? Yeah. By fondling around in doo-doo. <laughs> yeah, we've found much better and much worse. You shut your <laughs> trap, book. <laughs> Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, let's head to 107, yeah. as 107 also appears to have the ability to bridge us into 113, should yeah, we want to. It's another little room out of the stables. Evening, or is it morning? A wrinkled little man seated at the table eating bread and cheese looks up as you open the door. Oh, excuse me. You say, it being quite obvious you have stumbled into somebody's private quarters. Ah, think nothing of it, says the little man. Have you got a horse? Well, no. Wait, hang on. Yeah, it's cut off. Is is the next... Yeah, the next page is weirdly cut off for you as well. It's possible we're missing a line of dialogue, but it ends with, Well, no. Oh, then you don't need me, says the little man cheerfully. I'm the groom. Lots of visitors come barging in here thinking it's the throne room, but it isn't. The throne room's next door. At least the waiting room is, which is as far as you'll get until you go through the red tape. Like a bit of cheese. No, thank you. You say hurriedly, backing away from this friendly groom and closing the door behind you. And returning to 86 to pick a new destination. Well, okay. We've no choice but 113 at this point. Yarr. Unless we want to go home. I, you know what? I'd like to be large and not be home. I want, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'm large and home. Is that, and that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as large is involved. Yeah. You can also go home. <laughs> I want to go big and go home. I want to go so <laughs> big that I have no choice but to stay home. <laughs> go big and be home yes i want to i mean you know yeah <laughs> you've entered an enclosed courtyard smaller than the open courtyard within the main gate and with substantially fewer people about there are double doors both to the northern and southern walls corridor leading east with a door just south of it in the eastern wall as you stare around you with the typically blank expression adopted by adventurers when they haven't yet decided where to go you're approached by a bustling greybeard, not unlike Merlin in many ways. Are you here for an audience with the king? He asks sharply. Well, are you? Positive answer takes you 130, otherwise, go home. Absolutely not. I'm not even I'm big. afraid there's a bit of a queue, no matter how large you are. Get the page. Uh, remarks the old man. 
But if you slip over to page 125, the palace nerd will tell you what to do. It's very important that you do exactly as he tells you, incidentally. Otherwise, you could be in big trouble. Big? <gasps> I'm ready. Let's not do what he says. <laughs> All right. 125. Right. We're going to go. We're going to see what's up. Mm-hmm. There are 17 people in this chamber. Count them. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Hmm. 16 of them are seated primly in their Sunday best, staring straight ahead on the wooden chairs. <laughs> I will say, when I was younger, when I was a kid, I mistook Sunday best and birthday suit for... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's going to church in their birthday suit, in their finest yeah, birthday suit. Yeah, I, so that's more or less like, I, I thought that... Um, because I was like, for your birthday, you want to get up dressed nice, and and uh, <laughs> I, it took me an embarrassingly long period of time to decode what people meant by birthday suit as well. Yeah, nobody wants to say it because ooh, that's risque to say it's when you're naked. <laughs> you know, like just, just well, yeah, it's even more risque if I suggest <laughs> what you didn't wear your birthday suit to someone when they tell me that they had a sweet sixteen. <laughs> like it's too late for me to learn that phrase. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, so they're all seated primly in their birthday suit, staring straight ahead on wooden <laughs> chairs arranged along one wall. <laughs> the 17th, a neat nerd in a frock coat, spats, and spectacles, is fussily getting things organized, as members of the breed usually do. Sit, he orders you brusquely, indicating an empty chair with the point of his quill and quill pen. Sit, sit, sit. What's it going to be, Fido? You can follow the nerd's order on 145, leave through the door on 118, or head for the northern door on 154. Mm, it was uh, very important we follow his orders. It's true. I'm also looking... Well, D4... Because, yeah, 154 is not on the map. 118 is on mm. is on the map, and that's just like a normal door, for what it's worth. Yes, which would tend to suggest that uh, 154 is interruption in attempt to go north. That's, yeah, my, so, I would say, uh, yeah, either following the orders or going north being the choices, basically, here. Let's follow the orders. Playing along with the nerds has typically been reasonably good. I would say it has, uh, 145, or I will also mark 154, just in case. You sit with growing impatience for nearly three hours, while others in the room are shown one by one through the northern door. Eventually, the spatted nerd bustles towards you. I assume you have my bribe ready, he says sharply. Bribe? You echo. A thousand gold pieces, snaps the nerd. If you have a thousand gold pieces you want to get rid of, you can use them to bribe the nerd on 173. If you prefer the, to tell him to go contort himself, you may do so on 154. I love that. Go fold yourself into go a box, Go fold buddy. yourself. Why don't you go fold? Well, How dare you? Four. Oh, interesting. This is the same one if we try to leave to the north. Mm-hmm. Screams the nerd in sudden fury. He begins to jump up and down on the spot. Spats flashing evilly in the timeless war challenge of his breed. Uh, there is no avoiding a fight here, Pip, since not even a friendly reaction will stop a nerd once his war dance has started. Has 25 life points, strikes on a 5. Watch out for the spats. If he ever manages to throw a 7 during combat, they will temporarily blind you so that you miss your next three consecutive hits, regardless of the roll. Oh, boy. All right. 
All right. Now, before the battle starts, do we want to hurl a germ at this man? I mean, yeah. He's not really capable of doing damage to us, but I do want to just see the German battle. Yeah. Oh, that's a nine. My man sneezing. What? It was a. Oh, it needs to be an eight or above. That's right. Okay. An eight or above. What's He'll be doing half damage this entire combat. Ten or above is for getting the Orangu Tiger involved. Yes. All right. So he has to. What was it? What's the germ do? Uh, so the germ just halves the damage of the oh enemy. Uh, they only strike successfully on a 5, so if they roll a 12, they do 1 damage to us. If they roll an 11, assuming we round up on halving, they do 1 damage, otherwise 0 damage. They can't harm us because the dragon skin jacket. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Alright, uh, 1 on initiative as well, for what it's worth. Ooh, three for us, so we're going to be striking with EJ first, and ooh, EJ, that's a, that, that, EJ has performed both as well and as poorly as possible, and it averages out entirely, that is to say, roll one six and one one to get a seven, the most average result. EJ is going to just deal eight damage uh, by being held out point first as the nerd runs towards us. The nerd gets a 10, which is an impressive roll, but not damage. <laughs> I'm so sorry, nerd. Uh, uh. Ooh, speaking of not damage, uh, while they might not have damaged us, they did manage to deflect EJ, so it takes us an extra round to get EJ back to center to be able to actually strike the enemy. That is a 2, followed by a 1. Excellent. That's the same roll that we had on this side. So these things are mirrored there. Oh Six no! Are we nerds? From the <laughs> oh, no. Rito, I have awful news. Oh no! There's only so many episodes you can get into hosting a podcast about choose your own adventure games. No, the, the say it so. You mean I my... will go turn the lights out and carry yeah. me home? You mean uh, you mean my livelihood playing niche indie? <laughs> video games and hosting a no, podcast no, that's, that's, about that's choose your adventure books and, behavior. and playing tabletop RPGs. Mm -hmm. Oh man. I no, I will say I think you're only a nerd when you have spats as uh, these do. Yeah. I don't know. I, I it's, it sucks too when I was in high school I was pushing so many kids in lockers and now I find out I was pushing my own kind in lockers. I wow. Uh god, I have a lot to Anyways, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, currently, beating up a nerd. Yeah. Uh, and oh, good. That would be <laughs> I'm good at that. Nerds round, as uh, we strike them down to eleven. That is a five and a four. Ooh, take that still nerd. No damage, buddy. Speaking of take that nerd, uh, <laughs> this guy's a big fan of uh, a certain boy band, and we also strike them for another seven damage, taking them to an unconscious state on four health remaining. Nerd, nerd. down. All right. Okay, so now, as a reward for that, we get to go wherever we want. Select we just get to pick a different place on the destination? map. Yeah, which I guess is anywhere from 113. Yeah, okay, so we could go uh, north through the 118. We could go uh, up through 138. Yeah, okay, this yeah, this is contiguous with every single room except for 133 
and we would presumably have to go through the guard post or 144 if we were going to any of the back rooms. So the nearest are 138 and 118 in the northern or eastern directions. It's true. I will say there's like, so basically there's two guard posts centered in like the middle of some hallways, which cut us off mm -hmm. from the other, like going to the other major hallway. But there's a room right there. You see that there's like a room 156 where there's a door in and then yeah. a door out and then a door into 164. It looks like it's suspiciously laid out in a way like where you can just scoot past the guards via mm -hmm. that via that path. So we don't have to fight the guards or do anything with the guards. Even encounter them. Yeah. I could only imagine that there's no good reason to fight the guards. There rarely has been. Except for experience. Yeah, exactly. I, I would be more than happy to have 156 as our uh, final way to get out of here. 118 yeah. seems... Uh, oh, no, 118 is not self-contained. In fact, it leads to 125, then to 133. So it is a, Wait, a path oh, yeah, towards that... the self-contained. Yeah, well, there's so many ways around the guards. Okay. Oh, yeah, that could even, that could even yeah. exit uh, behind them as well. So why are the guards here? Anyways, okay, all right. One eight. They didn't expect anyone to get past the nerd. Yeah, it's true. One eighteen. Then I don't know. Let's do it. A choice, basically. Um, okay. There's quite a few people here, mostly seated on wooden chairs arranged around the walls. Bustling officials in black tights carrying black rods. The officials, not the tights. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Scurry hither and yawn. <laughs> okay. Hey. <laughs> Oh, take a seat. Says one approaching you. He gestures. Right over there at 137. Or alternatively, select any available uh, option from map on 86. I mean... 137, gotta check it out. You sit not altogether patiently for a quarter of an hour before being harassed... Or the harassed official returns to you. Oh, take this. He says, handing you a purse containing a thousand gold pieces. What's this for? You ask in amazement. It's a bribe. <laughs> says the official. To get you into the next room faster. You look at the purse, then back at this idiot. Shouldn't I be bribing you? You ask. He blinks. Um, oh, don't confuse me now. He says. Just be off with you. What a funny man. Proceed at once to the next room on 125. Or, if you're feeling as eccentric as he is, return south through the double doors to 113. I wonder if we should cheese it back to buy the funny monkey bef now, canonically. Ooh, just in yeah, case let's go back money, to the funny monkey. Just in case our money gets stolen somehow. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And as far as I'm aware, there's nothing, now that the nerd's dead, there's nothing in our path to stop us from going straight to 104. Yeah, exactly. In fact, if we went directly to uh, 113, uh, where the nerd is, the nerd would be brought back to life, which is not the case. Yeah. Uh, so easy for us to just move past that to 104, you'd said? Yep, which takes us to 124. 124, if you have enough money to buy it, let's do it. Done! You exclaim. Oh, you certainly have been. Mutters the funny monkey man, handing over a monkey, which shin sh shimmies up your arm and in a the grinding of clockwork and perches onto your shoulder this purchase may yet turn out to be a bit of a bargain pip despite the peddler's cynical remark this is a useful chimp if you manage to wind it up which requires a throw of four or better and loses you any chance you had of gaining first strike into combat 
It, its antics will so fascinate your opponent that they will automatically miss every second blow, whatever the dice indicate. One danger oh, wow. is that your opponent may throw a 12, which shatters the monkey and renders it useless. Now go back you go with the monkey to 92 to pick a new option. Huh. Okay. I was not anticipating. I, I, I also thought it was a climbing monkey as like it would help us get up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's still It could. may still. Yeah, it's true. Uh, one... Oh my god. Yeah, so many summons. So many useful allies. I, like, we're... This is another one of those ones where it's like, I wish I could snap my fingers to teleport to the boss because we could handle it. Yeah. We just have much. so just many tools. Just throwing our friends at him until he's dead. Yeah. Uh, like, we... with him doing... If he does half damage and he's only doing damage every second round, that is a quarter of the damage. And our, um... The... What is it? The what? Tiger? The Orangu Tiger. The Orangu Tiger is also one, uh, one harder to hit. So, like, mm-hmm. that's a, which is also, in a way, damage mitigation in the sense of if you have to roll one higher, then that's one damage you don't get as well, anyways. But, Literally true. So, on top of being harder to hit, it's great. So, one twenty-five, I guess, being the next logical one twenty-five. Wait, wait, hang we, on. wait, hold on. Oh, I guess. Oh yeah, looking at it, just one of the other pages just told us to go straight to 125. 118 just told us to go straight to 125. Got you. Okay. So we've been here. Oh yes, okay. 113 took us to 130, which then immediately took us to 125. Um we slew the dude in 125 though, so we could just enter 133. Sure. Did we did we go to 138? Did I forget to mark it off? It's another room. Uh no, we haven't been to 138. Okay. Do you want to just get rid of that one so because it's like oh sure because it's self-contained whereas 133 could leave to 144 yeah just from like a sure yeah just a checklist standpoint you've seemed to have entered entered the largest loo that you've ever seen with and a very impressive loo at that the entire chamber is lined with a pink veined marble a sunken pool with a shark in it is set in the middle of the floor vast potted plants decorate each corner with monkeys chattering in their upper reaches to the north the loo seat is built into a huge gold or at least guilt throne a pool with a shark in it this place gets more bizarre by the minute if you have to use the loo please close the door and quietly do so on 167 uh, is that going big in this instance i guess go big or don't go to the bathroom hey i'll go i i'll go to the bathroom i guess go big and go potty 167 tinkle 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 you should really remember to go before you come out on an adventure, Pip. However, now that you're feeling better, you can return to 86 and pick a new destination. <laughs> All right. You don't understand. I have a tiny bladder. Yeah. I can't prepare for these things. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm sorry, Raps. I just needed to do that. Uh, that's. I just had to bring us to 138. <laughs> so That's completely fine. We can revisit 138 a couple more times if, uh, yeah. <laughs> if it's needed. <laughs> okay. I don't like canonically that that shark is swimming in pee. <laughs> that, that could not be. No. It could be something else. <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> All conversation stops abruptly as you walk into the chamber. All heads turning your direction. And quite impressive heads. Some of them are, since they belong to the courtiers, as richly dressed and handsome as any from King Arthur's court of Camelot. You glance around one hand cautiously on the hilt of your sword. I wish you'd stop doing that. EJ mutters. It tickles something awful. 
and discover you have entered what must be the official audience chamber of this weird castle. A crimson carpet of exceptional quality runs the length of the room, carrying the eye... And eventually the feet, in all probability. ...towards a dais on which sits... On which is set a massive gilt throne. Seated on this throne is a slim, dark man in, of middle years, handsome in his own way as King Arthur, but with a distant, brooding air about him. He turns towards you, dark eyes a little sorrowful, and beckons you as you approach. As if drawn by a magnet, you feel you find your feet carrying you along the crimson carpet until you are at the foot of the throne, a robed greybeard whose pointed hat bears the clear insignia of a world-class wizard strikes the ground once with the heel of his rod, creating sparks and an incredible booming sound. Praise silence for the Fisher King and the great adventurer Pip! How on earth did he know your name, and who's the Fisher King? Come to think of it, what are you doing in this setup anyways, when you should be racing around saving Avalon from the clutches of the Legion of the Dead? There is no need for you to speak, adventurer, says the Fisher King gravely. Your mission is known to us, and it is the nature of the curse placed upon us that we must assist you. Curse? What curse? This great castle and all within it has existed for centuries. Says the Fisher King. Here, nothing changes. Nothing ages. We are locked for eternity within these walls, condemned never to see the real world beyond, never to feel the cool breeze on our faces, or smell the scent of new-mown hay. Here we remain, cursed by the wicked wizard Anselm until such a time as the bravest and most skillful of all adventurers slays the Malfisor, and thus releases us from magical bondage. Until that day- Hey, whoa, wait, hang on, wait a minute! You put in. I finished off the Wicked Wizard Anselm years ago! Stunned silence fills the audience chamber. Anselm is dead? Breathes the Fisher King. As a doornail. You tell him. Mind you, I had a hard time with the savage chickens, <laughs> but apart from that, it was a bit of a doddle. My very first adventure in Avalon, you appreciate. That's where I got this jacket. Well, not this jacket, but one that like it anyway. So I wasn't really all that experienced at the time, but... Your words are drowned out by the sudden burst of cheering as the sorrowful king leaps from his throne and commences to dance a little jig. A thunderclap splits <laughs> open the castle walls, allowing sunshine to penetrate for the first time in generations. The king and his courtiers are growing strangely transparent, as if they were fading from the unnatural existence Anselm had imposed on them. Goodbye, Pip. Calls the king. Goodbye, and Tata. Hey, don't go! You shout after the fading figure, realizing that while it's all very well to have inadvertently laid a curse, there doesn't seem to be a lot in it for you at this time. But it's useless, the figure fades to nothingness, and the castle itself crumbles to dust around you, leaving you standing in the forest clearing with just a few large stones to mark where the castle site was. What a swizz. You mutter humpily to EJ. Is there no gratitude left in Avalon? Yeah, this isn't Avalon, this is Scotland. EJ reminds you irritatingly. Maybe they do things differently up here. You ignore him and turn to go when suddenly a ray of golden light emerges from the forest to illuminate a tiny casket half hidden in the grass. You pick it up as the ray vanishes and a note that it, the lid is adorned with the same crest you notice on the back of the Fisher King's throne. Rather like the astrological sign of Pisces, now that you come to think of it. You open the casket carefully and are almost blinded by the brilliance of the diamond and 
as large as a duck egg sat on a velvet cushion. Tucked behind the diamond is a folded parchment. You take this out, unfold it, and read it. And for once, it isn't in code. Bravest warrior, you who saved us from the curse of Anselm deserve the greatest treasure of our realm. Thus, we bequeath to you the Sunstone, a diamond of almost unimaginable worth and mystical power. Do with it as you will. Sell it, and you shall receive one hundred million golden pieces, the largest fortune ever accumulated by any Grail Quest adventurer. Crush it in your right hand, and it will destroy any number of opponents facing you. Crush it in your left hand, and it will donate to you 20 permanent life points, the greatest bonus ever bestowed in Avalon. But should you decide to preserve it, against the day you meet the Legion of the Dead, you may find it will grant you your deepest wish. Choose wisely, Pip, and may the gods go with you. It is signed, Regnum Piscator. Heavy stuff. Is that, wait, Regnum Piscator, is that familiar? Fisher King, That's and it was also uh, the fish... what the people on the border asked about. That yes, that's what yes, that's what I was thinking of. Phew, heavy stuff. After you made your decision, you should return to forty-eight and select a new direction. So we have destroyed the castle <laughs> for what? Yes, worth. which I imagine is why we're going to forty-eight rather than any of yes. the previously established parts. because so, I don't think we can go back in. Uh, raps. I want to say, thank God we backed out to get the monkey then no kidding right we wouldn't I, have been able to get it there are a couple of rooms we otherwise weren't able to proceed to but i can only imagine we got the correct big treasure i they they, they deleted the castle when we found this treasure i can only assume it's the best thing mm -hmm. it also says this is the greatest reward in grail quest that's true <laughs> yes i i think i think that's a safe bet to say it's pretty good all right so 48 is so this what? was uh, proceeding deeply into the forest, mm. and we had multiple different directions we could take out of here to different areas. Let's see, did I mark it down? I did. So we went to 62. Mm-hmm, that was continuing east. We still have a northern direction at 42. It's also the meaning of life, so that makes it easy. It seems to be growing less gloomy, and the sounds which disturbed you earlier are now receding somewhat. A little further in, you're convinced that the trees are thinning out a little further, and quite suddenly, you're in a, out of the forest and standing on the bank of a broad, slow river, the far side of which cannot seem cannot be seen because of a permanent mist. Uh, if you get across the river, you'll have to wade at 30 or swim at 34. But what if we have a boat? If you want to get back to the forest, your only option is to retrace your steps to 48 and select a different option. Alternatively, you can follow the river westwards, and the route will eventually lead you to 36 we have been so ah uh, yes 36 being the valley that we originally arrived at in this area there is no boat option there's no boat option which makes me scared that uh if we take either of these options it'll be like well you didn't use a boat so you die yeah it makes me wonder if the boat just functions as a guaranteed swim check pass or something i don't know it didn't say though so it, uh i'll be down to try it Worst yeah. case scenario, we just decrease from a uh, glorious adventurer to mythic adventurer or whatever the diplomatist yeah. says. Couldn't care less. So, wade or swim? Mm. I have no special feelings either way. Well, the water's getting warm, so you might as well swim. 
All right, well, let's do that on 34. Your footsteps echo on the run-up before you launch yourself into the dive of an almost mind with almost mind-boggling grace and beauty, which carries you out beyond the shallows into the deeper reaches of the river. Bravely, you strike out for the far shore, your muscles carrying you forward strongly, swiftly to the water. To your surprise, is quite warm and growing warmer. <laughs> you the might as well swim. Water? You might as well swim. In moments, it is as warm as bath water and still growing warmer. You're less than halfway across and beginning to panic. Maybe swimming wasn't such a good idea after all. Wait. Yep. <laughs> uh, maybe swimming wasn't such a good idea after all. Remarks EJ irritatingly <laughs> right after he... Yeah. On impulse, you turn and swim back, and the water continues to get hotter and hotter and hotter and carry your boiled remains all the way to page 14. We die. We just die. We just die. We have a boat. We have a boat. We have a boat. Use. It would have been nice the boat. I think it's possible that they, because uh, in on thirty six it did say if we wanted to ford the river north, there is a boat in the area. So maybe they only want you to use that boat for some weird reason. I I'm not certain why. It would be nice to use our own boat, but we do have a boat option possibly. Yeah. All right. So wait. So it's. So 42 was... 42 was north in the uh, in the directions that we could have taken, right? Yeah. So do we want... So we could use Do this... we want to wade or nah? I'm, I'm happy to give it a go and see if that has the boat option. I'd be upset. Splish splash. The sound of you wading into a river. Slurp slurp. The sound of mud gripping your feet so firmly that you can no longer move. Munch munch. The sound of you being eaten by a piranha. Follow your bones to page 14. All right. Well, okay. Follow your bones. <laughs> uh, kids, follow your bones. I know. It's, it's, that's the, um, oh, God, which one was the follow your nose? Was that Fruit Loops? Yeah, it's uh, again yeah. Sam, right? Yeah, that's, that must be Fruit fruit Brutes then. Do you, you know about Fruit Brute? <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't get that down here. We only had uh, Fruity Pebbles. No, Fruit Brute was, um, not many people know about Fruit Brute because, are you familiar with Count Chocula? Yes, yes, no, okay, Count Chocula yes. and, um, and his friend, the, the, the Purple Apocalypse Man, what's his name? <laughs> Frankenberry. Uh, that's him. Frankenberry, Booberry, there are two that got canned, and they are, uh, Fruit Brute and, and Yummy Mummy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> they, they stopped making those. I think they maybe like started making them again as like a throwback. Like, see, we haven't forgotten about Fruit Brute and Yummy Mummy. Different, <laughs> just fruity sugar amalgamations that all taste the same. Anyways, neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, so. It's all wheat and sugar, baby. Yeah, it's what I always say. It's my life motto. <laughs> it's like, how do you stay so calm and collected? All wheat and sugar, baby. It's all wheat and sugar. That's not relevant in this situation, <laughs> Rito. Please, all wheat and sugar, baby. <laughs> Rito, how do we get out of this room? Why did you eat the key? All wheat and sugar, baby. Rito, please. All wheat and sugar. My kids. <laughs> my wife. My kids. It's all wheat and sugar, baby. Okay. All right. End scene. All right. So <laughs> that's my Oscar performance. Uh, thank you. 
Thank you. Thank you. Um, for your consideration. For your consideration. <laughs> we weren't considering. Thank you, though. Uh, if you want to get back to the forest, 48, 30. So these are both just like, this is just a, 42 is just a nothing. Yes, 42 is a nothing at this point. We could proceed back into the forest and then take the uh, one of the alternative exits from uh, 48, I believe it would be. It is true. We do have a. We have not been to fifty-two. Mm-hmm. That would be being uh, south instead of uh, finding our way to the castle. Uh, literally, that's the only new in this entire area. And after that, we can strike the entire forest off. Let's let's just for sake of saying, eh, don't have to worry about that. Let's just do that. Hell yeah. The noises around you grow louder as you follow the trail southwards, but the going becomes slightly easier as you begin to notice an increased number of animal tracks, as if the other creatures use this route through the forest quite frequently. Your keen ears catch the sound of running water, and after a few minutes you stumble on a brook which feeds into a pool into a small clearing before meandering out into the forest again. Drinking from the pool is a solitary wolf which glances up briefly as you enter the clearing, then goes on drinking. This could be a tricky one, Pip. Maybe the easiest option is to head back to 48 and go off in another direction. The trail peters out at this clearing in any case. The only reason you'd want to go forward would be to drink, which you may do so on 44 if the wolf does not have your throat out. Or if you feel that attacking is the best defense, you can attack for the wolf at 49. I'm not going to do that. Absolutely not. Again, I will allow the wolf even to have uh, the ability to, you know, betray me. Says the sheep. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Do... Do we care about, I mean, I guess, do we care about this water? I guess, Absolutely. I guess so. My main reason for caring about the water is the possibility that being non-aggressive towards the wolf in a way that it understands might get us yet another, another ally, baby. <laughs> yet another. <laughs> the whole zoo. Like, it's worth noting, at this, like, at all times, trundling behind us is a skeleton <laughs> holding an orangu tiger, and there's a germ hanging out as well, and a funny monkey just climbing up and down that skeleton the entire time. So, we could have an entire posse. I, yeah, I would love to see the art of this. So bad. Anyway. Warily, you approach the pool, your hands on EJ's hilt. I really wish you'd stop doing that. I'm ticklish, buddy. Your eyes flickering free frequently in the direction of the wolf, which, however, continues to ignore you. Cautiously, you hunker down and cup your hands to scoop up some of the water. Still, the wolf does not move. You taste the water and discover, to your amazement, it has a flavor somewhat similar to a cherry cola. Yummy mummy, even. Oh my god. Raps? I just... You know that, that sound you just heard 30 mm -hmm. seconds ago? It's a cherry cola. That was a yummy mummy? That's a cherry um... cola, baby! Like, I opened it when we got to this page. That's crazy. That's kismet. This is like, oh, it's it's all wheat and sugar, baby. And a tingle. This should heal which, us for twice as much then. Yeah. Which starts at your, a tingle that starts at your stomach and explodes through your body in an effervescence of sheer bliss. Oh, hold on. Let, let me. Yeah, I'd say so. No yeah, wonder the wolf yeah. ignored you with all the water that it's been glugging. It must be stoned out of its skull by now. <laughs> But very healthy, since the water has the property of restoring you to full life points if you're a bit down. And if you have a water skin, a whiskey skin, or a wine skin, you can carry away enough of this to restore all of you to full life points six times! Oh, wow. Oh, if only. You know what? I mean, can we get the orangutan to just drink enough of it that... <laughs> That it can mama bird us full health if we need it? 
I mean, if only. That's tough. Can I feel a jumping bean? It's important. This is a Mexican jumping bean. It's yeah, yeah, parenthetical. Yeah, yeah. Can I feel that? Uh, I don't think so. All right. What if you just soaked the rope and then wring it out every so often? We can't cheat, Raps. It's Dang. all wheat and sugar, baby. You can't. All right. <laughs> um. So that that exhausts the forests. That does indeed. Which means, question mark. Which means we are heading back to thirty six, and we can take a. Uh, we can go to the river. We can go to any of the hills on either side of us, or we could go to the cliff face. Uh, in the southwest. Uh, I kind of like the river. Since Let's do it. We can actually we employ the use of a boat. One would hope. A strong undertow carries your boat northward at a fierce rate of not A different boat, mind you. Slamming it through the fog bank as if something on the other side was drawing it like a magnet. So quickly is the craft traveling that when it beaches on the other side with a thud, you are flung forward violently onto your head, a development which causes you to lose consciousness... Until such time as you awaken on page number eight. Uh-oh. Yep, which would be the very first map that we landed on uh, that we took to the Brimstone Lake, if I recall correctly, going from the Brimstone Lake to the other area. Gotch. Uh, should we go to the river on 27? or? So if we do go to the river on 27, I imagine, uh, especially given that the other one was in the north and this is in the south, that we would be able to uh, row our way back to where we came from. And especially because we're now on the side where the boat was originally gotten from the, uh, the Lady of the Lake. Yeah. I think we'd be able to do it. Let's go to 27 and figure it out if we can do it that way. Otherwise, we could just go through the portal again on the whatever, but 27? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 27. You're standing on the banks of a very wide, slow-moving river. A low mist obscures the vista of the southern bank, so you have no means of telling what lies on the other side. By dint of dropping in a nearby stone, you ascertain that the river is quite shallow, at least near the edge. You might like to try wading across on page 30, swimming on 34, or if you happen to have a boat of any sort, you could sail across on 39. Hey, 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 hey! Woo! We've got a fold-up boat! Fold-up boat! Heck, we probably got the original boat from the other side already over here as well. All right, the collapsible boat bobs buoyantly on the bosom of the broad river, almost causing you to throw up from excess alliteration. <laughs> but you don't. Fortunately. And soon, a strong undertow has carried you out in the middle of the river, where you notice steam rising from the surface of the water and experience a distant jump in temperature. Distinct. But a boat designed for a brimstone lake has no difficulty with the little thing like boiling water. Oh, does it not have trouble with boiling water? Book? Does it? <laughs> huh? And then why could... Hey. <laughs> and carries you obliquely but safely to the southern shore. At this point, you realize the mist you saw from the northern side was not associated with the southern side at all, but actually hung over the center of the river and is obscuring the lands to the north. You beach your boat and look around you to discover the scene so ably delineated on page 36, which is the big map on the other side. Mm-hmm, back in the valley. So we have two unique options available at this point. We have the hills to either side of the current valley or the cliff in the southwest. I'm, like, not attracted to the hills because they are two and they are both 50. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, same reasoning. I, I, Could I pass out why that reasoning is good? No, but it lives <laughs> within my soul. So let's head to the cliff on 54. Yeah. <clears throat> 
The cliff face rises sheer above you, too high and dangerous to climb the full way, but with what looks like a cave opening about 25 feet above your head, careful inspection suggests you might manage to reach that cave if you give it your best shot. You can give it a try on 43 or just go back. If only we had some sort of a climbing monkey. Yeah. I really not hope gonna that's, let us use. that's referred to here. Yeah. 43. Clinging like a fly to a cliff face. Huh? You realize abruptly that this is a good deal more dangerous than it looks. Even if you are about 15 or so feet off great ground level, dangerous and difficult. Now might be a good time to roll two dice to find out if you even make it to the cave. Five or better, you drag yourself to 46. Less than five, you fall back to 54, losing seven life points. And we can keep trying until we die or quit. Gonna do it? All right. Um, five or better, Rats. Two dice. Hey, that's a seven. That's better than five. Yee-haw. Let's head to 46. How? There's a feline reek about this cave that's faintly disturbing, even though you are quite fond of pussycats. You turn back to the orangutiger. I, yeah, hi, buddy. <laughs> but for the moment, you ignore it as you look about and get your bearings. The cave is about eight feet deep, its floor littered with smallish bones of some wild animal lived and ate here. But there are two low-roofed and narrow crawl spaces in the back wall of the cave, leading deeper into the cliff. The question being whether you want to risk crawling into either crawling into either of them, or if you want to investigate the left-hand crawl space, turn to 53, right on page 60, or leave them both severely alone, things will get complicated. Climb back down, throw two dice, five or better, you can make your way down unharmed. Okay, yeah, same thing as getting up here. Mm-hmm. 46, 53, 60. I mean, if we think of a compass as, you know, the, the rotating clockwise north, east southwest uh then the eastern direction here is right on 60 there's also only one right way so and that was right so it works for me page 60 the crawl space runs south for a considerable distance growing consistently narrower and more claustrophobic then suddenly emerges into a broad east-west corridor like which you've never seen before or wanted to see for that matter the entire corridor, walls, floor, and ceiling is constructed from human bones and skulls. To the east, the corridor ends in an ironclad door. The west is a staircase of the same bone and skull construction as the corridor. Not the most cheerful place in the world, Pip. And quite possibly not the safest either. Some of those bones look fresh. You can always zip back down to 46, select a different option, or you can try the door on 64 or staircase on 56. Hmm. The staircase is constructed out of bone and skull and... The door is iron. I wonder if that's a slight hint in some way. Maybe. Towards what and what it hints? No clue whatsoever. I mean, we are looking for a way to stop the Legion of the Dead. So I don't know. Going to the ghastly staircase in a way is, I I don't know. I feel like either is fine. You know what? Executive decision. I would like to try the door first in case we walk up to it and it's like, there's a key. Go get the key. All right that down 64 you die crunch 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 the sound make made by your boots on the bones as you walk down the corridor sets your teeth on edge you reach the door and hesitate should you knock should you heck mutters ej rudely kick it down and savage anything that comes at you which may not be bad advice although the choice is up to you knock politely on 67 or kick it in on 74 oh i mean there's definitely one of these options go big so Kick in the door, baby! Kick in the door. Kick in the door. Kill the nice person in the door. The door falls inwards with a resounding crash, and before you can regain your balance, something slim, white, and hideous leaps towards you, screaming, 
You're making far too much noise in this place, and that is a dreadful disgrace. For if I cannot save you, you will end in your grave, you. And that would be a gross loss of face. End in your grave, you? What sort of rhyme is that? As the answer occurs to you, your blood runs cold. Only one creature in the face of the planet could create such a dreadful verse. The poetic fiend, who has now even has you seized in an iron grip. You can swiftly bite the hand that holds you on 79, or do a cunning judo throw on him, or you could just stand there peacefully like a moron and see what happens on 99. It's never gone bad. Yeah, we, we're friends with the poetic fiend. It's appropriate here to stand there dully until he uh, proceeds. Yeah. You freeze, the gloved hand still over your mouth. Not a word. The fiend whispers in your ear. For though it is absurd, there may be monsters listening in who would have you quick as sight before you'd even begin to fight. You cringe at this appalling dog rule, but the hand comes away from your mouth, which is something. The fiend smiles at you. A sight to chill the blood. Then gestures towards a small cupboard at the back of the chamber. He obviously wants you to climb into the cupboard. This is going too far, you can tell him. If, if this is going too far, you can tell him so on 111. Or if you'll climb tamely into the cupboard, go to 121. We have never been led astray by the poetic fiend. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm more than... Re I, we have let him possibly betray us infinite times, and every single time he's been like, Well, here's all the tools you need to win the game. Goodbye. All right. With a distinct feeling, you're making a complete fool of yourself. You climb into the cupboard. The fiend climbs in after you and closes the door. <sighs> there. He breathes. That's better. Far less chance of being overheard. Overheard by whom? You ask grammatically. Lotus. Mutters the fiend darkly. Who's Lotus? Legion of Dead Intelligence Service. Yeah, spokes mainly. They're very good at spying. But they can't get in here on account of the spell that I've written on the wall. He points. Written on the wall are the mystic words. It's, yeah, I mean... What it is, they, uh, spooks yeah. go home backwards. Very impressive. You admit? But now you've got me in here. What is it you wanted? Only to be of assistance. The poetic fiend tells you effusively. You and I do go back a long way, after all. So, I've composed a special battle ode specific to this adventure. Would you like to hear it? Or would you prefer to boil yourself in tar than eat your own feet off? But perhaps oh. you'd better listen to the rubbish on 140. I just like him, but okay. Exactly. And the book is so mean about the poetic fiend and about his prose. And I'm like, look, I understand this is a bit stilted, but dude's sick as hell. Why would you dislike him? Yeah. Let's see. You're... <sighs> if you can't stand the thought of another of the fiend's unimaginably bad poems, you're free to pronounce the magic spell, which is You Can't See Me Backwards and John Cena and slip out of the cupboard and the room, leaving you to climb the ghastly staircase on 56 or wriggle back down to 46. You can select another option. I, I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with him. Why would I... 140. 140 this ode. percent interested. The fiend grips his right lapel with his right hand, throws back his head in a heroic pose, and declaims, Caesar at some jam forte, Brutus at erat, Caesar thick in omnibus, Brutus thick in air. Thus read the motto dreaded of the Legion of the Deaded, 
which the greater confidence you can now face since I have composed this ode just in case. I came across you in this adventure or at the zoo, and you were feeling blue or frightened in this region for fear of the dreaded legion. Marvelous, you exclaim. Wonderful, you cry, beginning to applaud. I haven't finished yet. The fiend says coolly. Sorry. The fiend returns to her his heroic pose and continues to declaim. But now your worries are few, for I have composed this magical protective ecket over you. And if you can discern it, all you have to do is learn it, and by chanting it at the enemy, you'll nearly be sure to beat him any day. Huh? <laughs> for when you come right down to it, this incredible magic poetry can save your life, although it doesn't make you any harder to hit. It is without a doubt the worst poem ever composed by man, beast, or fiend. It's so bad that when he stops speaking, you can actually hear the cockroaches throwing up in the crevices of the walls. <laughs> that was awesome! You tell him breathlessly as your eyes alight with the phony glow of admiration, but for real though. Such style and panache and uh, such depth and uh, such feeling! S such a masterly command of metaphor and meter, such such brilliance, such poetic genius, such... Eh, rubbish, mutters EJ, but fortunately the fiend doesn't hear him. You're too kind, murmurs the fiend modestly. But don't forget what I said about memorizing that poem. It really is magic. If you can recite it perfectly by the time you meet up with the Legion of the Dead, you will be absolutely immune to any magic that might otherwise kill you outright. Oh. I'm afraid it doesn't do anything about combat damage or even life points. Uh, or Sorry, even magic, which takes off just some of your life points. But any magic which would otherwise instantly kill you, ah, uh, doesn't do that anymore. What a marvelous gift from the good old poetic fiend. Thank him nicely, take a copy of the ghastly poem, and memorize it quickly before you meet up with the Legion of the Dead. Meanwhile, you better say farewell to the fiend, get out of the cupboard, and get out of the chamber, and decide where you want to zip down to in the crawl space of 46 or a different destination, climb the ghastly skull and bone staircase on 56. I'm down to. Absolutely. I'm just noting this down. I believe the relevant passage is the uh, Caesar Brutus, Caesar Brutus lines at the very start. Yeah. Because <laughs> the rest of it are descriptions of what it does, so I have to imagine that's not included in the body of the text. <laughs> yeah, I'd assume so. Let's get to this ghastly bone staircase. Sorry, there's skulls in that staircase as well. Bone and skull. Bone and skull, bone and skull. Crunch, crunch, crouch. Two, no two ways about it, Pip. Bones make a rotten building material. Food, your foot has gone right through one of the steps. And with all the noise you're making, there's no way you're going to creep up on anyone. Or anything. That might be waiting at the top of the steps. But you persevere, as all great adventurers should, until you reach a narrow landing at the end of which is a heavy door. Similar in many respects to the one at the other end of the corridor below, but guarded and guarded by the oddest creatures you've ever seen. Two skeletons dressed in Roman armor. And somewhat rusty Roman armor. And carrying a battle standard which displays a vulture and the Latin motto, Caesar et sum jam forte. Above the vulture are ornately embroidered initials LOD, which you might be forgiven for thinking could stand for the Legion of the Dead. Each of those unearthed soldiers is armed with a Roman short sword. There's no need for you to get yourself slaughtered by tackling these two nasties since they only attack if you attempt to pass through the door that they're guarding. If you can crunch back down the weird staircase, you'll check out the door in 64, return via the crawlspace in 46, 
and select another option, as against all the sensible stuff, those two definitely look like dead legionnaires, which will justify you tackling them on 71. I mean, I gotta say, if the Legion of the Dead and the, you know, the power structure of the Legion of the Dead is gonna be anywhere, it would be in a Skull and Throne area guarded by dead Legionnaires. Yeah, I think we go for it. Let's do it. 71. Ah, Sam Hawk Cygnus Victiminus. Scream the skeletons as you launch yourself upon them, voicing a very threatening Latin war cry. Get knotted! You scream back, voicing an equally threatened Saxon one with which the battle has joined. Each skeletal guard comes fully equipped with 30 death points and the rusty little swords that do plus two damage, but apart from that, you don't have a lot to worry about. If the guards kill, you go to 14. If you survive, get through on 82. But that's it? Okay. Yeah, I really thought they would be much more threatening than that. Uh, they got a two. Uh, not not to be uh, too far out of the canon of what we're looking at, but uh, look slightly across at a word that I'm very oh, yeah. excited to have to read. Huh. <laughs> oh, a two as well. That's a push. Another two. Six get wrecked. <gasps> right. Ooh, uh, also, yeah. outside of that, we should consider, uh, <laughs> do we want to even bother trying to roll the germ on these? Because if yeah. we roll two and do half damage, that could suck. Eh, we should. We're not going to get a snake eyes. I'll roll. I don't get a snake eyes, but also don't get five. I got a five. Fair enough. Should we sick our pal on him? Our own skeleton on him? Oh, Um, yeah. I don't think we need to. However, we could sick the funny monkey on them. They only do damage every second round. Although, hang on, that would have prevented our ability to first strike. So I think we would have had to try the funny monkey first. Okay, okay. And then what's the skeleton? The skeleton literally just takes our command, enters a battle if we should like, has 30 HP, hits on a 5 plus for plus 2 damage. That's it. That's that's his whole thing. I mean, I do like the idea of a Pokemon battle, but I also think we should just fight him. They're not scary. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, also, if they're hitting on a 6 and they're doing plus 2 damage, they are going to need to roll higher than a 9 in order to do any damage. So 10 is for 1 damage, and then upwards from there. I have news. They rolled a 10. We take one damage. <gasps> ah, say it ain't so. We're down to 36. I will not go. Oh, Turn the lights out on these guys with a following 10 from EJ. Buddy absolutely parries away a blow that uh, already struck us. I'm going to say that that was uh, bade for our neck until it sliced just very slightly the, the thickest outside layer of the skin as EJ parries it away and just stabs straight into the sternum of the first of these dead legionnaires for a total of 11 damage. Sick hit, EJ. Uh, they get a... It's more of a crunch. There's probably some arrow in there. They get a three. <laughs> That's true. So we're going to heal off of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. EJ has relentless fury and continues taking it down the enemy for two less damage than last time. A total of nine. They are down on 10 HP. Any strike against the first legionnaire will now make them unconscious. That is another 10 right back. We'll lose one HP. Before... What did you say? Get knotted. Get knotted. Is what they say. Um... I, I, uh, get pommeled? Hmm. And we just crack the Legionnaire on the head with the pommel of EJ, and the skull splits into dust. Legionnaire one down. We now have 15 experience towards our next level. The other one gets an embarrassing four. 
seeing his, his friend get killed. Turned up to work today. Yeah. Oh, EJ is still hyped off of the madness of crushing the skull of the legionnaire to the left and does maximum damage as a result with this bravado and force to the legionnaire on the right with a uh, eight plus five, 13 damage, taking him down to 17. All right. I get a nine, which is not damage, right? Yeah. That's <laughs> oh, the highest they can roll without doing damage. This armor is nuts. It's busted. Um, we don't manage to strike them back. EJ oh. is taking a little bit of a rest round, kind of self-congratulating. Hey, you saw what I did there? That was so cool. Oh, boy. Snake eyes. They... I... I want them to hit us. I feel bad for them. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> They're just stumbling the and bumbling around, he dropping their weapons, tripping the over them. He drops his sword on the ground, and then he puts his arms out forward and slowly steps forward like a toddler, and then his foot kicks the sword further. <laughs> oh, jeez. And starts falling down the, the bone and skull <laughs> clang, clang, stair. Clang, 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 clang. Uh, EJ strikes back for a total of five, leaving the enemy on 12 as a, a very unimpressive hit. <laughs> That's a four. Yeah, the sword's still falling down the stairs and he's bumbling after it like a child. That was a gift. <laughs> <laughs> My father Regnumum gave that to me. I need it back. And with this damage roll... Excellent. Uh, noting the, the direction in which this dead legionnaire is moving and and uh, having heard the dead legionnaire's uh, elegy for the weapon that had been lost, uh, EJ's like, eh, you know, I'm pretty sure he's just going to keep following that way. Eh, just stick me out to the side. What? Just stick me out to the side. Sticking EJ out to the side, we trip over the legionnaire who falls no. down the entire stairs adding his own skull and bones to the staircase yeah. as he falls yeah. and crumbles. There's definitely like a Scooby-Doo style <laughs> as it happens to. <laughs> oh no. That's uh, Legionnaire number two, experience point number 16, and page number 82 where we can go through to the door where they're guarding. Crunching your way over to the heap of bones. Over the heap of bones, you push open the you turn the handle and push open the you try to push open it. What a swizz. After hacking up Boney Maroney and partner, the door is locked. No, it's not. Locked tight shut after all the trouble you went to. Not locked. To down the guards. Did somebody say something? Yes. You look around for the source of the little voice. Which actually seems much inside your head as outside it. But can see nothing to explain it. It's a magic door. The voice says, you don't push it, you don't pull it, you lift it. And you can only do that if you know exactly how much it weighs. Well, how much does it weigh? You ask aloud, wondering if you're only talking to yourself. Ten pounds plus half its weight, says the little voice. Seems simple enough. If you multiply the weight in pounds by ten, divide the answer by two, and goes to the section number indicated, you'll find yourself magically permitted to pass through the door, or badly lost if you've calculated the wrong number. All right, all right. Time to show exactly how bad I am at maths now. Again, still, still bad at maths. Um, I wanted to be an engineer once, Rito. Yeah. Despite I... that, I don't know why. Uh, ten pounds plus half its weight. Okay. So, 
its weight is W equals I mean... uh, 10 plus half W. So W over 2. Multiplying 2 by uh, 2W equals 20 plus W. W equals 20. Just minus W from both sides. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust the engineer. Okay. So then we have to multiply its weight in pounds by 10, which would be 200, and then divide your answer by 2 to go to 100, I think. The door slides smoothly open to reveal a giga-brained engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Small barracks and a deserted barracks at that. What a swizz. You imagine a room with two skeleton guards and a magical lock would contain something pretty important, a magical artifact of vast power, several gallons of healing potion or a few million gold pieces at the very least. But no, what we have here is the bunks for sleeping, a wooden table for communal eating, a few rickety chairs, a number of wooden lockers. Most of them open and obviously empty. A chest full of old boots and a rusty sword with a badly cracked blade. If you want to waste time searching the place, go to 115. Otherwise, go back to other places we've already been. So 115 works for me, if it works for you. It does indeed. Goodness gracious me. As Indian adventurers, I want to remark. It always pays to search thoroughly, doesn't it, Pip? Here, you were you told us, book, you told us that we were <laughs> stupid. <for that. laughs> it's never worth it to do it. Anyway, here's the secret. Here you were, half thinking you might throw your hat at it and go home and, un- and you have unearthed in one of the closed lockers a copy of the marching orders for the Legion of the Dead and a kosher copy, too, since it's sealed and stamped with the official vulture insignia and Legion motto. Brutus et irat. What an amazingly fortuitous find. Hurriedly, you rip open the document only to discover the rotten scribe has written it in code. Uh, and it's very long. It is indeed. So you stare at the paper with sinking heart, not because the coding really worries you. Since you're an adventurer whose intelligence and perception is matched only by your wit, charm, good looks, and supreme fighting skill. But because the signature at the bottom of the sheet, the spidery handwriting is unmistakable. The Legion orders are signed by... In General Merlin. If this shock of revelation kills you, go to 14. <laughs> Otherwise, you may check downstairs door at 64, return to the crawl space on 46. So, uh, this is a big old code. Mmm, big old code here. We have absolutely no letters in this code. Um, no numbers? We have a, a, a dominant amount of Cs which would start to make me think that we're looking at a bump two cipher and that's an A otherwise. Uh, I don't think it is because there's CF, which would be AD, add. That's not a word. What could CZ possibly even create? CZ could create by, B-Y, as, as a bump down by one cipher. Ooh. Which means G becomes F, B becomes A, M becomes K? No, L. F-A-L-L-E. Fallen. Yep, okay, it's definitely it's definitely a bump down by one cipher. Uh, I think I might actually just be able to modify my cipher decryptor here to solve that by simply adding a new object to the alphabet. Oh. You can't just add a new object to the alphabet, Raps. They just... They worked hard on I can, it. and I can, and people have done it innumerable times over the course of history. <laughs> no, it's the, it, it came out like that. 
They patched it a couple times, sure, but you can't just make a letter as good as the others. Except, you know, it just... Like, see what happens with the, the great W entry of <laughs> 96? Uh... When W came that, out, that was a debacle. There was, was a, already a U. They're like just they, they let they let someone's kid into the meeting room and said, "Yeah, I like my favorite letters. U. I like it. I want two of them. Double U's." Mm-hmm. Like, all right. Well, you're the king now, despite being six. <laughs> I guess we'll do it. This is long. It is. One of the words near the bottom says boobdle. Boobdle. <laughs> boobdle. Okay. <clears throat> I have the full text. Oh, I've been uh, transcribing it this whole time. You mean I've been wasting much? <laughs> it's all good. I, I have the full text and I have it. Uh, it only makes sense if General Merlin has signed these orders. Uh, <laughs> I, yep. Sorry. I have it too. <laughs> Fallen comrades, in preparation for our assault on Avalon, we must march south and establish new headquarters beyond Loch Ness. The entrance will be magically guarded, but the password will be left in the Loch Ness monster who will be instructed to give it to no one except in return for one of Widow Wobbly's chocolate donuts. Thus, we will safeguard our new headquarters from attack by strangers while permitting easy entrance by tardy legionnaires. So that is a... That is a, a, a mission right there, a quest right there. So. Mm-hmm. That, that's like literally all the information we should theoretically need to persist. Beyond Although, obviously, Loch we have to find Widow Wobbly. Ness, beyond Loch Ness. Loch Ness is a donut. Chocolate donuts, specifically. One of Widow Wobbly's chocolate donuts. I, wow, I, what I just wrote down in my notebook, someone looked at my notebook, they would say, you'd need help. I'm gonna, yeah. I know that you're, you're uh, doing therapy, but I'm gonna sign you up for a, an extra helping. Because Loch Ness <laughs> needs donut, donut chocolate from wibbly wobbly widow <laughs> have you considered one of those uh, uh you know uh one of the one of the one of the therapies where you stay with them uh and you're not allowed to leave the grounds <laughs> have you considered one of those yeah i tried they said oh boy get this guy out of here <laughs> oh boy chocolate donut oh, we've seen this boy. before this yeah. is gonna work Oh boy, widow wobbly chocolate donut Loch Ness monster pass secret password from the Merlin Legion of the Dead son of a <laughs> Okay, buddy. Alright. What's all this about an artificial oddbog? Those are real, you know. Yeah. Uh I guess the question I have is how do we get to Loch Ness? We're in Scotland, right? We are indeed, so one would assume we are closer than we have ever been before. It's also whether over the river to the north is still Scotland. No, wait. It's, wait, no. Hang on. The river is between Scotland and hell. Because the other one's hell, right? Brimstone and everything? Yeah, I guess so. Huh. Strangy. But yes, no, we're, we're certainly in the, in, in the area at the moment, which means maybe we have to check the hills for a new location. Although we do have the alternative path in the crawl space as well. Yeah, I wonder, because I'm looking at the original map we have. There's the yurt encampment there, which I guess I thought was what they were talking about. 
mm-hmm. here in a way, but there's no like Loch Ness on that map at all. Hmm. I think for the moment, uh, we should guide ourselves back to a main area. We don't need to check the downstairs door, as we already did. Uh, so we can head to the crawl space at 46, which I believe has an alternative exit on the left. Yep, 53. 53. At times like this, you always wonder if it was a good decision to risk crawling ahead into the first, fir- head first into a terribly confined space with hardly room to swing a sword. You know, I wonder if it's wise crawling in here head first with hardly enough room to swing me remarks EJ annoyingly. You ignore him and keep crawling until you suddenly catch sight of a pair of luminous green eyes in the darkness ahead. Oh, good grief. Eh, groans EJ, and he may have a point since you're now faced with a wildcat with 20 life points and plus one claws. Normally you wouldn't have very, you'd have very little trouble, but since you can't use EJ in this confined space, you're now fighting the savage little brute with your bare hands. Needing a six or better. Or we could sick our Pokemon on him. Mm-hmm. I like the Pokemon sicking. I'm going to roll very first for Germ. Germ connects. The enemy is going to be doing half damage this entire fight. Now, Funny Monkey. Funny Monkey connects. The enemy is only going to be doing uh, damage on every second round. We're not attacking first, though. They'll be attacking first. Uh, and then do we want to send in the uh, Orangu Tiger? I guess we can try. Uh, unfortunately, the Orangu Tiger doesn't want to fight. So uh, should well, we then let's then send in the skeleton. The skeleton? <laughs> Send in the bones. We have too many friends. <laughs> I'm ready to help you, Jam and Funny Monkey. All right, and it gets a five, so it doesn't even hit on this turn. <laughs> I know you can't hit me. You swing in between my rib cage. Um, the skeleton is going to attack back. Hits on a five plus plus two damage. <laughs> that's certainly a five plus when you roll a nine. That's four damage above and plus two six damage against the wildcat. Alright, we'll roll again because we skipped this turn. I've sent you down to 14! Not the page though, HP! Unfortunately this time I will only do two damage as I barely connected. Oh, no! Yeah, that is a crit. That's a 12. But it is half. Seven? Seven, half. I'm going to assume that rounds up, so I'm going to take four on the skeleton. No, my death points! (laughs) Oh, wow, we crit right back. Have at you, fiend! Uh, And in doing so, rolls seven above the hit value of five, plus two, nine damage. Taking, uh, oh boy, taking the wildcat down to unconscious. And then I'll just finish you off. No, 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 wait. That one's an animal. We leave those. Uh huh. Three. Oh wait. Oh wait. Oh, I missed it. I, oh no! no, no you're, you're unconscious. Uh, no, this is three. <laughs> to, to resist being unconscious. Mm, unfortunately, you need to roll a seven on one dice in order to be uh, resisting the unconsciousness here. Let me try. Let me so, try. if the Five. wildcat kills us, turn to four. Yeah. Uh, if you survive, you find yourself a little scratch up fifty-eight. Yeah. yeah. Now, this is interesting. Beyond beyond this point of your encounter, the crawlspace widens slightly, then ends abruptly, but not in a dead end, for you are definitely facing a small wooden door decorated with a rather attractive painting of a water lily. You push the door, but it does not open. Although, from your hand, you immediately sense a tingle of magic from the wood. You're looking around for a key. Or even a lock. When your eye alights with a crumpled piece of parchment on the floor in the tunnel. 
This, it transpires, is a note apparently left by a previous adventure, the note which may or may not be in English reads, Hootsmon, if you didn't can get to get through this door, look at yon water lily and riddle me this. If it were grown on Loch Tepsy and doubled every day until it covered the entire of the lake in 60 days, what day would it have the lake half covered? When you have the answer, add 16 to it and the magic of this number will take you through, okay? Okay. If you're growing on activity, double every day and cover the whole lake in 60 days. So I, I want to say day 59, right? It's, it's doubling every 60 days. What day is it half covered? The day before it's fully covered. But what if it gets to 75% and then it doubles then and it's it's you're trying to get over... It, it seems absurd, but 59 plus 16 is probably my guess uh, for 75 I mean, it sounds right to me. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Let's do it. It's the classic, uh, the man puts all of his rice on the chessboard, and he's like, oh my god, mm-hmm. put all this rice on That's my chessboard. <laughs> How'd you put all this rice on my chessboard? I'm trying to play a game here. Uh, There's more rice on this chessboard than there are atoms in the known universe. How did you do this? How did you do this, man? And then he flips the chessboard and says, I don't want to play chess with you anymore. You always do this. You always you always just materialize infinitesimal amount. Infinite, like It must be so small. Just tiny little pieces of rice. And it's so hard to clean up. I don't want you to play understand. with you anymore. Vacuums aren't invented yet. Vacuums aren't invented yet. I gotta pick it up manually with tweezers. You don't understand how much of my time I spend on this yeah. rice. Do you know how many people I have to get to 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 pick it all up? First, I start with one, and then I double it, and then I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. As you pronounce the magic number, the door shatters explosively. Some magic can be very violent if you aren't used to it. You stand dumbfounded, but. Behind it lies a smallish chamber piled high with more loot than you've ever seen in one place since you stumbled on the treasure house of Grot's tomb. Gold coins form a massive heap in the center of the floor, supporting a life-size jade statue of a very fat, cross-eyed, and somewhat underdressed woman who seems to be chewing on a human thigh bone. Beside the heap are jeweled artifacts of every description, each one quite possibly worth a king's ransom. In the far corner is a scrap of threadbare carpet, obviously chucked away by the previous adventurer in order to lighten his load. A not unimportant consideration, since there is limits to the amount of rubbish you can carry on an adventure. You can help yourself to the golden jewels on 85, put away the life-size statue on 95, or you can leave them for the carpet on 105. Ooh, I mean, I don't know why I feel so pulled towards that carpet. Yeah, that's, it's gotta be the carpet, because they're trying to undersell it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, it's, the, it's the, the only cup fit for uh, Jesus in... Uh, <laughs> What is it? Indiana Jones and one of them? Indiana Jones and the one of the ones. <laughs> the, the Indiana Jones and the case of the uh, reptile room, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you Jones. have chosen good, is I think what he says. Yeah. You, you, you did well, bud. Sick you, work. You did it. Uh, if only I could say the same for the poor Baudelaire orphans. I, I think it's how... It, <laughs> <laughs> it's something, something, something. Peppermint candy. Uh, you misspelled the letters. Leech Lake. Uh, Lemony Snicket and the Holy Grail. <laughs> I'd watch it, read it, 
do all of it. Um, Absolutely. Anyways, uh, you can leave them both in favor of the Threadbare Carpet on 105. I mean, we can, right? I want mm -hmm. it. Absolutely. I'm going to drink from this carpet. You reach for the groaning piece of carpet, intending to perhaps roll up a little gold in it, and something absolutely dreadful happens. Your hands touch the material, flash of bright green light erupts, filling the chamber momentarily and turning every last piece of gold into slag. You stare about you, stunned, all that lovely gold gone, what was left wouldn't even be worth a tuppence to a coal merchant. Although there is still the life-size jade statue, which might be quite valuable if you... Uh... The jade statue's crumbled into dust. Had glued any if you had any way to glue together particles of dust. Weeping, you begin to bang your head violently against a nearby wall, and the carpet streaks from your hand and insinuates itself between your head and the wall. You stop banging and stare at it incredulously. That's a flying carpet pit, says EJ in amazement. I think you're right. You nod, staring at the levitating carpet. As indeed he is. The carpet, if sat upon, will do the whole Arabian Nights bit and fly you places which might otherwise be difficult or dangerous to get to. A fascinating and potentially useful find. And one you should use when the time comes to leave this cave complex you're exploring. Meanwhile, you should now backtrack to 46 and select another option. Well, 46 will take us back to the full entrance, and instead of descending by climbing, uh, they are insinuating here that we should be using the magic carpet. We do that. Which means we are now capable of going anywhere that is connected to uh, 36, which means hills or bust, basically, at this point. Are we going back north? Hills or... Hmm. I'm just... Where is... Yeah, where's Loch Ness? Also, I think like... it's possible we should check the, the hills, and then if it's not the hills, I'm thinking maybe north and then the stones, because those have been teleports a lot of the time as well. The rock formation? Yes. That's how Is we that got here. Came... Oh, okay. Well, they, 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 point yep. well defended. They yep, teleported yep. us good. Yep. All right. Heavy go on these hills. Not that this one is particularly high or particularly steep. I wish it was because we have a magic carpet. But the ground beneath your feet is rocky where it isn't covered by heather and... Stop making excuses. Mutters EJ, who likes to practice the mind-reading tricks he's learned from Merlin. You're just uh, out of condition. Too many jam buddies than boil sweets, if you ask me. Although you haven't asked him, you refuse to rise to the bait and continue onwards, a little breathlessly, until you reach the summit. And well worth the effort it was. Below you stretches a panorama which could turn this whole place into a tourist trap if it was properly publicized. To the north meanders a broad, slow river, its north far bank obscured by mist. Northeastward stretches the dense forest, what's uh, concealing what appears to be a ancient castle at its clearing in the heart. Below you, the valley cuts southwards towards a broad plain, but forks southeast and west before reaching it. The southwestern pass looks safe enough and opens eventually into a plain. Southeastern fork, by contrast, is blocked by landslides less than a mile beyond the junction, and before that point is even reached, the route looks very dangerous indeed due to falling rocks. Uh, hmm. There is, however, nothing of great interest on the summit itself, so we just have to go elsewhere. We're just done. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Should we perhaps you're Yeah, let's let's ford the river north on our collapsible boat and then head to the yurts. Uh knowing that all of the pages in the interim have literally nothing that yeah. we need to account for, let's head directly to twenty-two. And theoretically we could encampment. We could treat the uh the the magic carpet like a, a Pokemon that knows fly. 
Yeah, and like a Pokemon that knows fly, it can only go to towns you've been to. Uh, it's the remains of an encampment, all right. Not the Leech of the Dead, perhaps, but an encampment of some sort. The tents are all black, made from the skins of some obscure animals. Uh, the style of the tent, they call a yurt in Outer Mongolia. Could this be Outer Mongolia? Seems unlikely. While the camp seems deserted now, there are indications of recent habitation, notably a cooking pot still overturned on ashes that are still warm. You can have a look inside the cooking pot or the tents themselves on 26, wander down the river 27, or hike back to 8. Hmm. Let me mark this You know thing. what? So, I, I feel compelled now to, you know, yes, north, yes, east, but uh, choose explicitly with which of these is likely to give us progression. I don't think looking in the cooking pot's going to do anything for progression. It's Searching true. the tents, though? Maybe. At this point, we are looking for the wibbly widow. More or less. Mm, you don't make donuts in cooking pot. Well, maybe. Well, I guess you do fry a donut. So. Well, you ever, you ever made a donut, huh? That's true. I apologize. Yeah, only in my car. Vroom, vroom. Um, okay. <laughs> or search to the tents themselves on 26. Uh, yeah, I think so. Because 27 is the river. We've already been. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually more than happy uh, to get into gear and check the cooking pot now. <laughs> would you want it all right vroom, vroom. this is really gross there's a man's head in the pot with an apple in his mouth for decoration plus bones fancy eating some poor adventurer they didn't even bother to shave him before cooking either gross not really remarks the head which seems to be a bit telepathic i was actually hiding in here rather than being eaten really you acknowledge politely from whom were you hiding oh uh. You haven't really been here long, or we didn't ask that. Says the head. Everything in this place is lethal. What you need is the amulet of Gnar. It will keep you safe from the worst of the nasties. You mutter hesitantly. I have to find the Legion of the Dead and save Avalon, so I don't really have much time for going on in quests of some sort. Oh, no, no, the amulet's quite easy to find. You simply divide 30 by a half, then add 10, then go to the section indicated with which the head closes its eyes and, to judge from the snores, falls asleep. Divide right, by so a half? Yeah, divide by half, I would understand as divide into two, but divide by a half makes me think that we are multiplying it by, uh, what? So d divide by a half means that you... Wouldn't you multiply it? Add a... I don't know. I guess it's multiply by two. That's what I thought. I mean, which would be just 70 but yes yeah. so that that would be uh 70 in total let's see if uh, 70 is a page is like uh amulet there's a blinding flash of light a deafening clap of thunder and the sky spits slits splits down the middle and the ground beneath your feet turns inside out a deep masculine voice who without apparent point of origin booms who dares disturb the sleep of Gnaw? You reach for EJ in sudden alarm, but he's shivering in his scabbard and won't come out. You shake your head to clear and discover you're standing on a featureless, well-lighted well plain devoid of vegetation. Striding towards you is a totally bald club-wielding giant of extremely threatening aspect. Around his neck hangs a crystal pendant which reflects beams of terrifying light. He halts and stares down at you. Another one come to steal me, Hamlet, he says. You shake your head hurriedly. Oh, the me? <laughs> Good heavens, no! Wouldn't dream! He is not listening. All the same, you adventurers! He roars. 
Think just because you've solved some little silly puzzle or another gives you the right to steal people blind. Let me tell you, it does not. He removes the pendant from his throat. Turning momentarily bright blue in the process. And sets it down carefully behind him. If you want that, he says, you'll get it over my dead body. Which may, of course, be arranged. But do you really want the amulet that much? This bozo is gigantic. Looks as if you're going to have to fight him without EJ, who has chickened out with a vengeance. If you wanted to try and go ahead, go to 81. You can turn your back on a hassle. And the amulet. By chanting the magic words. <laughs> Sorry, wrong section. And returning to 8. I, I think we do it especially because we have ways of getting around it. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Let's do it. 81. How about you, baldy bonds? You scream, launching yourself bravely upon him, utterly determined to tear him apart with your bare hands since your rotten sword has chicken. Hey, I haven't chickened out. He hisses EJ. I'm just having a little shut-eye, that's all. Since your rotten sword... Oh, huh. Transcription arrow. Since, quotes, since your rotten sword is having a little rest. With EJ's help, the giant gnar would be difficult to handle. 50 life points. An impossibility for anyone other than a giant. Strikes on a 5 or better. Does plus 4 damage. And without EJ, you need at least to sit... Well, we're going to do it differently. If your incredible fighting prowess, not to say remarkable luck, wins the day, things might look brighter on 88. So let us commence the zoo attack. Mm-hmm. First off, jump. Ooh, that's a nine! Half oh. damage for this big old dude. Then, the funky monkey. Bad's doing funky monkey stuff. <laughs> if the enemy rolls a single 12 in this fight, though, the funky monkey will die. Oh, no. Um, should we send the, uh, Orangu Tiger at it? I think so, right? We should try. <gasps> That's a 10! The Orangu Tiger decides to join this fight! <laughs> so he needs a 6 or better to hit, right? Uh, yes! Well, that means that the, uh, the giant Nah is going to need a 6 or better to hit as the Orangu Tiger is lithe and wiry. Oh my god. The full zoo came to play. So we do have to give up initiative, which means he goes first, and he gets a four. <laughs> you I'm supposed to be a boss. <laughs> the the Tiger is going to manage to hit, unfortunately not for a huge amount of damage, only striking here for four against the Nah. But every, every bit's a good bit, down to 46. It throws its feces, but it's kind of tough with a paw. All right. It rolls a seven, which is damage. That is a five. That's five damage. Uh, Is that post-halving? Oh, five damage half. No, three damage. Uh, so the orangutan has 30 HP, so I've got to start a stat for him as well. Perfect. <laughs> Striking back with an eight. That is four, seven damage back. Ooh. To the gnar, taking them down to 39 as a sharp claw is slashed across its chest. Also just realized you should have rolled twice the last time too, right? Oh, yes! So I'll take another attack because I am an attack round down, and that is courtesy of the funky monkey, meaning the enemy does not do anything every second round. <laughs> exact same amount of damage, so it's another slice across the chest in the other direction. All right, and then does it go again, or I've, I've lost track at this point? Yes, it's it's now its turn. At 
is a nine. So that is <gasps> seven, four, it's four damage. 23 HP remain on the Orangu Tiger, who's going to take two attacks in a row here. <gasps> uh, goes for a full 11. That's good. That is a 7, 3, 10 to the enemy, taking him down to 22. The Nar is officially bloodied. And a 7 to follow up for another 6. The Nar down to a total of 16 remaining health points, under a third now. Ooh, baby. That is going to be a another nine. So that this is... guy actually would have been lethal as hell if we encountered him before having the entire menagerie. It's true. This would have sucked. Uh, so nine, which brings us to another seven, four, right? Four. Mm -hmm. 19 on the Orangu Tiger and two attacks from the Orangu Tiger to... Ooh, that's that's barely a strike for four damage, taking the run down to twelve. I'm gonna say that that was uh, just a swift kick in the shins, and then an eight as a follow up. I don't suspect this is enough to put him down on the ground. Four, seven, seven. Ah, it's exactly enough to make this Nar unconscious. Actually, um, so I'm gonna say that uh, after the swift kick in the shins, the Nar started to, uh, as a giant, obviously. Uh, bend down like ooh, ah, ooh. and uh the orangu tiger took that as a uh cue to climb up the gnar and hang around its throat just gently choking the life out of it until it collapsed he rolls a three he's dead <laughs> it's a call man. right it's a call man. sorry 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 uh you've got to roll four more on that one i need a i need a seven to so he resists death it's it's a bad listener callback. Uh, anyways, we win the day. Things if we win the day, things may look better on eighty eight. Mm -hmm. The massive body of Nar dissolves in a slight flash of blue and green light, leaving behind a gigantic bonker and an amazingly large bottle labeled "The Best French Medicinal Brandy," made in Japan, and a rather attractive amulet he was wearing around his neck. You eye the bonker with interest. Hey, just a minute. EJ protests. And it wouldn't wouldn't take a little rest? Just when I need it the most? You remark innocently. Not, no, 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 no. And it wouldn't talk much either. Snaps EJ sullenly. But the club is in any case far too large for someone of your size to handle. So that you turn reluctantly to the brandy and the amulet, both of which you find are very, very valuable finds. The Japanese-made French brandy is of such a high quality that one slug will immediately restore you to full life. And while Nar has been tip tippling a bit, there are still four slugs left in the bottle. But there's one drawback. One is also enough to get you drunk. <laughs> Unless, of course, you are an Irish adventurer. So that you are automatically missing every third blow in your next combat. The Amulet of Gnar has no such drawbacks. Roll two dice and double the results to determine how many medical charges are left in it. With each charge, you may... Oh, 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 whoa, whoa, what? Yeah, how about you, you run down the list? Wow. Okay. With each charge, you may restore a double dice roll of life points, or add a further two points of damage to anything you might score in a particular combat, or create a thousand gold pieces to add to your store of booty. Or add or subtract one from any dice roll you may make, whichever is more favorable to you. Or double your chances of a friendly reaction so that you roll twice for an enemy instead of only once. 
or increase your chances of knocking out an enemy by raising the KO figure from 5 to 10. Wow, some amulet. Take it back to 20 before you lose it. Oh, boy. I... Okay, so roll two dice to double the result to see how Three many medicine charges left in. Sure. I got a four. I got a two. Um, so we have 12 charges. Ooh, that's still that's still so good. Uh, it is. I postulate one of these being better to use now than later as mm -hmm. a possibility because we are currently without gold. Uh, we are not currently without gold, as oh. we did not have to pay the nerd after we got the bribe money. So we have a... Whoa, no, 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 you're monkey. right! We spent that! Yes! So, like, maybe... I guess we could, like, theoretically spend that charge... I guess there's nothing stopping us from doing it in as a response, though, I guess, because... Yeah. Yeah, yeah because you so... can, if you can add or subtract one from a roll, which, I mean, I, I love that. Mm-hmm. So then I, we might as well wait so until we this has to be able to be used as a free action yeah. response. Otherwise, most of these don't make sense. However, we should uh, figure out between the two of us, how do we deal with the double uh, dice roll of life points? Because if we have 12 abilities to just heal for free in a fight, nothing will ever touch us. Wait, hold on. If the Amulet of Nar can be used as a response, can it be used to heal in combat? I guess it probably can, like, truthfully, but that seems, if it can do everything else Bust. in combat, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's broken. Like, I think this is, mm -hmm. hey, this is the final book. Here's all of the most broken stuff because we know you can't, like, just, you can't do the loop in your head of thinking of bringing it with you. Of which yep. I do also wonder if we technically have the tingle ring, you know? Like, I think there's a, I would, or, I, I don't, would love we if don't we did, it. but... Yes. It's it's certainly unnecessary for our, our full uh, cavalcade of friends here at this point. Yeah. But we have it, and it's um, nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, uh, I've, I've, got, I've got those noted down, and it's full effects. We've got four charges of the brandy, 12 charges for Nah, and Nah is at will. Let's uh, head back to 20 before we lose it. All right, 26 then, to check out the yurts. Mm -hmm. This is sort of... This is a sort of dry land Mary Celeste situation, Pip. Inside the tents are clear indications of people, warm sleeping pallets, half-eaten meals and the like, but not a single sight nor sound of a single living soul. Or a dead one, for that matter. It's as if the yurts are the remains of a thriving colony which was wiped out so abruptly there was no one left to tell the tale. But speaking of the tale telling, there's one fascinating clue that might be going on in the shape of a diary you find in one of the tents. Leafing through the pages, you discover for the records of the life of a nomadic young herdsman from Outer Mongolia. Outer Mongolia? I thought those yurts looked Outer Mongolian, but this really can't be Outer Mongolia, can it? Whose tribe lost their way in a freezing sandstorm and found themselves in this horrid place. Which obviously isn't Outer Mongolia then, although exactly where it is, the writer has not the least idea. The account outlines several dreadful perils, faced and overcome. But noticeably, a vast octopus, octopus, octopus rift, uh, octopus, which lived in a bottomless chasm and a flatland maze in which some of the tribe's best people were lost forever. Reading it, you cannot quite make up your mind whether it is fact or fiction. The style is pedestrian, like one recording the most mundane of matters, but the content has a distinct flavor of mythology. You turn quickly to the final entry in hope of discovering the clue of which of what happened to these people, and the last page reads. 
And so, having determined the only release from this wretched place must lie south of the Great River, we have made camp on its banks, none daring to brave the deadly minnows therein, and seek a plan which will allow us to safely cross. All have been charged by our chief to think on this matter, and all do so as they go about their daily chores. There is a noise outside. I shall go to investigate as soon as I complete this section of the record, since it is obvious that- And there the record ends. But what sort of idiot writes down our clunk splat gurgle at the end of a diary when something is obviously trying to murder them? Relegating uh, this puzzle of the growing list of the world's greatest unsolved mysteries you leave this yurt. But where to? That remark about the crossing of the river it must sounds interesting and must be close by on page 27. Yeah. Um, interesting. Did we miss something on the other side of the river? Uh, boy. I can't think of a single thing that we missed on the other side of the river, which, um, is slightly concerning. I mean, we, there's one place we have not been still. We've not been to the, the cavern. Oh, as in on this side? Yes. Yes, the cavern entrance on 12. Well, I mean, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, I, I I suppose there's only one way. Uh, that's strange. Remarks EJ as you reach the cavern entrance. What is? You ask. I could have sworn back there that this wasn't really a cavern entrance, just a, a picture of one, cunningly painted on a lock, uh, on a rock rather. Seems all right now, though. You've got funny eyesight, EJ. You tell him severely, although now he's mentioned it, the cavern entrance does look a bit odd to you, as if it wasn't an entrance at all, but rather a picture of an entrance cunningly, cunningly painted on a towering rock. Yeah, I expect you're right, says EJ. Are we going into the cavern? You're welcome to try going in on 16, but it does look more like a cunning painting, so you might like to poke at it with EJ on 18, or better yet, ignore it and go back to the map. You know what? Recognizing that EJ might have been right about this in a way that we hadn't expected, I think we want to prove that to him and use him uh, to to test it. Worse for me. Were you so right about that, EJ? I mean, sure. What have you done to me? Screams EJ thinly, and no wonder, since he's gone completely two-dimensional, like a drawing of a sword. You stare at him in bewilderment. He's a shadow of his former self. You can say that again until the effect wears off. And it will take two fights to do so. EJ will require an 8 or better to hit, and will actually deduct 1 from any damage you even score with him. So you decide whether to enter the cavern on 16 or return to the map on 8. Huh. Uh, so we're using fire fingers and fireballs for our next fights. Or our summons. Ooh, yeah, I forgot about our summons. <laughs> uh, I mean, which, I, mean... I don't think it's going to go well, but I'm looking at my book right here and I'm like, ooh, boy. Not that many other options. I think we've got to persist. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's become a drawing. All right. Link between worlds, if I me. It's how you get to the puzzles that are on the same horizontal plane, but not move any vertical planes. It's like you turn into a drawing. Ouch. The last sound was EJ. Or possibly your good self, but it sounded more like EJ. Exclaiming in some surprise as you walk smack into a cunning painting of a cavern entrance on a large rock. This experience removes five life points. If it kills you, go to page 14. If you survive, you have a very interesting choice on page 23. I'll be judged that. Ooh, very interesting choice on page 23. I'm keen for it. Holy cow! As Hindu adventurers, I want to remark. Something very odd has happened to you. You mustn't get too worried. But the fact is, you've gone too dimensional. You look like a drawing of an adventurer. 
Quite a good drawing, admittedly, but not exactly what you'd call a bas-relief. The good news is that in this form, you can move about the cunning painting of the cave as easily as your three-dimensional self could move around a real cave. The point is, you want to move around this two-dimensional environment at all, you can risk it on 28 or go back on 21. Slide like a shadow back out of the entrance on 21. Have we been to 21? Uh, no. So that's going to be a, uh, a, a new uh, entry for ent uh, exiting this two-dimensional version. Uh, what are you feeling? I mean, we gotta persist. Alright. 28. What a peculiar sensation in this two-dimensional business is, to be sure. Walking feels like sliding, and you have this weird feeling of great weight on top of you, as if you were in a cave. Which you are. A million feet underground. <clears throat> Which you aren't. Looking around, which leaves you with the faint sensation of tunnel vision. You can see this flat passageway running north, south, and east. You can also see what appears to be a drawing of a dragon sliding towards you. A fairly small dragon, admittedly, the type with stubby wings, but who knows how much damage a drawing of a dragon can do to a drawing of an adventurer. Still, if you want to explore the drawings of the passageways, you're going to have to find out by staying to tackle the drawn dragon on 31. Or you can opt to leave on 21. Probably stay, right, at this point? Classically. How about you, fearsome... Drawing of a dragon? You cry thinly. I will hack you into a drawing of several pieces with my trusty drawing of a sword. I really wish you wouldn't go on about drawings. EJ grumbles. I mean, listen, this has got nothing to do with droids. It's patently obvious that we've entered a different space-time continuum in which multidimensional reality is limited by the considerations other than those embodied by Einstein's discovery of E equals MC squared. Shut up, EJ! You tell him tiredly as you fling yourself sideways at the dragon, which has a drawing of 25 life points and teeth so sharp they will do you <laughs> plus three damage. Perhaps, fortunately, it will not be able to ignite its methane in two-dimensional form, so you don't have to worry about the fire breathing. Uh, if you survive, you have to make your next important choice on page 33. So, all right, let's send some folk at it. Uh, first off, germ. Germ does not connect. Secondly up, uh, funny monkey. Funny Monkey does connect. And let's roll for the Orangu Tiger. That doesn't, so we send the skeleton in instead. Yeah, it's my turn to fight. All right, he attacks for a... Okay, that's um, that's an 11. So, <laughs> that's eight damage. Uh, halved because of the... Oh, we're dead, nope. not hit, never mind. No, that's eight damage. Oof, my bones. The skeleton is now down on 18. Uh, right. Time for him to strike back, though. And uh, two times as well, as uh, the enemy can only act once every half round because we did connect with the funny monkey. Ah, ha, ha. Two can play at that game. The skeleton crits. Uh, hits on a 5+, plus, so that's 7 for plus 2, 9. 9 damage to this drawing. All right. Taking them down to 16, and then we follow up with a second attack. Oh, don't think you've got away just yet. Yeah. Holy cremoli. Um, The skeleton <laughs> rolls an 11, doing oh, only oh, one less damage than Briar for a total of eight to the enemy, taking him down to also a total of eight. The drawn of the dragon draws up an embarrassing five. Bleh. <laughs> Not going to hit me like that, buddy. Uh, the skeleton only connects for its bonus damage here, which is unfortunately not enough to make it unconscious. Takes it down to six, but if we connect with our next attack, 
Oh, and we absolutely do. This drawing of a dragon is now a drawing of a dragon with X's over its eyes and a gravestone in the background. And he dies with the three on his gravestone. Uh, and we must make the important choice at 33. With a drawing of a slain dragon curling around the edges, you slide EJ into his drawing of a scabbard to make your decision on where to go. North to 35, east to 38, south to 40. Gotta be east, right? 38? Indeed, just writing them down. Sliding eastwards along the tunnel, you notice several drawings of bats flying past you to one side. This being the best they can do in a universe which lacks an up. I say! Calls EJ, who in some moods will talk to anything. When does this passage take us out? Dirk, at the gate of hell, if you're not careful. Squeaks one of the more garrulous bats. Sounds ominous, but having come this far. And not really knowing how to reverse easily in a two-dimensional world. You continue onwards until a drawing of a tunnel mouth heralds your arrival at your destination, and plop, you squeeze through and return at once to your true three-dimensional form. The tunnel entrance now being no more than a dark patch on the ground, before you, a few hundred yards away, stands a looming rock formation, which you may examine at 17, providing you survive the loss of five life points, to return to normal. Right, okay. We've well, been to 17. Uh, I guess we've got a... Yeah, we have. So we'll lose five instantly, taking us down to 25. If we want to enter again in order to take one of the other directions, we're going to have to lose another five life points. Uh, probably should, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. We can head effectively back to 33 as we've already slain the dragon, but now we're down on 20 HP. I suspect it is time to roll the dice! Yeah! Free. Uh, oh, wow, four healing? I'm going to use the dice again. This being the dice that we discovered much, much earlier. Uh, cool. We heal for a total of 10 between the two of those charges. We now have four charges left on the ivory dice. Uh, so should we go to 35 or 40? 35, that's north. Yeah, it's true. Sliding north along the two-dimensional passageway, you become suddenly aware of something sliding towards you. This is obviously a residue of your old three-dimensional awareness, since you can't actually see anything yet, having become noticeably myopic since your own lost third dimension. You slide out EJ in readiness and continue onwards until an approaching something suddenly comes into view. At first it looks like a simple line, but quickly resolves into a drawing of a salamander, which eyes you warily. Where do you think you're going then, you audible little person? It asks in a rolling Welsh accent. You sigh. Slide aside, you tell it, else I shall be forced to hack you about a bit with my drawing of an extremely skillful sword. Oh, thanks. This is EJ, who sounds rather pleased. No need for violence, Flathead, remarks the salamander. I'm here to help you. I may appear rude and angry, but it's only because our team lost on Saturday, look you. A drawing of a Welsh rugby nutter by the sound of it, and a strange one since you don't get too many salamanders on the terraces, but time enough for philosophy when you've gotten the measure of this thing. Very well, you say. If you're here to help, then help. The drawing of the salamander clears its drawing of a Welsh throat. Don't trust the lady of the lake, it says and slides, as and slides aside to let you pass. The Lady of the Lake, wasn't she the one who gave King Arthur's sword Excalibur and helped you quite a bit in the Castle of Darkness come to that? Not trust her. Might as well decide to mistrust your granny. You side 
Slide cautiously past the salamander wary of an attack, but none comes. Slide onwards and are eventually rewarded by the sight of a drawing of a distant light. You slide even more quickly towards it, and you reach the tunnel exit. A drawing of a narrow slit, which, being two-dimensional, you can squeeze through quite easily. Back in three-dimensional form on the side of a hill overlooking a brimstone lake. Behind you is a narrow slit quite impossible for you to enter. Your stomach turns over, depositing five life points on the ground. If it kills you, go to 14. Otherwise, make your way to the slope of the brimstone lake on five, which we have been. Mm -hmm. I got a bad feeling about this. I need to look at I got a bad feeling, too. 53 hill. Real quick. 53. Oh, no, that was... I marked on the wrong thing. I'm just looking at all of these other... The other options I have. Okay, well, that is the treasure room, of which we can't really take another choice. 118. What did we have there? That was uh, the uh, the entrance hall for the officials in the castle that no longer exists. Yep. What about 67? What was this? That's, that's meeting the poetic fiend. Oh, boy. I know we still have the one more path inside there, but I'm, I'm just examining while we... Huh. Let's see. Have we been to... 43 yes well i'll tell you one thing i have to use the restroom so i maybe we'll maybe we should i'll do that sure, sure. and we'll figure out what we've missed uh over a little tiny break one second eureka they say um i brute force looked through every page we've been to and found a very sneaky hidden little thing that we just didn't I didn't write down because it was on a page where it was like you see this to the north this to the west this to the east this to the south and all of the things all of the things except for one were just numbers that were already on the map that we could see so I didn't write down mm -hmm. the final thing which is uh we are back on page 36 which is the the map of the river, the valley, the hill, the cliff, and the forest. Just like the normal one we've been through. And on that, if you scroll down to the next page, it's cut off. It's annoying that you can just simply cut through the valley uh, at 59. It's just a thing we didn't do. So annoying, Let's but it. it's, a, it's a thing. So that's a thing we're going to do. It is incredibly rewarding to uh, find that we did have a path at the absolute least. Yes, that's that that helps, and it is across the like the fact that it's across the river too is great because everything else there was just like it. It felt like it was wrong. Uh okay. Anyways, this may have been a river valley one time, although the river's now long since gone. But it does cut deeply between the surrounding hills and provides an easy route southwards until it reaches a point where original... Well, we never would have picked this anyways. It's southward. Uh, it must have forked. For you are left with the choice of following two branch valleys, southeast or southwest. You look carefully for clues as to which you should take, but there are none, which leaves you with the straight decision to go southwest on 55 or southeast to 63. All right. One of these says east. One of them does. 63. I don't like the look of this. Mutters EJ suddenly. Look of what? You ask yourself, uh, although you're feeling a bit uneasy as well. The walls of this valley have an unstable look about them, and there's signs of... Oh, we had a... We actually got a hint about this. There's signs underfoot of frequent landslides. And the look of... 
But his words are drowned out by the sudden rumbling of thunder overhead, and you look up in time to see an avalanche of earth and rocks cascading down on top of you. So dig yourself out on page 14. You've died. When we climbed up the mountain on the valley, it actually mentioned right. that there were falling rocks to this direction. I should have known, but that's not going to stop me. good. But east. We've died for a third time, which is the same as having died two times, according to the dethometer. I mean, just like real life. Uh, exactly. The pass cuts south again. I'm assuming we picked the correct one then. Mm -hmm. Cuts south again some distance along, then opens up into a broad plain. To the southeast, a herd of wild horses is grazing, while process progress westward is barred by a line of towering cliffs. Due south near the horizon is a glint of water, as though a lake lay that way. Eastwards, you can see the rooftops of a small, rather crude village nestled at the foot of the northern hills. Almost spoiled for choice here, Pip. That's nice to see. Head for that village on 61, cliffs on 68, trudge in pursuit of the horses on 72, or walk south and hope you reach the water before you collapse at 77. So, the big things, we know we're looking for Loch Ness, but we also know we need to find a chocolate donut before we get there. Mm -hmm, exactly. Where's that going to be if not in a village? I've gotten all of my donuts in from horses. <laughs> Just pulling a donut on a horse. <laughs> Did you know you can drift this thing? It <laughs> leaves hoof skid marks on the ground. That's how you make glue. Um, okay, let's see. 61, 68, 72, 77. I'm making sure to write down all of these. Uh, but yeah, I'd say the village seems like it makes sense. A strange sound assails your ears as you approach closer to the village. A sound not dissimilar to the dying wail of an animated skeleton or the protest of a giant feline with its tail caught in a mangle. You stop absentmindedly, smoothing down your hair, which had naturally stood on end, and wait. The sound, which is definitely growing louder, if not exactly any more pleasant, seems to be coming from the direction of the village itself. Suddenly, a group of massive, heavy-bearded men lurch into view, kilts swishing, sporans swinging, dirks glinting in the sunlight, and bagpipes emitting their animated skeletal wail. The smell of whiskey wafts towards you like a rolling fog. There are perhaps a dozen of the men, pie-eyed with liquor but managing nonetheless to stagger more or less in your direction. There is no doubt that they have seen you, for those who have not got bagpipes in their mouth and are shouting greetings like, Robert Nick, Muckpip! And so on incomprehensibly, through the burr of accent and the slur of liquor. They halt before you, letting the pipes run down and drawing themselves upon a version of the military precision that would do justice to the Three Stooges. One step forward, salutes and falls over before another asks you from the ground. Is it the Macbeth? Okay, the new... You nod, uncertainly, having worked out this Scottish nutter seems to be asking your identity. Is it the legion you're after now? Asks another, still standing, and you nod again. Will you be paying a visit to Okmatoba Lognabury? You stare at him <gasps> blankly, then realize this must be the name of the village. Which doesn't answer his drunken question. Are you going to go to the village which has sent out this delegation of alcoholics? If so, head for 66, or you can tell them so on 73. Uh, for uh, uh, folks with their head on a swivel and uh, ears that perked up earlier, this is the word that I wanted yes. to read deeply. Yeah. Arknachtoberlochnaberry. 
It's it's no Welsh town. It's no you're down the river, one to the left. Also, you'll you'll meet a woman who has like a, a forlorn gaze on her face. Tell her the password, and she'll escort you down the river to the location you're looking for. Yeah. Oh my god. That the long one, the really long <laughs> yeah, one, yeah, the yeah. one that everyone knows that I don't. Uh, are we gonna go to the village? I mean, I assume so, right? Yeah. Only makes so. They've got to have a donut there. You draw yourself up to your full height, but still fail to get above the whiskey fumes, and announce, I shall be visiting Ochnatober Lochnabry. A ragged cheer rises up from those still standing, and the delegation mills around, tripping over its feet, and in an attempt to provide you with an escort. In the end, you tire of waiting and stride forward boldly, leaving them to follow, not in their own good time, but you have walked no more than a hundred yards when the th when there arises up from behind a hillock, one of the most terrifying sights you've ever seen. A bearded giant of a man with a fierce eye, knotted muscle, and spore and running, running badly to mange. He fixed, flexes his biceps and grins, showing you teeth that would do justice to a shark. Dinner you can no man where lassie passes in the Ochnatober Lochnabury without a wrestle with you, eat He asks. By the hokey man! As Celtic adventurers, I want to exclaim. Now that the name has been mentioned, you can see it is the Makhoot himself, the same champion Pogo Pogofoot <gasps> player that once drove you feet first through the earth into the series of tunnels which led you to the ghastly kingdom of the dead. Now it looks as if this muscle-bound idiot wants another sporting match before you proceed. To engage in wrestling with Makhoot, proceeding exactly as you would into combat, except bringing life points below 10 ends the contest and bringing them... Oh. Accidentally? Below zero will not cause death. The Makhoot has 35... Uh, muscular life points and grapple successfully on a five or better. Remember, you'll be fighting without EJ, so you need a six or better to grapple. No extra on damage. If you lose this silly contest, you will not be allowed into the village at this time, but must first examine the cliffs on 68, chase the horses on 72, or walk south on 77 if you win. And, and a natural 12 pins your opponent. You may enter the village on 78. All right. All right. Initiative, I suppose. I have great news. Uh, the first fight that we needed to use EJ in, we used all of our friends instead. The second fight, we can't use EJ. That's great news. I got a six. That's my bad news. <sighs> uh, wait, 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 wait. Should we consider... Because um, I don't think we can sub in the skeleton or the orangutiger for yeah. us, as in he's wrestling us. But we could definitely <laughs> give this guy a germ and distract him with a funky monkey. <laughs> It's like when I get into a friendly thumb war, I'm going to enact chemical warfare. And just... Oh, I spit on my thumb first every time. If yeah. I see anyone in my eyesight who looks like they might be, you know, down for some sort of thumb-based violent combat, immediately I try and yeah. uh, uh, inhabit the visage of someone who is clearly sick with something contagious. Yeah. I... I... First thing is I take my right hand, I lock it with theirs, thumb up at the ready, and then I pull up my left hand palm up to my mouth, ready with my lips pursed, and, <laughs> I, go, and I blow some asbestos in their face. All right, time to see if the asbestos works. Oh, it's the... Bestest. Oh, that's... Unfortunately, no. that's the asbestos. That's six. That's not going to hit with the jam. What about this funky monkey, though? The funky monkey does get involved in the battle at a four plus. That's a five. The enemy is only going to be rolling for damage once every two rounds, and he rolled a what? Five for combat? Stop. Six. Oh no! Wait, for no mind. 
He he has to get the initiative yeah. anyway because we use the funky monkey. Is a seven, which I think is nothing. Yep, that's not going to do any damage to us. Uh, that would try and do two, but we're rejecting even three more damage than that. Uh, right. Well, if we're striking straight back, we do one. Ooh, this is going to be a long fight. That is an eight, which is nothing. Wait, you also get to go again. Oh, yes. So uh, I'll take an attack before you do that, which is a seven for another one damage. Uh, and then your eight would have triggered, uh, which does zero damage. And then it's Roll two more attacks from us. Thank you, Funky. Uh, six, that does zero damage. We do connect with a punch. It just also lightly grazes the enemy to a degree that they take nothing to it. And then uh, we blow them a kiss for zero damage with a three. He gets a six, which is big nothing. Mm. So if he's hidden on a five or better, he has to roll an 11 to do one. We're rolling on a five or worse and doing zero. Wait, does he have a, does he even have a plus one? He doesn't. So he if he grapples 12? successfully on a five. Oh, on a five or better, no, I see. That's what, I didn't see it was yeah, a five or better. It's effectively a plus one for him. Uh, we strike again, right? Yes, sir. Unfortunately, EJ is also on strike. Oh, no. Obviously not in this fight. You roll it again? Uh, we've done no damage with both of our attempts oh, to strike no. him. Oh, <laughs> no. There's no damage back. What a great fight for. I'm going to offer the possibility that for time's sake, yes. we should consider Firefinger. Fire <laughs> yep. The next two rounds are just, you know what? Actually, we point out with the index finger of both hands and say, Firefingers! Pew! and fire 20 points of life off of Makut, uh, who then has only three HP remaining and is not unconscious. I rolled a million times and <laughs> never got 11. Uh, it just would have been tedious, is all it would have been. All right. Oh, he's not unconscious though, but we are on 78. You may enter the village on 78. A good sporting contest! exclaims the Makhout, untying his ankles, which you've knotted between behind his left ear. Are you be piping in the knee? With which he produces a monstrous set of bagpipes from his spore and marches off towards the village. Screeching and wailing like a demented haggis, you follow a little hesitantly, only to find yourself joined moments later by those of a drunken delegation who are still conscious, each of them singing lustily an extemporaneous ballad to the tune of a hideous highland reel. Oh, the heather and the haggis and the grouse upon the moor, and Mark Pippa's wrestled out in the glen, and the skirling and the pippin and the Loch Ness monster's door, and the hills around the fill with marching them. Blushing crimson with embarrassment, you creep along beside them, entering the village itself on 106. Weak. You're gonna blush with embarrassment because someone else had to sing that? I had to sing that, Pip! <laughs> uh all right so we are on 106 this is the worst laid out village you've ever seen it looks as though the planners were drunk and they probably were since you have made it here more or less in one piece you're free to explore anywhere shown on the map should you wish to leave you may examine the cliffs on 68 chase the wild horses at 72 or walk south on 77 i mean there is a general store here, and it's the only one that immediately leaps to mind as where I may obtain a donut. Yeah. 
There's a there's a haggis farm, which they apparently farm. I guess they do bury it. Uh, Moonshine <laughs> Distillery, a Black Mist Forge, a tavern, a duck pond, which we've seen previously. Uh, I believe this duck pond as well, actually. Have we not been here? I thought we maybe have, yeah. And the duck pond... Yeah! Well, it was a different On duck the pond that had... The dead. Yeah, it was a different duck pond, because it was the one that was... It was Glastonbury, actually. Oh, right, 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 right okay. And it, it's just, and it had the Loch Ness Monster bombs. in it. Exactly! was the yeah. Loch Ness Monster. Um, let's, uh, there's also Thatched Cottages, the Wee Kirk, and the Machute Castle. But 203, uh, sorry, 230 rather is the general store. Oops. Best bead on a donut. <gasps> uh, oops. Wait, which page? 230. 230. It's the time that you make a dentist appointment. Ow! Okay. I the legitimately store. had a dentist appointment uh, postponed until 2.30 at one point. I just, oh, I gotcha. The store, which when you reach it is barred and shuttered, you stand up staring at the nameplate. General Store and Bakery. Prop <gasps> W. Wobbly. <gasps> and wondering why you bother to check... but. The, out obvious dead loss areas like this pressing your nose against the glass you can see it contains a great many bolts of tweed spare parts for several brands of bagpipes stone jars for the maturation of whiskey and at the back trays of bread and cakes a notice pinned to the door says going to feed the ducks back soon it's unsigned well that's been a real ball of fire pip just the sort of boring old section that gives adventuring a bad name never mind you may find something more interesting on 106 we shall go we'll see yeah, duck pond, surely. The ducks. Let's feed the ducks on the 134. There's a duckling stool here, a sort of seesaw with a chair at one end, which they use to immerse people accused of witchcraft. And a smelly immersion it would be, judging by the amount of scum, slime, and weed on the duck pond. I wonder when this was last used. You ask EJ casually. Day before yesterday, says a cheerful voice behind you. You turn to find yourself facing a plump, elderly, gray-haired woman in a yellow apron. She's carrying a covered tray from which emerged the most delightful aroma of freshly baked donuts. She smiles. Donuts. It was me what they ducked, as a matter of fact. You're not a witch, are you? Lord bless no! She exclaims, shivering with laughter. The old widow wobbly a witch? What gave you that idea? The stool, ma'am? You tell her. It's the sort that they use to duck witches. Oh, that it might be, but they don't know about educated stuff like that up here. They use it on common criminals and the like. But you're not a common criminal, surely. That's what I told them, but they wouldn't listen. Once you're accused of anything here, you have to prove your innocence on the stool. Village law. So they ducked me and I didn't drown. So I must be innocent, mustn't I? Well, yes, you say unsurely. What happened that they accuse you? Thirty-eight of the villagers, a herd of cattle, and a cart horse all dropped dead from poison. They say it was my donuts. She remo removes the cover of her tray to reveal six chocolate and six cream donuts. Want one? She asks. Well, do you? You can munch on a donut at 162, politely refuse on 169, or take one for later on 177. One for later on 177, and we want a chocolate one, man, please. Yes. I'm going to mark these down just in case. I just don't want to get lost again. 
just in case we I, I can't imagine how it could be wrong but i'm now scared mm -hmm. 177 You're too kind oh thank you i, I got to also on this page as we started <laughs> yeah you You're murmur. too kind oh you murmur selecting your donut this looks absolutely delicious but since I've recently stuffed myself stupid with potato crisps and jelly babies, I think I should maybe save this for later. Otherwise, I might find myself developing a little bit of a, a weight problem. Widow Wobbly, who's visibly developed a slight problem of her own, obviously identifies completely with your attitude and beams at you like sunshine as you take your leave. And your donut. Note whether you picked a chocolate or cream, then bound lightly off to 106 to pick a different destination. I do want to say... Should we mm. perhaps chance a gander towards the lake and see, because it was on 55, you could watch walk south in hopes that you'll reach the glint of water? Yeah, but that, is that not 77 from that page? Yes, 55 to 77. It's, it's 77 from Oknoptober uh, Loknobri as well. Oh, great. Should we give that a... Should we give that a try and then see if we are met with the need to come back? Absolutely. SpongeBob, me boy. SpongeBob, me bob. Uh, trudge, 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 trudge. This stupid plane looks fit to go on forever. Certainly the glint of water you saw on the distant horizon isn't getting any nearer. You trudge onwards mile after exhausting mile, hour after exhausting hour, day after starving day, week after starving week, month after famished month. Oh boy. A trip which burns off no fewer than 25 of your precious life points. Oh, boy. Uh, if it kills you, turn to 14. If not, you'll be infuriated to learn. You somehow manage to return right back where you started from near the exit of the Northern Pass. To the south, there's an east... Oh, wait, there's a... This is a herd of horses grazing on 72. West is the towering cliffs. Small village nestled on 61. South, you see a hint of water, which, if you're really daft, you could try walking towards 77. Okay. Gotcha. Well, we're dead again. Oh. We had exactly 25 health points remaining That's after fine. our last adventure with the 2D, 3D translation. Um, I'm going to roll up for us a new hit point total, which I it's got to be better than the last one. Oh, it's already better than the last one. Cool. That is going to be 13 plus... That's 53 is our new hit point total rather than 37. Yay. Uh, and Yeehaw. we'll head immediately back to Oknotoba uh, Loknori. Um, what if... Oh, it's not even on the page. I do wonder if... Um, oh, it's on the... Wait. Oh. Oknotoba Loknori. It's on the map. But... Uh, oh, yeah. It is. Sorry. I, I was I was slightly congratulating myself for reading it from memory. Because oh, uh, <laughs> it wasn't on the page 77. Um, I but, have a uh, theory. Mm. They are really pushing these horses, and I wonder if they have some kind of yeah. homing system that takes us to across the plains. It, it could be that, or it could even be something as simple as they have the stamina to be able to actually get yeah. us past yeah. what we can't. I'm more than keen to meet these horses on 72. Using your best and sneakiest hunting techniques... You, for which you are world famous, you creep across the plain to a herd of wild horses, which spot you at once and gallops, gallop off, which sounds suspiciously like a giggle of amusement. But these arrogant equines may not stay amused for long. Roll two dice at once, score two, three, or four, and the horse laughs will be deafening, since you have no chance at getting near the herd. 
and may as well abandon the chase completely in favor of heading for blank, blank, or blank, the cliffs, the place we've already been. Uh, score five, six, or seven, roll again, eight to 12, and you find yourself a little out of breath on page 83. So, you ready? Who's, I'm happy who's to do roll this, for so you could if you should like. I'll do it. Roll for horses. Horse roll number the one, eight. Let's head to 83. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> I was expecting that to at least take another. So was I. I I was, uh, to the degree, ready to start deploying the Amulet of Nah. Yeah. By Gilgamesh. As Mesopotamian adventurers, I want to remark. You've caught a horse. Would you like to give it a nickname? Uh, it laughed so much at the way you approached that it fell over on its back, kicking its legs in the air, thus allowing you to catch up with it. Oh, God. Ah, oh, fair cop, says the horse, rightening itself, but still giggling a little at the amusing memories. You can talk? You exclaim in amazement. Ah, oh, no, only English, says the horse. I'm not much of a linguist otherwise, but, eh, hey, horses can't talk, puts in EJ. Yeah, neither can swords, eh? Snaps the horse. So I didn't hear you say anything, and you can't hear me telling you anything, because I didn't hear you say anything. Excuse me? You put in before a real hassle can develop between your talking sword and this talking horse. But would you mind carrying me somewhere? Oh, yeah, I can give you a lift south, whereas, uh, which is where I was already going, says the horse. Otherwise, nah. If you'd like to take it up on the generous offer, you can go to page 90. That's where we want to go, baby. Hoggity up. You climb on the horse's back. Yep. Says EJ wickedly. The horse turns and looks at him for a moment and then takes off south like a bat out of hell. You throw your arms around his neck and neck. Neck one. Just one. (laughs) This Hydra. This Heiss Hydra. Heiss Hydra. Horse Hydra. Sorry. Uh, Tomato, tomato. Hydra, horse Hydra. And just manage to hang on. It's an incredibly short space of time. The talking horse screeches to a halt in the banks of a broad lake. All right, this is as far as I go. It says. Everyone off. Where are we, horse? You ask as you slide down from its back. You know, the name's Bruce, actually. Says the horse. And you're on the northern bank of Loch Ness. Loch Ness. Echoes EJ. Isn't that the one with the... Yeah. Says, uh, sorry, Bruce, quickly. <laughs> but don't say the word. That <laughs> eats horses whole. Swords too come to that, and adventurers, so just mind yourself. You... Uh, you stare across the gloomy gray waters of Loch Ness, wondering, not for the first time, what life is all about. What are you doing here? Where are you going? Where'd you come from? When would it all end? I don't suppose you know anything about the Legion of the Dead, do you? You ask Bruce a little desperately. Oh, of course I do, says Bruce. That smelly lot spent days trying to capture me herd. Didn't really manage it, though. Their new headquarters are underground on the other side of the lock. They used to hole up in a cave complex a bit north, but uh, they shifted down here when they wanted to get ready to wipe out Avalon and murder King Arthur and his knights, raise Camelot and chop up the round table for firewood. He sniffs. Of course... The one they're really after is some idiot called Pip with a big reputation. Ah, what they plan to do to Pip doesn't even bear thinking about. Doesn't it? You ask in alarm. No, it really doesn't. Says Bruce firmly. I'll be off now. He rears up his hind legs and with a cheery... Hi-ho, Silver! 
gallops off back northwards, leaving you to figure out how to get across the lake. If you happen to have a boat with you, you may float it to 94. If you own a flying carpet, you may prefer to fly across to 103. A flying carpet's got to be better than a boat. One would imagine. Let's do it. 103 flying carpet. 103. Oh, no. Moans EJ, turning green as the carpet soars up and out over the threatening waters of Loch Ness. Below you, a monstrous head on a long, sinuous neck raises out of the water and snaps at you, but in vain, since you're flying too high to be reached. Whee! You exclaim as the carpet swoops and soars, turning EJ even greener, but before his upset can turn into something very serious. Like rust. The carpet drops down gently on the southern shore of the lake, leaving you facing a rather chilling sight on 123. Is this right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This has to be one of the most sinister sights you've ever seen, Pip. And you've certainly seen some, some sinister sights in your day, haven't you? A corpse propped upright by the means of a pole through the back of its jacket points stiffly up towards a skull-shaped opening in a nearby cliff face. Around the neck of the corpse hangs a crudely lettered sign stating, This way. Above the skull-shaped opening is a rotting battle standard featuring a vulture in a heroic pose, underneath which appears in the dreaded motto of the Legion of the Dead. Caesar sick in omnibus. Burr. But what are you going to do about it? Since it seems a bit pointless to go home for tea at this late of stage of the proceedings, you can dive into the sinister entrance of 143. If you want to put it off a little bit longer, you can see what's on the back of that notice around the corpse's neck on 152. Wait, so did we not even need the donut because we had the carpet? Was uh, maybe we, we might still need the donut for entrance to the new headquarters, which is what I expected it were for. Huh. Alrighty. Uh, okay. So, one... I mean, should we look at the thing around the corpse's neck? I mean, what's the worst Honestly, that's gonna happen in a fight? I don't think we need to, but we could. Yeah, okay, let's just... Let's go in. What could go wrong? Let's go to 143. Mm-hmm. You step inside the mouth of the skull-shaped opening. Not without a certain degree of trepidation. And find yourself within a perfectly square stone-lined chamber. Glancing back, you find another one of those vulture standards rotting above the entrance with the motto... Brutus sick in art. Turning back, you carefully examine the chamber, the floor of which is strewn with skulls and bones of previous adventurers. Not all of them human by the shapes of some of those skulls. Near the center of the room is a lifelike black statue of a corpse seated nonchalantly on a giant skull and admiring itself in a polished black hand mirror. Beneath the statue is the inscription, I wouldn't go any further if I were you, which I'm not. Beyond the statue of the south is an open exit corridor. In the center of both western and eastern walls is a set a door. A notice be be on the western door states simply, Keep. On the eastern door, similar notice reads, Out. In an unusual upsurge of good sense, you turn to leave, only to discover the massive stone slab has dropped down slight silently, sealing the entrance and trapping you forever in this horrible... You pull yourself together sternly. Chin up, EJ! You exclaim, Faint heart never won fair monster! And so saying, you step forwards bravely to meet your destiny. Which, when you get all this heroic bullshine out of your system, comes down to a choice between a door, uh, open corridor door south on 172, the western door on 178, eastern door on 184, or if you feel like asking for trouble, you can examine that lifelike, lifelike statue of a corpse on 192. Hmm... Hmm. I mean, there is an east, right? 84. I believe so. So east on, yeah. 
184 works for me. 184. There's nothing behind the door but a blank wall and what looks like, yep, definitely the remains of a spear trap. And a lethal one at that. Fortunately, some other poor adventure took the brunt of the spear. And presumably staggered off with it, still stuck through him. Since all that's left is a spring-loaded mechanism, which would have hurled it in your quivering flesh. Close shave, that pip. Close the door carefully and decide whether you want to leave through the southern corridor on 172, examine the statue on 182, or rest the western door on 178. So it's just a dead end. Which we love. We love for us. Mmm, good old dead ends. Uh, well, south or west are both bad, so maybe we'll look at the statue now. I guess that's true. We start with statue then. 192. This really is one of the ugliest, most unappealing statues that you've ever had your misfortune to inspect closely. Chiseled into the granite plinth are the words... Our founder. You kick the monstrosity, half hoping it might spring to life and give you a bit of excitement, but it just squats there ugly. Ugly. <laughs> ugly. <laughs> Not just a dead statue, it's a dead loss as well. You have the choice of investigating... Oh, okay, great. It's another dead end. All right, south at 172 or west at 178. If we like East the most, does that bring us to the conclusion that we hate West the most or that yes. we prefer horizontal to verticals? I, I don't think it does the second because we also have a preference of North, which means we do have, you know, like we do like both of those. We have a favorite in each. I will also say there's even a third reasoning of going clockwise around the compass. We go North, East, Next up, south. Yep, I'm with you. 172. You trudge down the corridor. Which is very chill, incidentally. For some 50 yards, at which points you encounter a guarded crossroads. Passages run due north, south, west, and east at their point of intersection, a small sentry box in which stands. Or is possibly propped. A most curious creature wrapped in head foot what appears to be metallic bandages. You peer at it closely, noting that it's not breathing and wonder if it's alive at all. And if it is, what on earth it could even be? I'm an armored mummy. The thing whispers in your ear as you press against its chest vainly, listening for a heartbeat. You leap back in alarm. I'm invincible and indestructible. The armored mummy tells you. The yummy mummy. I could, I could rule the universe if it wasn't for one thing. What's that? You ask, feeling like the straight man in a comedy act. I was taken off of the shelves in favor of Count Chocula and the Yoga <laughs> Mary many years ago. And as a result, I can't move. The Emmy Mummy sighs darkly and then adds, Doesn't matter. I can stop you going any further, which is some pleasure in life. Or death, depending on how you look at it. It coughs, a racking sound which probably gives a clue as to what killed it in the first place. Unless you have the password, of course. If you have the password, turn to 188. If not, you might like to back your chances of fighting your way past the mummy at 194. Or you can always backtrack to the entrance chamber where your options are to do blank, 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 which we know. Uh, so the password was at the with the Loch Ness Monster, which we just flew over. Mm, That's what the thing that's... said. It's... It said the Loch Ness needs the ch the Loch Ness monster has the password and you feed it a chocolate donut. So, so the magic carpet was a bad alternative there. I guess. Oh, so, boy. I guess Do we, we want to consider just like hard pushing through and like the we're only what are we going to take his word? He's inv invincible and indestructible. What if we like just flick his nose and he's like, oh, whoops, you got me. I think we might as well try and uh, we might as well see that it's a brick wall on 194. Yeah. 
You hurl yourself upon the armored mummy, sword flashing, head butting, feet karate kicking, mouth biting, fingers scratching, ears wiggling, and a little bit of bloodlust and excitement. Unfortunately, none of it does any good since the the yummy mummy, sorry, was telling the truth when it claimed to be invincible and indestructible. When you pause for breath, it reaches out one armored finger and flicks you almost idly all the way to page 14. All right. All right. So since we're Death dead, five. can't we theoretically go back through and get here not on the magic carpet, but on boat? Absolutely. Should we prefer to take the boat over the uh, Southern Passage? Do you know what page that leaves from? Uh, Should be 194. Or no, sorry, 94. 94. Excellent. Right, so this is at the end of the journey that Bruce took us on and at the very start of the lake, deciding yes. to go on the boat rather than the carpet. I don't like this. Mutters EJ as you launch the boat on the murky waters of the lock. You ignore him since he tends to get seasick on a duck pond and push off. In moments, a swift current has carried you well out into the lake. I don't like this one bit, says EJ. You ignore him, concentrating your whole attention on navigating towards the southern shore. Uh, excuse me. Not now, EJ. But I... Not now, EJ! If you want to throw up, just do it over the side. But, Bip, there's... Look, here, EJ... You turn in exasperation and find yourself looking nose-to-nose into the beady eye of the Loch Ness Monster, which is reared up like a nightmare immediately behind your boat. I tried to warn you, mutters Pip. But would you listen? Oh no, it was not now, EJ. And shut up, EJ. And don't bother me, EJ. All it needed was a little courtesy. But could you be bothered to give it? Of course not. You were way too busy with your own affairs. And now look at the big mess you got us into, huh? Kill him later, Pip. Right now, you have your hands full with the monster. You can strike the first blow on 109 or talk nicely to the brute on 117. Kill him later. Kill EJ. Yep, yep. Oh, I love it. Uh, we gotta talk nicely. This can't you know, go into combat and then just throw a chocolate donut into his gape and more. It's true. You could, but it'd be a skill check. Oh, hello. You say politely. Did you know that some people actually think you're a myth? Not me, of course. I always believed you were a genuine monster. Well, no, 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 hang on. Sorry. Not monster, exactly. Not really a monster at all, really. A, a genuine plesiosaurus. That's what I thought. An antediluvian survival, you might say, waiting to be discovered by Sir... Where's my donut? Asks the monster. You stare at this overgrown lizard in amazement. Where's your what? My donut! Exclaims the monster irritably. I shall give you the password without my donut. Donut password. If you happen to have a donut, go to one thirty-two. We, we do got need. a donut. We do need. There's a donut. One thirty-two. You produce the donut with a flourish, thanking your lucky stars. You did not succumb to the temptation of eating it. The monster appears at the offering short-sightedly. Is that chocolate or is it cream? It asks suspiciously. Well, which is it? If you're offering this Saurian gourmet a chocolate gourmand, a chocolate donut, leave to 158. If it's cream, 171. It's chocolate. I'm writing all this down. I mean, I'm still got to write down these options as formalities in case we've been lied to somewhere down the line, but hey. Mm-hmm. All right. The Loch Ness Monster sniffs suspiciously at the donut and then breaks into a beaming smile. A sight to chill the blood and no mistake. It's a good class of donut! It exclaims delightedly. My favorite, actually! 
with which it swallows the donut whole far too quickly to even taste it. Belches alarmingly, then reaches forward, and before you can do anything to stop it, takes your head in its mouth. Help! You scream and somewhat muffled cry on account of the position of your head, but the monster refrains from chewing and instead carries you at high speeds across the lock to deposit you gently on the southern shore. It turns away and spits a little on account of your hair oil, then remarks. The password's Googly Bong, in case you're ever asked. Googly Bong 22, to be exact. 220, even. Just in case that's the page he <gasps> ought to 220, apologies, yes. With which he holds his nose with one clawed flipper and dives beneath the surface of the murky waters. Leaving you with a look around you, with not without some trepidation, on 123. 123 is the sign that points us directly yes. to 143, wherein we have the opportunity to uh, approach the lifelike statue of 192. Our founder. Wait, uh, no, I, no, I seven, had that one seventy two. It's yeah, one seventy two going south instead of the statue. One seventy two. If you have the password, so we go to one eighty eight because we do have the password now. We do indeed. As you move past the armored yummy mummy, it leans forward to whisper in your ear. Add seven to the number given and the password. You can go directly to that section. All right. Hope you can remember the number. So it's two twenty seven. Add seven to the number given with the password. So it could be 227. It could also be 29. Wait, what? Right? Oh. Wait, what was the number? 22 plus seven? I can tell you it's not 229. So I, okay. I've just, I've just gone. So that'd be 227 then. The yummy mummy we grunts. Hope. You're right. Which is a pity because I was quite looking forward to killing you. That being my mean and nasty nature. It waves a bandaged hand vaguely. You can go on now. A thought strikes you and you clear your throat politely. <clears throat> uh, excuse me? You say? But I've always wondered why mummies wear so many bandages. Can you tell me? In my case, says the yummy mummy, I cut myself shaving. Boom, boom. Now come away before you con contract some noxious disease. Having pronounced the password properly, you're now fully entitled to and take the southern corridor to 232 or the northern corridor to 143, the western corridor to... Oh, no, you're not. Exclaims the armored mummy, yummy, mummy, grimly. I said you could go on, that's all. Which means you can go south to 232, and I suppose I can commit you, permit you rather, to return north back the way you came. But don't start talking about going east or west. Did I say you could go east or west? No. You admit. But- See? Says the mummy. You admit it. I didn't say you could go east or west, yet there you were, calmly considering <laughs> going east or west. That's typical of your age-reach adventurer nowadays. Give an inch and they take a mile. Now, you can go south to 232 right now if you'd like, with no trouble from me. But you go east or west over my dead body. Which might be arranged at 234 if you decide to fight the invincible armored mummy, or the, like the thing says, your options are limited on 232 or back to 143. 
Uh, I mean, 232 certainly seems good. Uh, I will note here, though, uh, for for uh, folk, uh, especially in the Commonwealth, I think is where this uh, show broadcast. Uh, boom, boom! After a uh, after a like uh, uh, like on the face of it kind of poor joke, a little bit like a bit of a cheesy joke. Uh, that's the catchphrase of Basil Brush, a uh, possum, I think. A, a possum puppet uh, that uh, aired in the UK and Australia. Oh. Probably other areas of the Commonwealth as well. Well, well, well. Look at you. Getting more out of the book than I got. How dare you? That's not I just, fair. I just wanted to make certain the, the yes. person in the comment section who's like, boom, boom. Wait, is that? Yeah. That's a Basil Brush reference. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, So, 1, 2, 30, 2, 32 then. 232. Even as you walk down the corridor, you are aware of a horrid wrongness about this place. Like a wedding ceremony being performed under by undertakers. The air, though dry, is sultry and thick. The way air gets just before a thunderstorm. There's a smell of decay about, a sweet corruption similar to the effect of a rat crawling in your boot to die. At the same time, the outer edges of your perception, you can hear just hints of a discordant music, as if choir bats were tunelessly humming the anvil chorus. None of this does much for your nerves, but you press on. Powdery mold begins to form on the flagstones beneath your feet. The sort of thing that eats its way through the leather sandals given half a chance and groans dramatically when you tread on it. There's a quiet but persistent gibbering from the wall on your right as if a small group of politicians had been immured for talking too much. The left-hand wall is silent but weeps incessantly and occasionally bleeds. Look here. Are you actually sure you want to keep going south? The option's still open to you at 2.35, of course. So you now see wow. what it's like you can wow. reconsider your options at 227 they're still giving us the big or home option here 235 yep 235 or 227 just write them down to the cap the corridor opens abruptly into a massive chamber constructed from stone blocks not one of which could weigh much less than seven tons a high vaulted ceiling soars away into a gloom supported by a colonnade of massive granite pillars leaning against each pillar is a skeleton not all of them human remains, either. Well, between them, ranged row on row, the weirdest armor you've ever seen. Soldiers dressed in a vast assortment of rusty armor and carrying ancient weapons. Every last man jack of them is long dead. Your eyes widen in amazement as they sweep across the vast array of upright corpses. Here are ranks of mummies. Here zombies. Here vampires. Here ghouls. Here are the Roman dead, the ancient Britons, the Gauls, the Huns. Here are the bodies of the tribesmen who fought the mammoth in the Ice Age. And here, a chill crawls up your spine for here and... Our faces, you recognize at once. The mad eyes of a black-bearded Anselm. The poor sign features of the phantom Grunweasel. Dum, 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 dum. The hideous visage of the maths teacher from the ghastly kingdom. Face after face, creature after creature, enemy after enemy, the scores upon scores of whom you met and vanquished all ranged against you now grinning inanely as they prepare to wreak terrible revenge on... Wait a minute, they're not even moving. Standing in rank in a massive army, but standing immobile, eyes sightlessly staring straight ahead, and not so much as a whisker twitching. Of course there's not a whisker twitching! Snaps a familiar voice as Merlin steps out from behind a pillar. They're dead, aren't they? Can't go leaping all about the place when you're dead, can you? It isn't done. No, 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 indeed. You take a pace backwards. But you're dead too! You protest. You broke your neck falling out of an apple tree. Oh, yes, I know, says Merlin. 
But it's different when you're a wizard. Now, I'm glad that you've come, Pip. I was just about to cast this spell to animate this lot and send them marching into Avalon. Now, since you're here, you can lead them. I'll make you a major. Oh, a colonel. You deserve it, what with all the hacking and slaying you've done. Send them into Avalon? You begin in amazement, then you notice Merlin's eyes, which look like something out of a 1950s B-movie about aliens who take over human bodies. They are 98% white, very round and staring. There's no doubt about it, your old friend and mentor, direct cause of seven of your very best adventures, has gone over to the bad guys. Admittedly, with the excuse of being dead, but unless his eyes deceive you, gone over just the same. Uh, excuse me, says EJ. Now, EJ, can't you see I'm wrestling with the greatest emotional decision of my entire career? Eh, don't be daft, remarks EJ. There's no decision at all. Either you kill him or cure him. It's far too dangerous to be left like that alone. He coughs. And while I'm at it, I might as well tell the word that activates the Lotus Wand as Hollyhocks. You stare at him, possibly wondering what on earth he's babbling about, but the situation's too desperate for anything but the essential questions. I'd prefer to cure him if I knew how, you say. EJ shrugs. Uh, sunstone should do it, provided you can hit him right between the eyes. But I can't remember if you picked one up on this adventure. Well, did you? If you did and wish to use it now, turn to one, two, 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 three, seven. We did, yeah. right? That was the reward we got from the yeah. crumbling that's, castle? That's the big one. And we didn't use it, so we still can. Yes, yes, this was uh, bestowed upon us by the Regnum Piscator, the Fisher King. Let's use it on 137. Sorry, 237. Two thirty-seven. I, I, I gotcha. With a movement so deft and nimble that the eye can scarcely follow it, you snatch the sunstone from your backpack and hurl it directly at the wizard Merlin. He screams in terror as the stone arcs towards him and attempts to dodge aside, but the gem is imbued with a will of its own and twists in the air to embed itself right between those two weird eyes. It sparks for a moment, then vanishes completely. What? Asks Merlin vaguely, his evil expression fading from his features. Uh, where? How? When? Who? The reporter's questions! Oh, never mind that last one. I can see it's who. It's Pip! Oh, yes, of course it is. Yes, 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 indeed. I've been dead, haven't I? Oh, slaughtered and kaput, locked in 14 with the key thrown away. But now I'm rescued. That's it, isn't it? What a lark. What to use? A sunstone, I'll be bound. Or possibly the goldstone of a purple giant. That'd do the trick as well. Although, of course, never mind all that now, Merlin. You scream at him in a sudden panic. We have to get out of here. Indeed you do. Throughout the vast chamber, the dread army of the vampires, zombies, ghouls, mummies, various other unsavory types of rotting corpse have begun to stir, animated by the power of discharge of the sunstone. Dead eyes. Worse looking than even Merlin's when he was weird. Are turning in your direction. Dead fingers are raising to point at you. Dead feet are beginning to shuffle in your direction. Dead... Uh, you get the general idea. You dive successfully for the exit, driving Merlin behind you, and as you leave, the horrid creatures freeze once more into immobility. Whew. Close call that, but at least it leaves you ready to move on to the section headed Pip Triumphant. Sam's a final boss. Undertale. We've done it. Pip Triumphant. It. it is no good. Exclaimed Sir Lancelot, who panicked easily despite his reputation. He wrung his hands fiercely and walked up and down with a tight small steps of agitation. Ah, we still do not have enough. On the jousting fields of Camelot, rank upon rank of armed and armored men were drawn up in battle order. Pikes, pennants stretched without end in the far horizon like a vast angry sea. 
Sunshine glinted on metal, huge brown patches of cavalry stood out among infantry, bobbing and ducking in time near snorting of the massive war horses. It was the largest, most formidable army ever raised in Avalon, and still the brave Sir Lancelot did not think it was enough. King Arthur sighed and turned to the tiny female with the pointed hat seated on a pony by his side. What do you think, Cody? Cody shrugged. She looked very tired and a great deal older than her actual age. He may be right, your majesty. It's no ordinary invasion. The Legion of the Dead is full of dead soldiers, as the name implies, and that makes them very difficult to kill. Then there's Merlin. The king sighed. Ah, uh, Merlin. His eyes clouded. Do you really think that he's turned against us? No doubt about it. Cody said. At least to all intents and purposes, he isn't the old Merlin anymore. Getting killed changes you. Yes, I suppose so, murmured the king. So we're up against all of Merlin's magic as well. I'm afraid so, Cody nods. King Arthur sighs. Better move the men out, he told Sir Lancelot. It may not be enough, but it's the most we've got. As I could ride back to my native France for reinforcements? Lancelot offers, but the king shook his head. No time. All the signs are that the King of the Dead, the Legion of the Dead rather, are about to march. Once that happens, they'll be here in a week. It would take you much longer than that to bring men back from France. I suppose so. Lancelot admits glumly. As the last of the ranks of the huge army marches from Camelot to take their places on the field of battle, King Arthur took Cody aside. What of Pip? He asked her in a confidential whisper. Pip? She asked. Dead and joined the Legion, I imagine? It's been far too long for a successful mission. King Arthur shivered. Oh, so we will have to fight Pip as well as Merlin. Now surely Avalon is doomed. He wheeled his charger and was set off to join his men when sudden commotion up ahead caused him to pause. Doomed! Called a voice as if echoing the king's last word. We are doomed! All doomed! A man ran past him, then another. King Arthur frowned. More and more men streamed past, eyes wide with terror. The ground began to shake and a noise like distant thunder filled the air. Arthur's horse began to plunge nervously, but it was a well-trained beast and it calmed quickly. But up ahead, the huge army, which had so recently marched out of Camelot, was now returning. And returning in full rout, fleeing an unseen enemy as it pursued, is pursued by a horde of demons. Stop! Ordered the king, but he might as well have tried to halt the tide. The cream of Avalon's fighting men streamed past him in a terrified stampede, even sweeping along the brave knights of the table round who were unable to control their mounts in the midst of the general stampede. What's the matter? Roared the king. What's the matter? Shouted back one terrified foot soldier. We agreed to fight the Legion of the Dead, but no one told we have to face something as dangerous as that. As dangerous as what? Asked Arthur so desperately, but it was too late. The man had already fled. Setting his, his jaw grimly, good King Arthur wheeled his horse around and drove it steadily through the retreating mob. If danger threatened Avalon, he would defend his realm or die trying. In minutes so swiftly was the routed army retreating, he was clear of the fleeing soldiers and alone. Except for Cody, who'd quietly followed him. On the road to field of battle. What do you think it is? He asked her grimly. <sighs> it's gotta be something dangerous to frighten an entire army like that, said Cody sagely. 
We'll soon know. Whatever is coming is just around the corner. King Arthur reined in and drew his great broadsword Excalibur. Plus ten damage, by the way. He too could hear the sound of steps approaching around the corner, and suddenly the adversary appeared, a tall, thin man in wizard robes and a smaller, handsome figure in warrior's gear. King Arthur remained immobile for a moment, thunderstruck, then he threw his head back in joy. It's Pippin Merlin! He exclaimed unnecessarily to Cody, his face lit up with a massive smile. That's what's frightened off my entire army! And Cody, her eyes fastened on the greatest warrior, whoever strode the plains of Avalon, nodded and said quietly, As well it might, your majesty. As well it might. The end of Grail Quest. We did it! We, we did have it. succeeded all of Grail Quest. We have assisted King Arthur in the defense of the realm many times over, multiple times from the dead. They are a pesky bunch. That is very true. Uh, oh my word, that was that was a wild one. I really like it. I think they sent it out with like a very clean bang. I think it's mm -hmm. a, it was a very good one. There was very little about this that I would, I don't think there's really anything about it that I was like, oh, come on. There's a couple instant death stuff early, but they were just, I, I don't know. I guess it didn't find it as, as annoying here. They didn't save it for the end. It felt like it was, I don't know. I just, it was a very well balanced out. And I'm not talking like difficulty balance. I'm talking, you know, it's just well paced. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Mm -hmm. I also really, really like the, uh, you know, if if you've gone really broad in the opener, well, sure, you spent a lot longer there, but you probably also got the tool that will give you the instant win against the final boss, because we also had other things to deploy in that final fight, including uh, if we had to go into a combat, we could have just used the Sunstone to kill any number of enemies, <laughs> number one, immediately. Uh, we also still had uh, available uh, both of our fireballs, eight of our, oh, no, sorry, uh, six of our fire fingers left. <laughs> the magic carpet did nothing the entire time. We had, what, there, there was one other thing that, uh, oh, right, of course, we had the ode from the, the Poetic Fiend for not being able to take any magic damage from, I imagine, Merlin. So many tools in our back pocket. And of course, the Sunstone just immediately leapt over the top of that fight. Very, very satisfying. It's it's very true. I I don't know. It's it's so it's not. I'm glad. I'm really glad we got that treasure. <laughs> I'm really mm -hmm. glad. I I really really enjoyed we, it. We easily could have missed that as well because we went in through the back and we were debating: do we even bother going in through the front? I mean, we've already clearly rumbled this castle, but no, there was a whole other dimension over the top of it. It it really was. I. Yeah, the the only problem I had that with this book is was was self inflicted. It had nothing to do with the book, really. I I wouldn't say mm. that that was I, I wouldn't say that that was a a failing of the book, <laughs> more than a failing of just properly reading further beyond and realizing that it wasn't just it was like that section was more than it seemed. But yeah, mm. all in all, just I really liked it. I think the writing was fantastic. I love the character, just of Grail Quest in general, like. Mm -hmm. I love the characters. I think this is really special. I like I, it feels like I don't know, just in 2023 randomly plucking out something a very special little something. 
I don't know. I feel privileged to have uh, randomly stumbled into it together here. It's it's cool. This has been a lovely, lovely time. Thank you to uh, anyone who happened to suggest this, by the by. I know that uh, Grail Quest was suggested by at least a couple of people before we finished the first series. Perhaps. Actually, speaking of thanks as well, I'm going to also say uh, thank you to the executive producer of this episode, which it is taking me a moment to pull up. One thank you. That is Alex Dredd. Thank you very kindly to Alex Dredd for supporting the patron over at patreon.com slash turn to pagecast at or above the hardcover tier. Thank you for executive producing this, the final episode of Grail Quest. Absolute huge thank you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for everybody who's supporting on Patreon, patreon.com slash turn to page cast. Huge thank you for helping keep this a, you know, a viable thing to do. It's very, very kind. Uh, but I, I kind of wanted to, I want to cover up one loose end that had been bugging me with Grail Quest. I don't know if you remember in book number four, we got a very special spell that we never used that we had to turn to a special page yes. and read what it was called the wall banger ritual and yes i would like it to be the end cap for grail quest because i have briefly perused it and i think it's very fitting that sounds perfect the wall banger ritual do not read this section until you're ready to cast your spell warning reading this section uses a spell for this adventure to perform this terrifying arcane wallbanger ritual, you will need the following. A peaked nightcap, a pencil, a paper, a bowl of porridge, hot or cold, and a spade. Step one, put on your peaked nightcap. Turn it round and round so the peak is sticking out the back. Draw a five-pointed star on your paper with a piece on a piece of paper with a pencil. Write inside the star a word wallbanger. Now go into your backyard and bury this piece of paper in your garden, or anywhere else that you can. Return home and eat your porridge. Once you've completed this ritual, the spell is now active. It works on a group of enemies of any size or strength, completely paralyzing them for six consecutive combat rounds, and allowing them to strike in only every other combat round thereafter. It uses half your life points, and you can only use it once in this adventure. <laughs> I just... That's great. That I was, is grand and i do have porridge the, the, the save the peaked cap i got all this so yeah more or less that that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna be doing we're just gonna be done eating our porridge preparing our wall banger ritual go bury something in the back uh but yeah that's just i i had to know i feel like there's probably somebody out there who was curious like i was uh and mm -hmm. what that I, what that I was. was yeah so I wanted to finish up that loose end, and it's it just se seems so inherently Grail Quest that, so it feels right. Uh, but yeah, extremely, extremely fun and pleasurable uh, on that. So do you want to, I think I got to, I think I got to say what we were doing next last time. Do you want to say perhaps what they can expect after Grail Quest? Uh, I'm just going to make absolutely certain that this is the correct one. <laughs> yes, that is the correct one. Excellent. Well, in the next leg of Turn to Page, you will be able to hear the adventures 
of Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Watson in the series. What's the series exactly called? Sherlock I, I think Holmes, it, something. The Sherlock Holmes Solo Mysteries. The Sherlock Holmes Solo Mysteries. There are four of those that we are going to be playing through, alternating back from fantasy to something much more uh, investigatory. I don't know. It's a detective. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, detective. mystery detective. Yeah, a couple things, which it, I'm I'm very very excited for. Mm-hmm. It's worth noting there's probably like we I'm I don't know if we've landed exactly on it. I don't know what it's gonna look like per se, but there is probably going to be a shift because it is a Grail Quest is long. Uh these seem maybe just as long or maybe slightly longer. And it has started to develop a uh how long these are has started to develop a massive impact on, on at the very least, uh my life schedule in a way that's a lot uh mm-hmm. and i i imagine i can only imagine it's been the same for raps so we thank are... you only on behalf of myself as well as the audience for persisting through the grail quests that uh managed to go from two hours all the way up to six i did it because i loved it i i absolutely loved it and it's uh it's, it's so good and uh i don't want to change i don't want to say that we can't cover books this long because i like look when we were looking through all of the things that we could get could cover a lot of the things that made us the most excited were unfortunately long, like, or at the very least, as long as, like, Grail Quest. So, in the effort to still get to cover stuff like that, it might be, like, if it turns out that this stuff is the six, five, six kind of hour episode stuff, we might be going every other week for that. Uh, we'll we'll play it by ear, of course, or we'll, we'll figure it, we'll know more as we actually do it. But mm-hmm. if they if they're going to be gig along, I think that might be the case. And honestly, I think a lot of people are, are probably taking more than a week, a week to chew through these. Sometimes I I know that I listen to a bunch of longer podcasts, and a, a three hour podcast will usually take me like a week. So mm-hmm. perhaps a six hour will take longer. Who knows? We'll we'll see. We'll we'll figure it out. Uh, but that's gonna be it's gonna be that. Um. Potentially even starting with a, a a week off now. We'll see. We we don't know yet. Uh, I guess we're just we're, it's, we're cash. We're not like the other podcasts. We're unprofessional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know how it is. But I but I yeah, I don't know. I'm deeply excited by the possibility of because I, I was thinking that we weren't going to be able to do longer ones. But I think that I, I'm super excited to do Sherlock Holmes. It looks so fun. Mm-hmm. It, it's like a completely different angle uh and with like a kind of different sort of you know win state it feels like i hope we truly are going to be solving some mysteries i can only imagine so i'm super excited for it as well yeah any other uh thoughts you have on grail quest or thoughts on a potential format shift or anything like that before we wrap it up only in that the 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 voices of uh, poetic fiend EJ and oh, yeah. uh, the uh, Merlin especially will live deep within my soul forever and oh, yeah. uh, prop up occasionally as cameos in other things I can only imagine yeah. so they will live on in some fashion. I I thought for sure like in the future if we're playing like a character and it has a name insert potential I mean it feels like it has to be Pip right like Easily. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, 
uh, I guess that is that. That's going to do it here for uh, Season 2 of Grail Quest. Hopefully you will stay tuned for uh, what I guess is going to be Season 3 with the Sherlock Holmes. Very, very excited for that. Uh, we have seen and taken in all of your wonderful suggestions as well. Huge thank you for that. Don't worry, they are not uh, ignored or discounted. We are just analyzing and... We saw this one and we were super excited. So uh, we'll get to suggestions, other suggestions as well in the future. And I'm excited to do so as well as I'm sure we'll do some one-offs and stuff like that. But hey, for now, this has been very fun. Thank you, Raps, for joining. Thank you for being my Merlin, uh, my Pip, my sword. <laughs> my, my And thank my, you to both narrator and world, Rita. It's me as the world. <laughs> it's... That's not going to give me a complex at all. <laughs> uh, but hey, that's that. Yeah, it's going to do it for Grail Quest. Uh, going to do it for Turn to Page this week. We'll be back at it again. Uh, if not next week, the week after that, perhaps. Uh, we'll see. Thank you for listening. Hey, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Adios, adventurers. <laughs>